participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, March 6, 2023. Hello again, everyone. I hope you're doing well. You know, when I said 2023 there, I bit the inside of my cheek, Frank. I could tell. Could you you tell something happened? You kind of tightened up. You're like, oh, Uh, what's it going to be? No, I just bit the inside of my cheek. Uh, oh, wait, you didn't do it on purpose. No. I thought you did it on purpose to remember what year it was. Uh, you know when that happens? Yeah, that's uh, mine is like raw from biting on it so much. Oh, my gosh. What a way to start. Uh, so excited to be back. So excited to be here on a lovely, lovely Monday afternoon here in New York City. It feels as though uh, things are heating up. Soon we get to turn back the clocks, right? We get to, uh, no, not turn them back, turn them forward. Spring forward, fall back. That's what I've been told. Spring forward, fall back. So I think we get an extra hour of sunlight as of next week. So please be sure. I always have to remember that because then I start booking people from the UK and they change the clocks 
a few weeks later. So then they're four hours ahead as opposed to five. It gets all confusing, but I don't have to worry about that for now. Uh, I am back from Florida. My brother had his uh, his wedding. In fact, he actually got married back in July. So this was just the wedding. Bit of a confusing one to explain. So I just say he got married. And I got to tell you, the people down there in South Florida are very excited for the return <clears throat> of the UFC. First time in 20 years. Everyone's talking to me about it. April 8th, April 8th, coming up, talking to me about that. John Jones, of course, UFC coming back. Izzy, Masvidal, Burns. Man, they are excited down there. It's going to be quite the scene. A lot of complaining about the ticket prices, but uh, overall, felt the love down there in uh, in Miami Beach. Had a great time. And, of course, it was a very big weekend in the world of MMA. We have so much to discuss on today's show. So much to discuss on today's post-pay-per-view Monday. A very, very, very exciting post-pay-per-view Monday. I love post-pay-per-view Monday. There's nothing like the Monday after a pay-per-view, and especially when it's an important one, dare I say historic one, dare I say bigger than the usual ones. And like we said, this kicks off an incredible stretch for the sport, and for the UFC in particular, because in just two weeks, we get another pay-per-view. That never happens, and it's not just some ho-hum pay-per-view it's freaking Leon Edwards versus Kamar Usman 3. And then two weeks after that, or is it three, whatever it is, it's Izzy Pereira. And then a few weeks after that, we get another big one here in New Jersey. It seems May 6th, Aljamain Sterling, Henry Zudo. Usually when you have that many pay-per-views and that many good fight nights, because there are a ton of good fight nights, including the one coming up this weekend with Mirab Dewalishvili and Piotr Jan. And of course, later on in the month, Corey Sanhagen versus Chito Vera. Usually you get a few stinkers in there, and maybe that's to come. But for now, let's enjoy this period. Now, as always, we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official sports betting partner of not only the UFC, but this show as well. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today if you're one of the few who hasn't. Put in the code the MMA Hour. Special offer when you sign up. We appreciate them. Support them because they support us, and it goes a long way a ton of stuff that you can do over there. You know the drill. Go hang out. Go check them out. Much love to the good people over at DraftKings. Now, what are we doing on today's show? Back into the show, we will talk to Bo Nickel, who improved to 4-0 and on Saturday. And, uh, you know, a little bit of controversy attached to the victory. Jamie Pickett's team saying that, you know, Jamie got hit with a nut shot. See what happens with that. Probably nothing. Um, you look at the replay, maybe there's a case to be made. But, you know, sometimes refs miss calls, and that's just the way sports go. You know, it happens all the time in all kinds of sports. I mean, it's damn near impossible to get anything overturned in combat sports, and I think this one would be another example of that. Anyway, we'll talk to Bo. First big pay-per-view in Las Vegas. Main card, opened up the main card. uh, Felt like a superstar all week. Got the superstar treatment, delivered. Looking forward to chatting with him. The new look. Bo Nickel. Prior to that, we'll recap uh, the weekend in betting. Tough one for the Parlay Pals. We'll get into all that and more. Prior to that, we'll be joined by Anthony Smith. He was in Las Vegas, of course, a former opponent of one John Jones. He has a big fight coming up in May as well. So we'll talk to him about all that and more. One of the best minds in the game, one of the best analysts in the game. Prior to that, we'll be joined by Ian Machado Gary, who improved to 11 0. Little dicey in the first round, got dropped. Came back, won in the third, Son Kanan, and uh, you know a big win for him in front of the Vegas crowd. Conor McGregor's there. He's hanging out with him beforehand. Says he wants to fight on that Miami card. 
on April 8th. We'll see if that happens. Still undefeated, the future, all that and more. We'll talk to the recently new father, uh, Ian Machado-Gary, at around 2.15. Prior to that, 2 o'clock, Stipe Miocic, in most people's eyes, the most decorated and best UFC heavyweight of all time. Uh, he was in attendance as well, in the front row, somewhat apathetic to the whole situation, but we'll get his thoughts on if, in fact, he comes back to fight John Jones. And honestly, I don't know if there's anything after that. You fight that fight, you win that fight. What are you what, like? What are you sticking around for? Especially as he has the uh, the gig as the firefighter as well. So so much to get to, so much to discuss. We'll talk to the guys as well. But first, some thoughts on Saturday night because Saturday night felt different. It felt special. It felt unique. These events don't happen every month, but they seem to be happening more often than not because, like I said, the UFC is on fire these days. And there was once a time when there were big events to us, and it seemed like no one in the mainstream sports world, in the blogosphere, in the Twitter sphere, cared. They were talking about regular season basketball. They were talking about regular season football. They were talking about anything but our dear MMA. Saturday felt like another one of those examples not too far off from a John Jones or, you know, in the past or a, a Conor McGregor or a Habib fight in, in the latter portion. Of, like, it felt like everyone was just talking about the UFC and everyone was talking about John Jones and all the social media accounts were talking about the UFC and John Jones and, and, and everything that this, you know, card brought. And it was an incredibly successful night for the UFC. Over $12 million was the live gate. 19,000 people. This is one of their best nights ever. They're on fire right now. And that's what happens when a guy of John Jones' stature returns. And so here I am sitting on a Monday. I would have been the first to say, I told you all, I told you all, you know, it wasn't the lack of motivation. I told you all that the rubber is going to meet the road. I told you this and I told you that. Here I am saying, I got this one wrong. Now, I never came out and said, I think John Jones is losing. But I'll be the first to say, I'm a man of, of honor. And integrity. I told the boys in the back over there, I thought he was going to lose this fight. I thought he was going to lose this fight because I thought the layoff, I thought the move to heavyweight, I thought the last few performances were all going to be a recipe for disaster. I thought Gan, you know, dropped the ball against Nganu, was up two rounds to none, came back at home, got that first title fight out of his system, and was going to come up, you know, on this card, show up in a big way and freaking tell everyone that he has arrived and, and, and use John's stature and importance and legacy to propel him as the guy right now in the heavyweight division. None of that happened. And so I'll sit here right now and say, I got this one wrong. I got this one wrong. I was blown away by John Jones, blown away by him. And I wasn't just blown away by the two and a half, three minutes that we saw from him inside the cage on Saturday night. I was blown away by him all week. All week, John Jones felt comfortable, felt happy, felt stress-free, felt motivated. Like, he played the whole week perfectly, hanging out with fans, laughing, smiling. Those pictures come up of his physique. He's joking about them. Clearly a little bit bothered, but having fun with it. Freaking stared surreal in the face, intimidated him. He was not the smaller guy. He was the bigger man. He was the freaking legend coming back to remind everyone. All week leading up to the weigh-ins, he was on point. He was on fire. Came in a little bit heavier by 0.5. 
seemed comfortable, seemed reinvigorated, seemed happy. I know I just said that, but it's worth repeating, smiling, joking, seemed to embrace the whole thing, wasn't at odds with the UFC, wasn't at odds with Dana White, was happy at the press conference, was happy interacting with the people. He was on fire. He was fantastic. But then you get to the fight and you wonder, all right, how is he going to perform? Is he going to be too slow? Is he going to be old? Is he going to be too heavy? Is he going to lose some of that speed, some of that athleticism, all that killer instinct that made him so great? And you get to the fight and you're like, man, it's like this guy never left. And I know he said in the post-fight press conference, he felt a little goofy out there. He didn't look that goofy. I mean, that was a drubbing. First round finish. It's been years since he's had one of those. A submission win, been years since he's had one of those as well. And it was never close. I mean, he outclassed Cyril Gan. He made Cyril Gan look like he doesn't belong in the same arena as him, let alone the same octagon. And so I had someone come up to me and say, uh, someone in the mainstream sports media, it's like, I always hear you MMA guys talk about greatest of all time. Great, Like every event is the greatest this, the greatest that. And yes, there's maybe a little bit of truth to that. The thing you have to understand is our sport is only 30 years old, right? So everything is still fresh and there's still a lot of room to grow as far as greatest, greatest, greatest. We don't have a hundred years to look back on. That being said, he asked me, why was this so big? He beat a guy that I've never even heard of. This, again, mainstream sports guy. And I explained to him, you have to understand, John Jones had not fought in three years. And I know I'm preaching to the choir to many of you who watch this kind of show. Had not fought in three years. His last last three performances were lackluster, to say the least. And I thought he lost to Dominic Reyes, but the judges didn't, and that's all that matters. Then he goes away. Couple run-ins with the law, butting heads with the UFC. People stop believing, the newer fans stop believing that he would ever come back. He would pop up on fight night, talk some shit, and then go away. Pop up, talk shit, go away. Pop up, talk shit, go away. Say he wanted more, was, 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 was openly criticizing the UFC. And people thought, after a year, after two years, all right, this guy just isn't coming back. He wants to leave his record intact, pristine, undefeated, and sail off into the sunset. And so he comes back finally at heavyweight, which is something that we'd been asking of him and wondering if he'd ever do for five, six, seven years against the best available guy, right? Because Francis, not available. Stipe wasn't available. And so Cyril is the best available guy. If this was boxing, he's probably coming back to fight a top 20 guy, let alone a top three guy comes in there and does that and smokes Cyril Gan. Like it was never even close. The first shot that Cyril Gan threw was a nut shot. He seemed nervous. He seemed intimidated by the moment, intimidated by John. It, it did not seem like the Cyril Gan who fought Tai Tuivasa. And that was a big moment for him in front of his people in France. Like that's, that's a lot of pressure. In Paris, rose to the occasion there. Even against Francis, first two rounds looked pretty damn good. On this night, looked like a guy who had never been in a spot like this before. That was John Jones reminding everyone that he is the greatest of all time. And I had a lot of people ask me, all right, are you going to change your, uh, your rankings? What do I have to change? I said it as recently as last week. If everything is included, if there are no asterisks, if, if we don't care about PDs, and most of you don't, John Jones has been the greatest of all time for... I don't know, six, seven years? He's been the greatest of all time since he beat Daniel Cormier, maybe even before that. 
Don't pay attention to all these people who bring up Habib this, uh, freaking, they, they bring up Usman, they bring up, no, it's always been John Jones. If everything is included, it has always been John Jones. This was just the cherry on top. He didn't have to do this to be considered the greatest of all time. If he would have retired after the Dominic Reyes fight, he still would have been the greatest of all time. Like I've said time and again, his streak, especially the first five, six, seven years, was unlike anything we've ever seen. The way in which he won, who he beat, how dominant he was, it was unlike anything that we have ever seen and will ever see. Because it wasn't just dominance a la Valentina Shevchenko and Demetrius Johnson. It was dominance and against who? The opponents matter. The strength of competition, the strength of schedule matters. And it mattered when he beat them. It freaking mattered and it mattered and it mattered. And it was one impressive performance after the next. He didn't need this. But if y'all needed this, great. Now, again, I will repeat, sitting here, if we're going to play the game where if you've tested positive once, twice, whatever, and you can't be included, and now we're talking about the Habibs, the GSPs, the DJs, the DCs, the Stipes, the Fedors, all that, that's a great list. But that doesn't include John Jones. That doesn't include Anderson Silva and a few others. Then GSP is my number one. But if it's the everyone is included list, it has always been John Jones. It has always been John Jones. And so now on Saturday, he reminds us. And he does the thing, by the way, that I w- when I would talk about GSP being number one, who is still my number one in the you know PD free list, I would say, well, the reason he's number one over the DJs, the Habibs, et cetera, is because he won that second belt. Well, now John Jones has also done that. And he moved up to heavyweight. And he's just the eighth guy or gal in the history of the UFC to do that now, to win a belt in two different weight classes. And 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 heavyweight, light heavyweight, it's Randy Couture, it's Daniel Cormier, and it's John Jones. And some other stats for you, if you want, you know, just to like revel in what he did. 15 victories in UFC championship fights, most ever. 15! You see what happens when someone gets to five, six, seven, eight. 15 victories in UFC championship fights. That's insane. That is unbelievable. Eighth fighter to ever win a belt in two different weight classes. And it's only been the best of the best to do that. And so I was absolutely blown away by him. I didn't expect that kind of dominance. I didn't expect him to look that comfortable. I didn't expect him to be that happy, that relaxed. I mean, he really, really, really showed up in a big way. And now all of a sudden, he's the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world as well. In case you thought that that was a debate, just a few weeks ago with Volkanovski and Islam, spoiler alert, it ain't a debate. You come back and you win at heavyweight against the third-ranked guy, third-available guy at the top, it's surreal. It's, 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 it, in the world, you could say it's Francis Cyril Stipe, it's Francis Cyril Curtis Blade Stipe, like of the guys who are available, you can make a case that in any in any promotion, Cyril's what, three, four at worst? He just smoked that guy. He smoked him. And the amazing thing is, he's only 35. And if you're fighting at heavyweight, and especially if you're fighting like that, who's to say he doesn't do this for a few more years? Maybe everyone was right. Maybe he was lacking motivation. And I don't know. If they do him versus Stipe in July, 
Maybe after that fight, he's like, man, I don't really want to fight the Curtis Blades of the world because I think you can make a case that a Curtis Blades fight against John Jones is a tougher fight for John than a, a Stipe. But the Stipe fight is the fight to make. It's it's the biggest fight out there. And what a weird weird world that we live in that it's John Jones's presence that gives Stipe a reason to come back. Because if it was Gone who was the heavyweight champion or Curtis Blades or Sergei Pavlovich or any one of these guys, Spivak, there's not going to be a demand for Stipe to come back. And I really think he would have just sailed off into the sunset. And we'll talk to him about that in about 40 minutes' time. But it's John Jones's presence and his legacy that now makes that fight matter and makes us want that fight. And I think that that's Stipe's last fight, win or lose. I mean, what, is he going to come back to fight those guys that I just mentioned? Like, what's the point? But a legacy fight against John Jones for both of them feels big. I don't think John retires, win or lose. I think Stipe retires, win or lose. But that feels important, feels big. I love the trash talk afterwards from John. Love that. Where he's like, you know, I would take some time off. He's very underrated. When he wants to like be cerebral, he's very good at that. I would take time off from being a firefighter. Great line. Dana knows people make mistakes. Great line. Like he, he was on point. He was even that freaking trench coat. He looked like the Undertaker out there at the uh, the post fight press conference. He looked fantastic. So I think Stipe should thank him. Like his presence, him coming back is huge. And I don't know how much leverage Stipe has going into this whole situation, but it feels like that's the fight that John wants and what John wants, John is going to get at this point. And it's the biggest fight out there for both of them. Like obviously stature-wise, John versus Stipe is bigger than anything else out there. But right now, it is the John Jones show. He's number one pound for pound, wins the second belt, moves up, three-year layoff, no question about it. He's the greatest of all time if everything is included, no question about it. And he just won in the first round via submission against the guy who, you know, had looked pretty damn good in his last fight and, you know, went the distance with Francis Ngannou. Would love in a, I mean, in an alternate universe to see that Ngannou-Jones fight. And I thought that it would be a tough matchup for John, but after Saturday, I don't even know. It felt like a, a different person. It felt like the John Jones of five, six years ago where he had a point to prove and he's just going to go out there. And and honestly, like when I saw the pictures as well, I was like, man, this guy doesn't look like he's in great shape. He looks like Damon Wayne's from the great white hype. I think he's going to look even better the next time out. And I think he's going to look even more ferocious the next time out. What a story. What an absolute story. He looked fantastic out there and things are now really fun and interesting. And I hope... I hope that he can stay on the straight and narrow. If if everything is as it seems, because we've been here before with John. Fantastic month later, trouble. Fantastic month later. If he can stay out of trouble, clean, quiet, back to doing the work, he can have a legendary five-year run. Who's stopping him? What's stopping him? And so we'll see how it plays out. And so that was one of the things that made Saturday night so special. And then you have in the co-main event, Alexa Grasso, the pride of Mexico, who we heard some seven, eight years ago, get signed by Invicta. And Invicta said, like, this, this could be one of the future faces of women's MMA. And it was up and down for her at 115. And she moves up to 125 and has since been undefeated, quiet, unassuming, soft-spoken, has looked incredible at 125. She goes in there against Valentina Shevchenko, who, as we've been talking about, it seemed like the competition was starting to catch up. And again, 
A lot of us were talking Aaron Blanchfield. We were talking Tyler Santos. We were talking Manon Fioro. We forgot about Mexico's own, Guadalajara's own, Alexa Grasso, who submits Valentina Shevchenko. Valentina throws the spinning back kick in the fourth round. She grabs a hold of her back and freaking chokes her with everything she's got. And yes, it was amazing. Didn't quite have it under the neck, but just freaking squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. And there was a reluctant Valentina with the single taps. Not the boom, boom, boom. The fuck, you got me. You got me. Wow, what a moment. I was doing an interview with someone today about some story on on MMA. And they said, why do you still love the sport? And I'll repeat, it's for moments like that, for the emotion that we saw. Alexa Grasso, who we've been on this journey with, Again, I always talk about UFC 184, the Ronda and Katzingano show. And the night before in LA, it was Alexa Grasso, it was Chris Cyborg, Irene Aldana. And we were thinking, all right, in a few years, are these going to be the players? And then it looked like maybe not. Maybe they were more marketing, more hype. She has freaking put it all together. And you see that play out. And you know there are some people like John Jones, like Bo Nickel, that just go like this. <laughs> And then there are some people who it's like this, like this, like this, like this, like this, like this. And then you see this explosion. You're like, wow, they finally put it all together. Leon's another one of those. And I think those are the ones that stick with us. Because you see them from the prelims and you see them stumble and you see them falter and you see them try to figure things out. And then they go on this amazing run and put it all together. And we saw Alexa Grasso who was a plus 2,500, I believe, to submit Valentina Shevchenko. We saw her submit the greatest female flyweight fighter of all time and probably like top two or three, you can make the case, greatest UFC women's fighters of all time. Like in terms of stature and legacy and what she's done, there's Nunes, there's her. Obviously, Ronda's in the mix. Cyborg didn't have the best run, but still, her body of work speaks for itself. Like, where do you put her? Misha Tate, Holly Holm, she's in there. She's top two, top three. She was my number one female pound-for-pound fighter on the planet going into that fight. No longer. And so do they run it back? Do they do something else? Who knows? But all of a sudden, Mexico now has three champions. Two undisputed, Brandon Moreno, Alexa Grasso, one interim, Yair Rodriguez, And what's amazing about this is when we went to those early Mexico shows, UFC 180, 188, it all felt like, all right, these are solid prelim fighters, but there's no real champion in this group. Kane made headlines, but he was Mexican-American. Now you have purebred Mexican fighters who 20 or so years ago are maybe going into boxing. Now they're coming into here. And who knows what happens in 10 years, as a result of these victories, they got to figure out a way to go to Mexico now. You got to have a card with Moreno, with Alexa Grasso, throw Yair on there. Maybe not for Cinco de Mayo, because of course, it looks like they're going to Jersey that weekend. Maybe for September, Mexican Independence weekend. Um, I know that's typically a Canelo weekend. And, and him not fighting this Cinco de Mayo weekend feels like it opens the door, but that's that's in two months. Doesn't seem fair. Um, regardless, it doesn't even matter what weekend, honestly. Just do it any weekend. You got to capitalize on this. Two out of the UFC's champions are, are, are from Mexico, born and bred in Mexico. Who would have thought five years ago? Unbelievable. Shafkat Rachmanov remains undefeated. What a fight against Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal proved to be very, very tough. Shafkat just a bit tougher. 
And he's a name to watch, and I would love to see him versus Colby. I don't know if Colby does that fight, if I'm being honest. Um, I don't know if he has any interest in that whatsoever. I don't know. where. Like, Is he ever going to come back? Who the hell knows? Uh, but I would love to see that. Mateus Gamrot had a very, you know, Mateus Gamrot-like fight and performance um, against Jalen Turner. And I thought Jalen Turner was a live dog. And Bo Nickel remains undefeated, as I said. Somewhat controversial with the, uh, the nut shot, if you will. But I don't think anything's going to happen here. Cody Garbrandt with the big win over Trevin Jones. Somewhat back on top. Somewhat back on track as well. Uh, Drickus Duplessis. Gets Derek Brunson's corner to throw in the towel. How about that? Never see that. He's in the mix. Marc-Andre Barrio with the big win over Julian Marquez. Ian Machado-Gary, as I said, remains undefeated after getting dropped in the first round. It was a great night. A, a great night on paper and a night that delivered. And uh, I, w- I, was, I was watching the updates and all that stuff up until pretty much the end of the Gamrod fight. Then the winning ended and then I watched the last three fights live went back yesterday to watch everything that I missed and it just it all delivered it was a great night for the sport great night for the UFC felt big and important let's talk to the guys about it all because they were watching live and I think you know we didn't really talk a lot about it but I know New York Rick has been on the John Jones bandwagon for some time and wow you got the poster too huh what we moved it over we shifted it I like it so I'm blown. It had its time, and now it's now it's home. no. It, it makes sense. Um, yeah. So I was blown away. I said what I said. How did you feel about his performance on Saturday? Yeah. Um, to say I expected it would not be true, right? Um, there were a lot of un- unknowns heading into this fight, and I was willing to grant that there were a lot of unknowns. I wasn't confidently saying John Jones is going to come in there and smoke Saragon because of the time off, because of the move to heavyweight. Um, I thought there was a chance that this could not happen. But did I also think there was a chance that this did happen? Yeah, I did. Because I don't think Cyril Gaon has the tools to to stop John Jones in any significant way. Um, did I think it happened in this method? No, probably not this quick. Like, John Jones is not really known as as this level of a finisher, and especially not this quickly. It's been a long time in his career since he's been able to do this. Um but I was impressed. I was definitely impressed. He looked like a legit heavyweight. And I think once you kind of see him standing next to Cyril Gaon, you know, John Jones is a heavyweight. This, this is official now, right? Like there was a lot of talk about, about his physique, but if we really think about like the best heavyweights, did they, did, did most of them look like bodybuilders? Like you put Francis aside, did most of them look like bodybuilders? They really did not Like some of the best ever Fedor, Cormier, Kane, like it's just not, it's not how it was. Um, the reason that was such a big deal, by the way, was because we have seen John look like a bodybuilder, right? So it was a sure. little bit jarring to see him like this. And I actually feel like we're going to see him in even better shape the next time we see him. And it felt like he was like, all right, was he like uncomfortable in his skin? But then you I see him out there. But but I, I also think even if we see him in better shape next time, that's just a vanity thing. I think it, it's yeah, for, him, for him to want to look more sculpted as long as John Jones is at the weight that he feels he can optimally perform, and based on what he came into the cage at, it looked like he was ready to optimally perform. That's that's all that really matters. John Jones is a is a beast, man. John jo- and and this is one of the things I was you know I've talked to Connor about this in various different uh, mediums and platforms. 
And one of the principles I've always had is if you can get somebody as great as John Jones, like a Floyd Mayweather, like a John Jones, at minus 150 whatever he was, you have to ride it. You have to just take that sometimes and, and take that money to the bank. Let the variables fall to the side. When you're, when you're talking about all-time greatness, when you're talking about somebody who's done the things that John Jones has done, sometimes it's a, it's a gift that's just staring you in the face and you're overthinking it. And that kind of ended up being how it looked on Saturday night was, what were we thinking? This guy's an all-time great. And, and he was less than 2-1 to one against the guy in Cyril Gan who looked completely overmatched. What do you think, GC? I mean, everything you guys just said. I was blown away. It was, I, I never expected it to be that easy. Like, he blanked Cyril Ghani. He, he skunked him. Like, they, it, he embarrassed him. Like, that's, that's as plain as it, as it went. Like, I, I, was, I was blown away. I didn't expect it to be that easy for him. Uh, like, I feel like he ended any sort of GOAT debates. I think he's number one pound for pound now. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, it, it couldn't have gone any better for him. The, the way that he acted all week – you said it, the confidence that he had. Uh, it, it just felt like there was sort of a mystique around him. And then to come out there, uh, you know, in front of all these stars, this massive crowd, I'm, I'm sure there were millions of people watching at home. Uh, and to just make it look that easy was was incredible. Is it mean to say that it, it, it felt like Surreal bottled it, as they say, yeah. right? Like it just... It, I, don't, I don't think that's mean. I think that's what happened. I mean, he... And, and that's not trying to take anything away from John Jones, but I feel like you can also say John Jones was dominant and you can also say... And was incredible was and spectacular, but like I, I just felt like Surreal didn't show up. He, here's the one thing I could push back against that. That's just not a good matchup for Cyril Gaon against that version of John Jones. Like I don't if if he showed up at his best, and maybe he was. Like I don't even think we saw enough of the fight to really know if Cyril bottled it because it was too short. Like we don't know if he had that opportunity. I would say against Francis Ngannou, bottled it right. Like that was. His fight and just blew it, and Francis took that over. Against John, it just looked like a dude with more horsepower. Like just he had the faster car, and they got to the and they got to the line, and they revved their engines, and John Jones had the had the bigger engine. Um, so I get what you're saying. I just don't. I honestly just feel like it was too short to even know. Like he wasn't competitive enough, uh, competitive enough to even know if he blew it or was just outgunned. I would probably lean that he was outgunned. If I'm being honest, I just don't think he's as good as John Jones. Yeah, but I mean, he just like he presented really no resistance at all. Like he he threw he threw one punch, overexposed himself, got taken down, and then had no defense on on the choke. And like, but the the position that he was in, like sitting up against the cage with his back up against the cage, bottom on the ground, and a two hundred and fifty pound John Jones, you know, putting all of his weight on him. Like there was no way he was going to survive those three and a half minutes. But if you watch the Francis fight. Isn't that something you could see, right? Like, is that different? I don't know. But to go two and a half minutes compared to going 25, it's just like, I mean, he just walked through. One thing to put the surreal thing into perspective is, I said this last week, John Jones's last great performance, his last dominant performance was against Alexander Gustafson in 2018, right? Um, The final weekend of 2018. So think about all the things he did up until that point. Think about all the great wins over all the legends. Surreal Gan's MMA debut came just four yeah. months before that fight. 
His MMA debut was in August of 2018. So there is a case to be made that Cyril was fast-tracked. He was an incredible athlete with a great backstory from a, a great part of the world that you know they wanted to put in. I'm not trying to say in retrospect that he was a never was or anything like that. But it is important to note that the amount of experience that John Jones has as opposed to Cyril, especially in these moments, like I said, 15 you know, victories in title fights is, is exponentially greater. And, and maybe he's just not ready for these moments. I'm not ready to write this guy off. And I think he could figure it out and get back on track if he wants to. He's now, you know, lost in two big title fights. But John Jones proved to be, you know, just leaps and bounds from an experience level, from a from a, from a just like a comfort in the cage level, in the moment level, and just from a skill level. Like even that moment where he goes for the choke, it doesn't work out, and then just goes right back to it and and nails him with that. There's there's levels, levels. to this game, and John is on a different level. I think it's completely fair to look at Sarogan and say that he got to a spot because the heavyweight division is not that deep and he was he was fast-tracked into opportunities that I think he can be competitive in but when you're talking about a guy like Francis and when you're talking about a guy, a guy like John I just think that level's a little bit different. I think that le- those waters are a little bit deeper than the levels that I think Sarogan is at right now. And that's not a disrespect. I think he I think he's perfectly capable and deserves to be a highly ranked heavyweight. But there's there's another step up, and and those guys are on that level. To that point, look no further than the fact that Stipe, who hasn't fought in two years and is coming off a knockout loss, is the big next fight, yeah. right? There just isn't a lot of big names out there. Do we know the odds in that fight going into like? Are there any opening odds, GC, for that? Yeah, John Jones is minus three fifty right now. Wow! Oh man, he opened up as an underdog against Surreal, right? Against Cyril, yeah. yeah. He opened up as an underdog. Wow. Uh, the Stipe one, I want to say he opened like minus 200. It's obviously been bet down uh, to minus Do you think Stipe has a chance against him? I mean, a chance, sure. But who do I think is going to win? John Jones. Man. I mean, the last time we saw Stipe years ago, it was him getting brutally, right. brutally knocked out by Francis Ngannou. Now he's aged even longer. Oh. He hasn't been fully committed to fighting, and he's going up against John Jones, who... Just the way he talks, the the work ethic of John Jones, like he's just like this is the most important thing of my life. He's already moving on to the next thing. Right. As if winning the heavyweight belt wasn't enough for him. All the question marks that we had about John Jones are now Stipe's question marks. Yeah, yeah. the time that's, off, that's and point. now he's coming into the fight. John the Jones has been in the cage now. Yeah. Motivation, all those things. Except the difference is John Jones. Well, I was going to say won his last fight. I think there's some people that would debate it, but John Jones on on paper won his last fight. Uh, and Stipe got knocked out. Like, there's a lot of question marks around Stipe. I don't, I don't foresee it going very well. I think a motivated John Jones is a real problem for anybody. But with all those question marks, the same ones that everybody was pointing to to make this case against John Jones for Cyril Gan, those now transfer right over to Stipe. The beauty about this John Jones, as opposed to the one from three years ago, is that the one from three years ago had already cemented his spot as the best light heavyweight on the planet. So to the point that people were making last weekend that I was dismissing, he had to get up to fight Dominic Reyes, Anthony Smith, Thiago Santos. Now he's got this runway of, let me try to be the greatest heavyweight of all time. Because honestly, that runway is much shorter. And so it doesn't necessarily matter, right? It doesn't necessarily matter if it's steep or not, but I appreciate the fact that he's like, all right, the heavyweight goat is available. Let me go after that guy. And then maybe I'll go after, I don't know, Curtis Blake, Tom Aspinall. I, I think if he feels this way and he's this happy and he has found his purpose and maybe he wants to make up for lost time, 
why can't we see another five years out of him? Now, we may play this clip back in six months and be like, damn, you were <laughs> foolish. You know, like, <laughs> fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three yeah. times. But the runway is there for him to plant his flag in a second weight class, right? This is the weight class to do it. So oh traditionally, heavyweights yes. are older. There's less, there's less skill, more power, uh, or less technique, rather. Not less skill, less, less technique, more power. Um, and those are the things that tend to carry, right? The speed is usually what's going to go. It's, it's not necessarily the power that, that tends to hold on a yeah. little bit longer. So, yeah, I think John Jones is in a really nice position to make this a, a real run if he wants to do it. But quite frankly, even if he gets in one title defense— I think that really like helps his legacy tremendously. The, the, to be a champion in a second division and not just capture the belt, but actually defend the title, that that changes the game. Um, so no matter what he's doing after that, it's kind of gravy. Like the dude's the dude's legacy is is untouchable at this point. I mean, there's a world where he gets the twenty title fight wins by the end yeah. of his career, which is just insane to think about. Unbelievable. Uh, on Friday and then on Saturday. Dana White said that there's no chance that Francis Ngannou will ever come back. Obviously, he has said things in the past and has uh, gone back on them, including uh, when Francis beat Stipe, I believe he said, if I were John Jones, I would go to 185 and, and run away from this man. <laughs> uh, so, you know, like, yeah. he says shit. Um, that being said, if they booked the Stipe fight, and what a perfect International Fight Week main event that would be, right? Yeah, like, it just great. feels perfect just, for yeah, International Fight like, yeah. like, Like, last year's was cool and all, but it just it felt like it was lacking a little bit. Kananir, Izzy, like, didn't yeah. quite have it. This feels like it has it. It's a John heavyweight title fight. Yeah. Yes. John Jones is a if, legit If John superstar. Jones is fighting, like, you, you talked about it, it felt so big. I went to breakfast yesterday morning, and it was in a diner, and I could overhear strangers, like, not, this wasn't just, like, one table, strangers arguing over John Jones' legacy, uh, what happened at UFC 285. I've never really witnessed something like that, where people are talking about it like they're talking about yeah. the Super Bowl or something the day after. Just wait until Connor comes back. Oh, my yeah. God. It will be tenfold. I mean, 2023 is just... Uh, it's, it's a huge like one. It could be a huge year. Huge one if it all stays intact. Um, so, so that would be perfect. I wonder though if he beats Stipe, if they revisit the Francis thing. You got to. You got to. I mean, he how gets big? that one. How big? He gets that would one boxing big? match out of the way. Yeah, out of his system. And and maybe there's an opportunity there. I don't know. Be incredible. There are there are egos involved here, right? Yeah. Obviously, that that would be the hindrance from a promotional perspective, from a fight perspective, from a money making opportunity. <sighs> There's nothing that would stop that fight from happening. There's nothing bigger than that fight, save for maybe Connor versus Nate or something, you know, like that. Um, you're really talking rarefied air in terms of how big a fight that could possibly be. It comes down to egos. Francis's ego, Dana White's ego. Though that would be the only obstacle. Because from a money making perspective, there's no doubt this fight just got even bigger than it already was, and it was already big. So it's massive, and they, they would be irresponsible not to revisit it. Just think of the money, I mean, that they made on Saturday, and yeah. the Francis fight is five times bigger than that. It's insane. You know what and I mean? it's only Just gotten bigger it's only from gotten when they bigger. were first talking about it. They, they lucked into now the potentially the bigger fight, and they, it, 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 should, it should have to be discussed. If they don't discuss it, it's purely an ego thing. Could you imagine if Francis actually wins his pro boxing debut? I don't know who it would be against. Let's say he fights Dillian White, let's just say, and wins that. But wouldn't that hurt it? Wouldn't that hurt the chances? Because then no, you stick around and do another boxing Just fight. break the bank for the guy, man. Like, yeah, I was going like, to say, hurt the chances potentially, but it would make the fight even bigger if you were to beat him. I don't. You break yeah. the bank for him, and you'll still make 
I was a gonna say of money. There, like you there is like no number that you could invest in this fight that you wouldn't end up saying just monster profits. Yeah, the fight would be so it's big. It's worth it uh, in every regard. But oh, if, it'd Francis, be so big. if Francis knocks out a legit boxer, Francis goes in there and knocks out a legit boxer, I think another bigger boxing fight sure. is, yeah. is in store. Of course. It's yes. just it's just really hard to get away from that. Sure. If he loses if he loses, I think does the, the Jones fight there. does the Jones fight suffer? I no. don't think so, no. No, no yeah. because I don't think anyone really expects him to win. If he gets in there with like a real legit pro boxer, like a Dillian White yeah. or a Deontay Wilder, I don't think losing hurts him at all. No, no. way. Especially if he's not like brutally knocked out, right? If we're talking yeah. like he loses a decision, roll it. Let's go. John Jones, Francis Ngannou, let's do it. There's there's nothing oh, stopping amazing. that. It, it was, you know, it was honestly great. It, it, you know, you think back to the guys that he has fought, that John Jones has fought, most of those guys, which makes the performance even that much more impressive, like... This is this is his UFC resume. Guzmao, not in the UFC. Bonner, of course, not in the UFC. Jake O'Brien, not in the UFC. Matt Hamill, not in the UFC. Brandon Vera, Vladimir Matyushenko, Ryan Bader, still active, still thriving, but not, yep, in, the UFC. not in the UFC. Shogun, not in the UFC. <laughs> Rampage, Lyoto, Rashad, Vitor, Chael, Gus, Glover, just retired, DC, OSP, still in the mix, but not really a top contender. Gus, Anthony Smith, Tiago Santos, Dominic Reyes, all the big wins, those guys aren't around anymore. And he's doing that for the heavyweight title. You know what I mean? Speaks yeah. to how young he was when he got in, but also it's, a, it's, a, it's an unbelievable thing. And it felt a little bit like comfort food seeing him back. Yeah, this is one of our guys from 2010. This is one of those familiar faces. And you know what? Another thing, uh, we were talking about this last week. You know, we've been accustomed to some crazy John Jones fight weeks. Nothing came up. No controversy. Like the yep. biggest quote unquote controversy was when those pictures came out of his physique and everyone was cracking jokes. Yeah. Uh, and then he just kind of took it in stride, you know? And that was it. Yeah, you can tell it bothers him, but yes, for did, sure. he did handle it well. Yeah. Oh my God. It was, it was, it was, it was like a, a th- like a thousand percent better than I thought it was going to be. A grand slam of a week for John Jones. I, I thought he better. would be, uh, yeah. I, I just I didn't expect any of that. I and I really thought so. I have this theory about you know you 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 get rushed into a title fight, you lose, you stumble, you come back. GSP Rose, there's a bunch of those people. First title fight doesn't go your way, you come back and you look great in the second. And I thought that was going to be surreal. It's yeah, different when you see, fight John Jones. Thing. It's different. That's yes, it. That's it. He's fighting it's John diff- Jones. That's the difference. There's levels to this game. There are levels to this game, and he's fighting John Jones. I will say. Not only is it a grand slam from the parts that John Jones could control, but from the perspective, and I'm talking strictly from the perspective of the UFC and John Jones. It's also a grand slam in terms of, I feel like the public, based on what I'm seeing online, the public is real ready to determine that John Jones is the best heavyweight on the planet and move on from Francis Ngannou. There is a lot of sentiment in the direction. And that that helps big time for them. That helps big time for them because... If if this looked a little bit different, there'd be a lot of conversation about Francis Ngannou is still the best heavyweight. No, de- like if no Cyril would have won, right? If Cyril would have won, if John wouldn't have looked good, yeah. Francis's name would have been popping up a lot more. I'm seeing the opposite. I'm seeing people being like, "Why are we still talking about this?" Yeah, this and guy. I think that's crazy. I personally, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but it's good for John Jones and it's good for the UFC if they're trying to say, let's leave Francis Ngannou in the past. It seems like the fans are willing to kind of go with them on that ride. If Cyril would have won, it would have been much easier to say, well, Francis had the win over him. Yeah. This helps them move on. 
Let me ask you this question. Who's the best heavyweight on the planet? Francis. GC? <sighs> I I don't know, dude. I need to see them fight. I can't say uh, that. Well, the point is, when's the last time? The last time we could say that the best heavyweight on the planet wasn't in the UFC was probably in 2009, 2010, yes, Fedor, right before he lost to uh, Fedor lost to Fabrizio Verdum. It's been 13 yeah. years since you can actually have that conversation with a straight face. Man, people are really forgetting how good Francis Ngannou is. It's sad. Especially uh, as a yeah. It, it like hurts my heart. And this is coming from probably one of the bigger John Jones believers in that you'll ever meet in your life. Yeah. The the rush to bury Francis Ngannou is is startling, man. That dude But you know is, this happens anytime someone's at odds with the UFC. More often than not, the public will just. But it happened, no one like, knows that anything outside of the UFC exists. All those celebrities, they don't he was know. Just here, he was just here. It's not that. Ro- it's not that long ago. It was the, over the, a year ago, and and that's an eternity in in the fight game. The dude, the performance that he had against Stipe, coupled with going in on a, on one knee and beating Cyril Gan after l- dropping the first two rounds, the 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 willingness to kind of dismiss Francis Ngannou. Um, and his skills, and I think a lot of people are starting to, I'm hearing a lot of talk of like reducing him to this just like one-shot power puncher, which no. don't get me wrong, that is his best weapon. He is, he is a heavy-handed fighter, but like this idea that John Jones is just coming in, shooting power doubles and taking Francis Ngannou down, I don't know, man. I really don't know about that, and and I think people are really too quick to move on from Francis Ngannou, who is, a, in my opinion, a special athlete, a special heavyweight. Um, and just pretend that it's like a foregone conclusion that John ro- John Jones steamrolls him. Would he beat him? Sure, I could hear the case. I believe greatly in John Jones' skills, but it, it it's kind of like disrespectful how how people are treating Francis Ngannou. If I'm being honest, I'd love to see that fight. God, I would love. To and see I would that. love to see that damn fight. I would love to see that fight. Um, we're going to talk more about Jones, but could we give Alexa Grasso? Because on any Ooh. other Monday, we're going gaga over Alexa Grasso, and she's you know the topic of discussion for the first hour. That was your, your first time seeing Alexa Grasso because you used to do PR stuff for Invicta. When Invicta was it? For PR. Oh, man, I don't know because I don't remember when her first fight with the promotion was. But I saw, I saw all her Invicta fights because by the time I stopped working with Invicta, she had already moved on to the UFC. So I've, I've, 2014, I was there. Ashley Cummins was her first yeah, fight for Invicta. I was Invicta. there for all her Invicta fights. Um, like... Just that, even then, just like a special striker, right? Like a special striker, boxer. yeah, yeah. Um, and somebody who you could clearly see had talent, and I think you know the the culmination of that was kind of um, that Invicta FC eleven event, which was right before I think UFC two. What was the cat and um, one eighty four. 184. Yeah, wow. Two. <laughs> uh, before UFC 184 in California, where Dana White's there. I believe the matchmakers are there. Yeah. Uh, Mick and Sean. Um, and, no, this is pre. This or, is yeah, pre, actually, this yeah. is pre-sale, uh, yeah. So Sean and, and Dana getting a chance to look at Alexa Grasso and Irene Adana and Dana White believing that those two could be the future of, of women's MMA and future of the promotion. And now we see Alexa make good on it. And Irene is not far off either. Right. Like it's, it's, it's a pretty crazy journey, but yeah, even back then, I think everybody pegged her as a very special kind of talent and whether she could realize that was going to be up to her. And now she's the freaking world champion and beat Valentina Shevchenko. <laughs> What a finish. finished Valentina Shevchenko. Finish. That's, that's the, the thing. Subbed her. Subbed her. With an yeah. unbelievable... I mean, that sequence at the end there was... 
was a master class. And now we were, th- I, was, I was thinking about this because we talked about it very recently about the immediate rematch thing. And I don't know, like... <sighs> come, welcome. Come to yes. me. Welcome. I, I actually feel like they shouldn't do an immediate rematch. I think they're going welcome. to, though. They're going to. However you feel about it, I think they're going to. I wonder if we should learn a lesson from the Juliana Pena-Amanda Nunes fight where it's like, all right, we have this incredible moment. You run it back, she loses, and it almost feels like that moment never happened anymore. Yeah, yeah. Right? it kind of does. If, it kind of does. You know what I mean? If, if we are doing this in service to Valentina Shevchenko, right? Yeah. If this is solely to say, Valentina, we appreciate everything you've done for the company. You're, you are a tremendous she champion. Deserves it. You 1, deserve, quote-unquote, deserve, because I don't think that matters in the fight game. You, quote-unquote, deserve it. We're giving you this opportunity. I don't have a problem with it. But if you want compelling storylines, if you want the divisions to continue to move, if you want to generate new contenders, Valentina fights somebody else, Alexa fights somebody else, and they link up later. The, the immediate rematch thing is such a waste of time. It's just such a waste of time. What would Okay, then who would we like to see? Her? Blanchfield? Blanchfield, right great. Now? Let's do it. Why not? See, here's what do you mean? Right now, she was about to be the she's the next coming of Jesus, and she's going to beat Valentina Shevchenko, and now it's oh, like yeah, she's everybody. not even going to fight Alexa. Okay, okay well, here's on. the thing: I feel like it's incredibly disrespectful to Valentina to now make the decision like we're not going to do this. Historically, yeah. you have a long title reign; you've earned that shot. Even the Izzy's of the world gets that shot, I, right? I think they're going to, and I, mean, I think I, so too. But now that I start to see this, and I'm like, and and it's really the Pena moment. Where, but here's one. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's no telling that that Valentina is going to beat her again because if you look at the scorecards, yeah. I mean, say she doesn't finish her in that fourth round and they go to a fifth round, it would have been 2-2 entering the fifth round and there's no telling what would have happened right. there. It was a very close fight. Yeah, Valentina clearly won 2-3, and three, but Grasso, you know, if you look at the scorecards, she was down 2-1. She was about to win the fourth round. It would have been tied going into the fifth. Like, if she beats her again, then she puts it to rest and it feels like Valentina's career at 125 is sort of beginning to come to an end at that point. I got to be honest. Some of the media rematches feel like a trying to correct the history books. Yeah. Some of them feel like... That's what the, the Nunez the, one felt The like. better outcome for the UFC was the one that didn't happen, and so we're trying to correct the record. I don't know that this is a bad outcome for the UFC. Oh, my God. Let's let it sit. This is an unbelievable outcome. Let's, let's let it sit. But I don't think they're going to. I think Alexa Grasso they, talked about it, and Valentina tweeted about it. Like They both said immediate rematch is happening. Sometimes you don't get what you want. What's the bigger fight? Obviously, the rematch is a bigger fight. Yes, but that— Oh, but, then Grasso-Blanchfield? Yeah. For sure. No but doubt. here's the problem with that. Now the other fights become smaller fights. Yes, that's the bigger fight, but you make the other fights feel less significant. There's a problem, there was a problem during Valentina Shevchenko's reign, and it was evident in the Alexa Grasso fight where everybody who was presented as a, as a challenger for Valentina Shevchenko was minimized, mm-hmm. felt like they had no chance. Everybody reduced them to fodder or food for Valentina Shevchenko. So then when somebody's competitive, like Tyler Santos is, it's like, wow, is Val slipping? No, they're good fighters, man. And Alexa Grasso is a really, really good fighter. Personally, I thought this was a really bad style matchup for Alexa Grasso. I'm not about to sit here and pretend that I was picking Alexa Grasso. Um, I thought this was a bad style matchup for her. But she's a really, really good and really, really well-rounded fighter. And a lot of Valentina Shevchenko's opponents have been minimized to just the next step, and then Valentina moves on, and then it just continues. If we continue to make this the Valentina Shevchenko show, and instead of celebrating Alexa Grasso and giving her a potentially new opponent, it will always be the Valentina Shevchenko show, and everybody else will get reduced. Let's just move on. Let's look one fight. Valentina Shevchenko wins one yeah. more fight, 
Give her a title shot. That's great. I got no problem with it. So I what don't do you think? need immediate rematches every single time. Shevchenko Santos two, Grasso Blanchfield for the belt. Winner of Shevchenko Santos two gets gets the title shot. <laughs> Love it. Damn, that's a Give tough. Ty- what do we do with, what do we do with Manon another- What do we do with Manon Fiora? I don't know. We don't really know what her status I mean, now is. I, now I love my girl Manon Fiora's chances <laughs> of getting the belt. You know, give me Fiora Grasso, a nice little twenty-five minutes stand up for The thing about Shevchenko, I I like what you're saying, but I also feel bad, and I think this doesn't get talked about enough. Twenty years in MMA, thirty years, yeah. as she said, in martial arts. Her run in the UFC alone, unbelievable. This is her first loss at 125. She's only lost to two people now in the UFC, Amanda Nunes and Alexa Grasso. Crazy. 9-0 and going into this fight as a 125-pounder. And, and like, a lot of those fights were, I mean, it felt like, talk about levels with John Jones and Srogan, yeah. felt like this was, Dominance. you know, NBA champion going up against, you know, a, a D3 basketball team at times. So I, I, I hate to put this rule into place now, but there's a part of me that feels like with the Pena thing, like we, they kind of ruined that. They could have had a little bit of a of a run there with Pena, and they just went right back to the well, and 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 now you know. And now we're waiting be, on another one. Yeah, it makes it so much less interesting. It makes it so much less interesting. I get it. The long the long standing champ deserves respect, but like winning one more fight and then getting back there is same not card. Some kind of like same slap card in the would face. be fun. Do it on the same card, and then it's. Perfect. It, it's like a little turning. Yeah. I'm back. I wasn't ready last time. I took you lightly. I'm gonna smoke you this time. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I feel you. But I think it's just gonna be the immediate rematch. It's it's a little unimaginative to just keep doing the immediate rematches every time a somewhat dominant champ loses. Just run it right back. And sometimes it's controversial enough, like the finish. In the Izzy Pereira fight, very controversial, in my opinion, very premature. <laughs> so you got to run that back. You got to run that back when it's controversial. I mean, the next two cards, that, the next two pay-per-views that we're about to see, Leon, yeah, Usman, running immediate back. rematch, yeah. Izzy Pereira, immediate rematch, and I think Valentina Shevchenko versus But now, Alexa this is what we want as fans and as as the hardcores, but from a business standpoint, the bigger fights are always the the... The but running is, it back scenario. Is this, is this like a pay-per-view draw, or is this going to end up as the co-main yeah. on a card that already do, has a, a different title fight? Do an immediate rematch, but do a card in Mexico, and it's the co-main <laughs> under a Brandon yeah, Moreno fight. You could put Grasso versus a broomstick in Mexico, and it's going to be yeah. uh, the, with the rest of the But give her the immediate Mexican rematch champions. and just get, make it on Alexa Grasso's home soil. But can, can, I, can I just throw something out? Uh, Grasso versus Shevchenko is a bigger fight than Brandon versus anyone at 125. Really? Absolutely. Brandon's Brandon a bigger star, but who's the who's the opponent? Pantoja. Pantoja versus Moreno is a bigger fight than Grasso Shevchenko too? I mean, what do we mean by bigger? This this is always the thing that we kind of get into is like <laughs> bigger what's fight. Bigger? Brandon Moreno would be I the main Brandon event. I think Brandon Moreno headlining the card would be bigger, yes. No doubt. No doubt. Brandon too. because of who he is. He's yes, beloved. He is. He's but the fight there. itself, like the 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 story, the the Yeah, Pantoja and Moreno got a great story. I love it. If Alex Pantoja rung my doorbell oh, today, stop, dude! Stop. That? Don't, <laughs> dude. No. Come on, man. Shevchenko, like, like he's like a top no. thirty. Shevchenko Grasso, no, no, no. you're is, right. She's Listen. like the greatest female fighter, yes. arguably of all time, and 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 fighting the person that Valentina. Just, Valentina is the biggest name of all of yes, all of those. Yes, yes, that's what I'm trying Brandon to say. Moreno I'm not is trying a to hate on Pantoja, but I'm just saying that yeah. to me. You're hating on it. No, I'm not. No, no. You just I get said what you're if he rang your doorbell. I get yes. what you're saying. I get Dude, what you're pa- saying. By the way, if Pantosha was here today in the office, Disrespect. you wouldn't know who he was. None of you you're would. You're kidding me. You're None kidding of you me. would. I'm a, I'm a connoisseur of flyweights. Please stop this. <laughs> stop this mess. Not, he is the flyweight you connoisseur. You would say, do you have your badge? 
Oh my yeah. god. But but <laughs> I'd say Mr. Pantoja, could I get a picture, please? You could put Brandon Moreno just like Alexa Grasso versus anybody, and he's gonna be the biggest thing in Mexico. Brandon Moreno is like He's a hero there. He's a hero. He's a hero. He's a legit hero. I get that. He is the bigger star by himself, but I'm saying and that's more what than they're going to do. Main event, they're going to do that. Co-main, okay, Valentino, Alexa Grasso. Look at this. We're already booking the card for him. Oh, my God. Mexico that would be City. so good. Mexico. And then, MMA yeah. Hour Live, yeah. live show, Mexico and then, City. <laughs> and, then you talk about, and then you talk about Yair. Like, you know. Oh, now, could they even do three? I don't think they could do three title fights on a card, could they? I mean, yeah, they've done but it before. But that would become the main event. Yeah, they've it? done it before yeah, when Volk? pay-per-views used to actually be good cards. Not mm. not in this era. They've done it recently. Three three title fights? We had one. What was it? 268, uh, I think, was three title fights. That doesn't feel Maybe very I'm recent, wrong. but what was that? Maybe I'm wrong. There was one or two. I mean, remember, there was a stretch they, of like 15 years where they never did three title fights. They need to spread them out a little more these days. I don't yeah. think they can afford to do three. I can't believe she submitted her, and nah, especially like that like, with the freaking strength. Urgh. It wasn't under the neck, ah, oh, and she still does it. Unbelievable, under the chin. Sorry, under the chin. Unbelievable. Um, we got three minutes till Stepe joins, or he might be joining in a moment. Hey, he's joining right now. Uh, Shavkat, Mateus, <sighs> Bo Nickel, Cody, Drickus. Talk who's, about it. Were... Ian, who stood out the most? Oh, Shavkat. Yeah, Shavkat Rockmanov. Easy unbelievable question. unbelievable to show how 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 much success he had standing it was oh such a fantastic watch who wins Shafkat or Hamzat oh, oh give me that, that. What? give me that you want to talk That's... about the dream fight there's the dream fight right <laughs> there I've been, guys, I've been dreaming love, about that for years I love Shafkat oh. but we have to stop throwing everybody Why? against Hamzat like it's just it's just no, not give me that fight I would love to see that. He's fight. not the oh, yeah. that's Hamza a, that's Shumayev is not the measuring stick for fights. I know everybody wants no, to call him out and everyone, but he is a is a different. It's a different stratosphere. You got to chill. Shavkat or Colby? Shavkat. I don't know. I don't know. I think people underrate Colby. I think he'd be competitive in that fight. I oh, probably no lean, doubt it'd be competitive. I probably lean Shavkat. I say Shavkat, but I think that's a good fight. All right. Well, we'll talk more about that and the rest of the card. Later in the show, for now, though, let's go to our first guest of the day. He was front and center at UFC 285. He was in the front row. He was talked about by the man who won in the main event, and now all of a sudden, a part of maybe one of the bigger, if not biggest, fights of the year, perhaps in July. He's the former UFC heavyweight champion. He's the most decorated heavyweight champion in UFC history. He's our old pal, Stipe Miacic, joining us now. Oh, he is looking forward to this. He has a colonoscopy uh, later on this week. He's looking forward to that more than this. Sure. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't know how to check my schedule. I didn't know I had that, but sure. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It was a joke. I went I went extreme. You could go dentist route, but that's boring. So I went colonoscopy route. Yeah, I know. You know. Yeah. 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 Uh, how are you? Okay. How was Vegas, Stipe? It was good, man. Just uh, It was you know, busy and hiring at the same time, but also you know, homesick because we missed the kids. Yeah. How long were you there for? Got there Thursday. We left right, uh, right, right early in the morning. We left at four thirty in the morning. Oh gosh, on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when was your last time in Vegas? Was it the last time you fought there? No, no, I was there uh, International Fight Week, I believe. Okay. You like going there? Yeah. It's all right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I miss. I like being home. With yeah. The kids. <laughs> I agree. I, mean, I feel the same way. Uh, so you were there front and center. Can I ask, I was just going on and on about what I was expecting from Saturday from John Jones. 
And I will be, you know, man enough to admit I was not expecting that. I thought Surreal would actually beat him, and I thought it wouldn't be very close. What were you expecting going into that fight? No, I, 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 I thought I was going with Surreal the whole time, you know, just in the beginning of the week. And then the more I talked about it with other people and the more I thought about it, you know, that's not like more, like, I guess, even. Um, I just said, if, you know, if Surreal keeps out on the feet and picks him apart, him all day, it's still going to be a good fight. It's to be a great fight still. And then, but I thought John uses wrestling, you know, it's going to be a long night for uh, Surreal. But uh, yeah, I was, I was not ready for that. I thought it was going to be a good decision. I thought I was going to get, you know, it's a big, big war for five rounds, I, I thought. Wow. But I was definitely wrong. Good for so, John. So safe to say you were, you were blown away by that performance? I mean, not blown away by the performance, but, you know, by him way like that, yes. Wow. I was blown away by it. Why weren't you? I mean, it's a win. Good for him. I don't know. You weren't that impressed. Is it because maybe you I don't mean, rate Surreal that high? No, I do. I think he's a hell of a fighter. I think he's great. I just was, you know, it just, you know, it happens. Mm. You know, the fight before, though, I was surprised and going crazy. <laughs> yes, yes. Alexa Grasso with the submission win. Yeah, uh, what, great what, for her. What about how John looked as a heavyweight? What, what did you make of that? Too big, you know, big boy. He's two, what, 247. Yeah. So, you know, he's ready to fight. He's ready to fight with big boys. Yeah. Do you feel like he looked good as a heavyweight or do you feel like he needs to maybe, you know, shed some of the the weight? Like maybe that, you know, fighting a guy like you or some of the other younger heavyweights, it would probably be better for him to be lighter. Uh, listen, I one thing I've learned is you can never judge your book by its cover. Yeah, that's true. Some of the best heavyweights of all time don't exactly have the best bods, right? No. You're right. I mean, look at Fedor. I mean, you think you look at him, you look like, you know, typical dad bod and that dude just, Destroy people. That's right. Um, shout out to the dad bods out there. Did you go out there? Did the UFC ask you to go out there? Or was it your decision to go out there? Are you sitting in the front? Because no, like, they wanted me out there. They wanted you out there. So you you kind of knew mm-hmm. that if he, you know, if he wins and all looks good, that he might mention you? Yeah. When they showed- well, they told me I would have winner, so. Oh, really? Regardless? Yeah. Okay. And, and you were interested even if it was gone? Yeah. Of course. I mean, I want the best fight, but, uh, you know, of course, John's a bigger fight just because of the legacy and the biggest, biggest fight in the heavyweight division. Maybe, yeah. you know, be great between us. And so I wanted, but, you know, if it was surreal, I would be fine with that too. Okay. Um, and, and when you're there, do you know that they're putting you on camera when he's calling you out? Is there a guy yeah, like yeah, right, in your, right in your face? You okay. Yeah. You can't really get away with that. <laughs> okay. I didn't know if he was like super far back and they were zooming into you. Um, and I love you, you do the whole, like, I don't know if you do it on purpose. Like you kind of like no sold what he was saying about you in there. Do you do that on purpose? Cause uh, you don't want to give him any like, uh, ammunition. What's, what's going on in your mind when he's talking about you? <laughs> I don't care. I really don't care. I mean, listen, I get, I get destroyed at the fire department. You know I mean? Like it's nothing new to me. Like it's, that's nothing compared. So they do it to me. You know, say to me at the fire station. Right. But there's no part of you that wants to be like, come on, let's do it. Me and you, mano y mano, that type well, of thing. Well, it's yeah, in July it will be. Okay. So you say July. Is that is mm-hmm. that what it's Every looking week, like? Week. Is that it? Yep. Wow. Yep. Is that what they told you? Yeah, it was all over the news. It's been all over the place. I We're don't know. You, you, know? you got to do your journalism, bro. No, listen. I, you, they, people say you things. Hire, if you want to hire me, if you want to hire me, I can do your job too. So, so this is happening, what is it, July uh, 8th, I think it is, or July 9th? 10th. 10th, 10th I that that weekend yeah. right there. Wow. Right, yeah. Did, I think or was a week before? I know. I think. I no. I think it's week after. No, no, no. Usually after Fourth of July. Yeah, yeah. So that would be. Uh, wait, let me let me just get it because I don't want us the to eighth, say ninth or tenth. The eighth. 
And it's the eighth? Yeah. You sure? Yes. Oh, whatever. Okay, then the eighth. Stipe, this is my birthday, July 8th. I don't know if you know this, but I feel like that's why you're asking for it to be on the 8th. 100%. Uh, Been this for two years. I know, I know. Did did you talk to them, or did your uh, manager, Lloyd, talk to them after the fight? Were there any uh, chats afterwards? No, not... um, Good question. I don't know. I was was flying, so it was really early in the morning, so... Right. I really... I mean, the only text I got was like a bunch of interviews today, which I was super excited about. I know, about. I know. How many? Is it like five or something today? Yeah. It might be my second one. Oh, my God. How was the first? I was with Wyman, so that was fun. He's a nice guy. Wow. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> Jeez, that was a Louise. joke. It was a joke. I know. <laughs> Lloyd told me you were doing five. I was like, geez, Louise, this is like your quota for the year in one day. I know, right? I'm done. <laughs> Dash me out. I'm out. I said uh, before the uh, the interview here, I said, I feel like win or lose, and especially win, this is your last fight. There's nothing else for you to do. What, what, what are you going to do? You're going to stick around and fight like all the other new names at heavyweight? How truth is? How, how true is this? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, listen, just how I feel. My body feels, I feel great. You know, I'm 252 right now. I feel awesome. Wow. 252. How, how much do you usually Correct. weigh out of camp? Well, I mean, under 240. Okay, so you've added muscle. Yes. Okay, any particular reason? I just want to lift and be big. Okay, you do this at the yeah. uh, firehouse? No, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I, they're not, right, not, not as much at the firehouse. I mean, I do work out there when I can, but we're real busy, but also, I mean, I'm still learning. You know, I'm still, I mean, even though I know I'm doing it, I got to still learn everything we got to do and just, you know, all the training. We have to train for ourselves to do there. Yeah, so... uh you have this fight in July. You win this fight. You really think there's anything out there that motivates you that's of interest to you? I mean, there's lots of things, you know. I mean, you know, I don't know, maybe become a golfer. I don't know. Let's okay, but not see. in fighting. That's it. Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, when you're going with the question. I don't know. Like, it feels you know, like you, fly, you you sail off into the sunset after this. What, what a way to go out. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know, man. You, you, you listen, I, I don't know. I, every, after every fight since my first one, I thought about retiring. Yeah, so, yeah I know. You've said change. that before. What about John Jones at the press conference saying, hey, with all due respect, I mean, this one had to have annoyed you, right? With all due respect, take some time off from firefighting. You need to be focused because I'm focused on finishing you before the championship round. Did you hear this? Yeah. Well, I think everyone tries to say that, and then they realize they're in a world of hurt when they're not, when it's not happening the way they want. And I don't know if he knows this, but I've been a fireman the whole time. I've been in my career, UFC, so, but whatever. That's none of my business. No, it is your business. He's actually talking about your business. <laughs> I don't really care. No, it's none of my business because I don't care. Yeah, but did you feel like that's like don't 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 tell me what to do in my in my spare time? I mean, I guess it's just like it's just it is what it is. I mean, he she's I think she's trying to pump himself up. I guess I don't know. I mean, mm. I don't know. I, re- I really wish I could have good like, good answers for you. I know you try to dig and find no, it, I but. just I, you know when I heard that I was like yeah I feel like you. I get what he was trying to do. Great. It, it, from a trash talk perspective, from a journalist perspective, I was like, oh, this is good. This is juicy stuff. But from a Steve paper, and now I'm putting myself in your shoes, I was like, eh, that might annoy me. No. A lot of things annoy me. No. How do you feel yeah, about John? My, my wife knows how to annoy me real well. So. Okay. What does she do? Take out the garbage? Change the diapers? Oh, yeah. It's constant. Yeah. Yeah. It's constant. So. <laughs> It's all love. I love her. You know, she's she doesn't have purpose. Just because I pretty much do it to her on a constant twenty four seven. So, sure. Yeah. That's what ha- marriage is all about. Of course. Yeah. A little give, a little take. Is she happier coming back? 
Yeah, I mean, she's like, do you want to do it? I'm like, hell yeah. You know, she's like, well, she's making sure I'm good. You know, she's, uh, she knows it's going to entail. It's going to be a lot of, a lot of sacrifice. And, you know, so we have two kids now as well. Yeah. But being there on set, like when, you, when you're there, the bright lights, Vegas, you're being called out. Does that get your blood boiling? Oh, uh, yeah. I love it, man. It's, it's the fans. That's what gets it, man. Just sitting there backstage and the weigh-ins and then, you know, walking out to the fight and just, you know, going crazy and just, it's, it's cool. It's a great feeling. It's, it's a feeling you can't explain. Yeah. No, I bet. You feel alive and you don't have many of those yeah. left, right? There's like an expiration date. So you want to get as many. Man, as you... geez. I'm just you are so... really hammering what? No, that. no, oh, I just, God. I feel like, you know. Back we'll... off, dude. Turn the page, man. Turn the page. <laughs> I'm trying to say like, you know, we, we're not guaranteed anything. So you got to, you got to appreciate. We're not, we're not, I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. <laughs> I was try... I'm trying to build it up. This is a big deal. This could be the last time we see the greatest Dr. heavyweight Phil, of all time. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes, Dr. All Phil. right, fine. Weidman right. didn't bring that up, right. did he? Wow. What's that? Ro- Weidman w- didn't bring that up when you spoke to him, right? He was probably talking about no, your golf game. He, he appreciates my golf game. It's terrible. It's, it's, it's horrendous. I'm getting better. It's okay. getting better. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm not trying to kick you out. I'm just trying to see if this is it because to me, then it makes it an even bigger special attraction. Maybe not. How do you think the fight goes? Can you give us some insight? I what are you win. thinking? <laughs> I'm going to win. There's no question. Yeah? You think There's it no goes... question about it. No question. No question. I'm win. John Jones has never lost before. I know that. It sucks. But he's going to lose. He's got a big, big one. Just one. Wow. Could you imagine that? You're the you're the guy. No, the... I'm not gonna imagine it. It's gonna happen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Did you look at his last few performances before this one? Uh, no, I really don't watch fights unless I, it's the one I know. Will you watch them? Yeah, I mean, my coaches will. I mean, they'll go over the game plan. I mean, sure. it's, I mean, it's hard to go over. Film from three years ago, but you know, everyone has tendencies and stuff like that. So just like me, you know, I'm fine too, but I still have tendencies. So it's just uh, definitely going to break it down and see what the best we can do. So that's what I was going to ask. Do you feel like there is uh, there's value in watching John Jones the light heavyweight as you're preparing for John Jones the heavyweight? Same guy, different weight class, or do you feel like there's there's no point in doing all of that? No, there is. There definitely is. I mean, you got to see how he moves. How, even though he's you know, heavier, still so he's just still. He, oh, sorry. No, got still you. the same way. Um, you you move and I mean, just, you know, like you said, everyone has tendencies. Even even if you move move up in a way, nothing's going to change. It's just you know, you can't. You have things you do that you just you never going to lose. Mm. And and just curious, uh, based on Cyril's performance, do you feel like the moment got to him, or is that yes, you do hundred percent. Oh wow! Yep. Can you tell me about that? Well, why why do you why do you feel know, I that way? I just think he just got just got caught up in the moment. I guess you know, in the bright lights, and just I was, I was expecting everything that happened. Like did it did, and fortunately, you know, we all we all been there. Yeah, I don't know. Have you been there? When have you been there? I don't know. I'm just saying we all we, yeah. we all get, we got we get caught up in the moment. Yeah, just the thing that you say. Maybe uh, mm-hmm. maybe Stefan Struve in Nottingham. Yeah, yeah, that that was for sure. Yeah, the moment got you there. Oh yeah, definitely. No, I mean he definitely beat me. There's no question. It just, uh, just you know, just maybe it was. I don't. It was so long ago, man. I was you twelve know, freaking years young. ago. Yeah, well, and I, I miss those days. That's when I was young and party. Yeah. <laughs> Would you party the week of the fight? No, you wouldn't. No. No. Yeah, no. John Jones does that. 
Good for him. God bless him. <laughs> we better not party. He better work on his training. <laughs> but uh, all right. So it looks like he's invigorated, reinvigorated. It looks like he's pumped up. Like it's just, this is good for everyone, right? John Jones back. Yeah, pumped John up. Jo- I'm ready to go. You're ready to go. July. And yeah. how how close to done deal is this July 8th? Well, I mean, they, they told me yes. And so now he's getting the contract. Yeah. They got to pay the piper though. All right. Are, are you guys, what, what are we going to do here? Do you need no, me? In, no, no. Do you need me? Listen, in these you, you're going to take over my, take it over my, uh, <laughs> you know, do the managing and I'll do the journalism. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, I don't think Lloyd would appreciate that. You have one of the best in the business by your side, but I'm just wondering if he needed backup, you guys can call me. I'll be on speakerphone. I'll tell those guys what's what. They need to pay you. I think having you there with Dana would totally make them so happy. Yeah, I think so too. Listen, you don't want your management to be friends with Dana. That's that's the wrong move, right? You want you want some tension. Yeah, yeah right. I get it. I get it. No, I see. I see where you're going. I like it a lot. Yeah. Like Thank I'll call, you. I'll talk to I'll talk to Lloyd later and let him know. Oh, this is great. Stipe Miocic versus John Jones. This is like one of those video game fights. Hmm? A fight we never thought would happen. Yeah, me too. Are you surprised that Francis left? Uh, I mean, Stocks. I wish I would have fought him and got a rematch, you know. But fortunately, that's not the way it happened. Um, and, you know, which is nothing but the best and, you know, whatever he does with the rest of his career. Do you think there's a chance you beat John? He says, all right, I'll come back. I mean, yeah, it'd be great. Wow. So you'd be coming out I mean, of retirement and he'd be coming back from boxing. Well, I never said I was in retirement. So <laughs> enough of this. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I saw you go with that. I saw, you, I saw that. It was a little. Yeah, I see you working. I see you working. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, I oh, just think you, there's nothing left for you to prove after a win over John Jones. But if you want to fight for another five years, God bless. Make that money. Right? I mean, we'll see. You know, I'm just, uh, right now, it's like you focus one fight at a time, man. It's always, I've always been like that. Nothing's ever changed. And I said, you, like you said before, you know, I'm always not about retiring after this is my first fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, this will be your first fight as a full-time firefighter, right? Yeah, but nothing's different. I mean... Will you, will you go with a reduced schedule? Can you even do that? How does that work? No, no, I'll be fine. I mean, I'll work it out and make sure I have the time out that I need and be good. It, it won't be too much to handle? No. No concerns? No. What about like the week of the fight? You just take vacation? How does that work? Yeah, I'll vacation time. Wow. They want to just give it to you uh, on the house? Gratis? No, no. <laughs> no, no. I wish, but no. We, no. You know, everyone's the same. Is it better for you if it happens sooner rather than later? Like you don't want this fight to happen in September, October. You want it next four months. No, I don't care. Honestly, I don't. I don't care. Just you know, firmly in July because you know that's my mind's up right now. But if we gotta wait a little longer, we waited. I mean, I waited long enough. So yeah. I'm ready, I'm ready, ready to go. Do you feel disrespected by the fact that you're a pretty big underdog right now, according to the odds makers? Nothing new. Nothing new. You like this no. spot better this way, right? No. Always. Knockout find out okay well this is exciting stipe welcome back when's the next interview be back. uh 2 30 with my money my buddy mojo on tmz oh great those will be easy yeah. questions oh, he's a great dude i love that guy wow i feel like you wouldn't say the same about me if they asked you i do like you Scott. Wow, you're you're, you're a great guy thank you stipe appreciate it well i'm happy you're back this is a big time fight this feels big it feels important my birthday. Thank you for that honor. I appreciate you doing that. Wow. International that fight. Life. This is an international fight week main event. Sometimes they're a little come see, come sad. This one feels befitting of international fight week. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I feel you. Last thing. John Jones, big fan of this show. Any message you want to send to John Jones, Stipe? 
I'll see you in July, my friend. All right. I love it. Thank you, Stipe. Good luck to you, my friend. Appreciate you doing this as always. Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me. All right. There he is. The one and only the pride of Ohio. OH! Stipe Miacic. You got to love it. So what is he? A, uh, what did, what did uh, GC say? Stipe. Not even on here, GC. He's not on best fight odds. They didn't put him up. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THEMMAHOUR. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash mma.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. They have Curtis Blades. They have Izzy. No Stipe. Are you looking at the odds? Yeah. Stipe plus 285. I wonder when's the last time he opened it's that big of a underdog. <laughs> Man, it's like ever. Yeah. Like when was the last time he was a a plus three hundred? No talent. <laughs> uh, Chris Weidman. This fucking guy. He just. Uh, <laughs> you see this? No. This is Chris Weidman. <laughs> this fucking guy. Uh, breaking news from the Chris Weidman show, which, by the way, doesn't even. Air until 5 p.m. Breaking news, Stipe Miocic confirms that the UFC has contacted him to fight John Jones for the heavyweight championship at International Fight Week. Source won't back down radio with Chris Weidman. Chris retweeted that and wrote, ha ha, hashtag breaking news, Ariel Hawani. I mean, you got to be kidding me. His show didn't air yet. I was first. Junior Dos Santos fight, plus 370 back in 2014. Wow. Lost via unanimous decision. Yeah, I remember that. That was the last time he opened as the underdog. No, no, no. That was the last time he was this big of an underdog. Okay, got it. He was the underdog in the last Nganu fight. Okay. But this is wide odds. He closes Maybe not the wide. Maybe not wide, but big underdog. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, plus 370. Man, there's something about that John Jones trash talk. He's very underrated when it comes to trash talk. And him talking about the firefighter stuff, I feel like was... But it was good. I liked it. I liked it. And what about that trench coat he was rocking? Did you see that? What was that thing? Wait, trench coat? Yes. 
I didn't see with it. With the leather straps and everything at the post-fight presser. Oh, 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 John Jones. I thought you were talking about me. It's just No. I mean, it's just, he's wearing like a colored shirt. <laughs> and a backwards hat. Yeah. Huh. You guys don't remember this? I don't notice it. What do uh, you mean you don't, don't notice think, it? I didn't notice that it was uh, a trench coat. But I also oh, think incredible. John Jones in his heart of hearts wants Steve Miocic to not be worried about finding fires and focus on him. Like I, I it borders on no. like trash talk. No. But like also like I think John you Jones think he's looking is out? like I've said this about Hamzat before. I truly believe that John Jones is like an extremely motivated and violent person in the cage and that helps him um be as great as he is. And I truly believe he goes in there with like a sense of wanting to go to battle. Like, I think he wants the best Stipe Miocic. And, and I think he's a little bit, like, off his rocker in that way. That he really wants Stipe to be as good as he possibly can be so that when he wins, sure, he feels like he no, dominated yeah. this, like, unconquerable beast. Like, I yeah. think he, no excuses. He, he derives such, like, meaning and motivation in his life from it that, like, it would be disappointing if he didn't get the best Stipe. I mean, he was chilling with my guy uh, David Goggins before the yeah. fight. David Goggins was calling him crazy. I mean, I have to say, I watched all the embeddeds and everything. Yeah. Like, however you feel about John Jones, his work ethic is is yeah. pretty inspiring. The way that he talks about his his craft sure. is pretty crazy. Well, that's the thing that I've said in the past, and uh, I actually think John is. I, I don't know this for a fact, but I get the sense that he's mad at me right now. And, and we've been, you know, going. You know, we've, I've been covering John Jones for a very long time, maybe more than anyone in terms of the amount of interviews that I've done with him. But I remember when the thing happened at the beginning of the uh, pandemic, when he got into some legal trouble, yeah. and I was on um, ESPN Daily with Pablo Torre, the man, and we were talking about it because let's be honest, there wasn't a lot going on in the world of sports at that point. It was like late March 2020. So, you know, UFC was very much... Uh, a thing yeah, was, to talk about because there was a lot of yeah. stuff. Yeah, it was like opening sports center and shit. Never happened. Never will happen. Anyway, like uh, for random news, um, I said something in the clip, and they clipped it off. Where I said, you know, I said the same thing that I said at the beginning of the show, which was, if you do the PED thing, obviously he can't be in that discussion. But if everyone was included, he's the greatest. And I said, be careful about letting John Jones's issues outside the cage affect how you feel about him as an MMA fighter because one should have nothing to do with the other. Now, could affect how you feel about him as a person, could affect how you want to root for him or not. You know what I mean? But in terms of like what he has done, the body of work as far as wins and losses and against two and how, none of that stuff as you know, polarizing, abhorrent, critical, whatever you want to say about it, like as bad as they all are, none of that have, sh should have any effect on how we feel about him as the athlete. And him as the athlete is second to none. And but so... Even him, right? You're saying the distractions, the turmoil in his life doesn't affect the work product, right? Like when he steps in the cage, he's fully prepared and at the peak of his game, which is, which is kind of wild because those two things often don't go hand in hand. That's the part that impresses me the most as i said last week when the rubber meets the road at he some point yes at some point though i thought the freaking tire would fall off right yeah. i, well, I thought that it would happen at some point and it hasn't happened yet and he's 35 this is when it happens yes. yeah right There's so much history every other person that is true for right 
they get slow, they get old, they get unmotivated. There's too much turmoil in the personal life. But he seems to be unaffected by it. But I think it's this like relentless comp- – like I truly believe that John Jones like defines himself as, as a warrior and takes great, great, great pride in what he is displaying in the cage. And so, yeah, he won't take shortcuts on that. I think that is one of the things that means the most in his life, and he will never take shortcuts on that. He'll take shortcuts in life and do other things. But when it comes to that product and showing up and dominating competition – I don't know. I and think he's, he's going to be on top for a while. He's just so motivated. Like the in in the embedded, I think the clip went viral of him watching Cyril Gon playing FIFA, and he's just like eating his food, and it's like almost like he's just like stewing with anger that like he's playing video games during yeah. a camp, and he's just like they're just happy to be here. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Like they signed the the contract. They think that there's a chance that they could take food off my family's table. You know, destroy my legacy. Uh, he's like at the end of the day, the job is to be merciless. It's just like yeah. One yeah, one thing that I'll say about uh, Team Gone, you know, and maybe this is a small um, example, and, and maybe it means nothing, but I did think it was interesting when I asked them when this fight was announced for him to come on. They said he's not going to do a lot of media. He's only going to do the stuff that the UFC asks him to do because they don't want any drama leading up to the fight. And I was thinking, like, you need to embrace all of this. This is where you capitalize on the opportunity to fight John Jones. And maybe you could say, all right, you'll do that after the fact once you beat him. But to me, I was like, are you, like you guys spoke before the Francis fight and that had way more drama attached to it. Like that was the team at odds. That was your coach in the middle of all this stuff. You guys are are shying away from this. Does this moment feel too big? Are you too nervous? Like I was, it made me think, not enough to feel like he wasn't going to win. I'm just going back now to, to conversations and to moments and I thought the most telling part of that interview, by the way, was how quickly Sipe said, you know, competitor, competitor, that in his mind, the moment swallowed him up. That was like the most definitive thing Sipe said. <laughs> I could believe that to be true, but you pointed to it yourself. They did a lot of media before the Francis fight, and maybe they thought that was detrimental to the fight, that he wasn't focused enough, that he Man, wasn't good enough. All he had to do was win one more round. He he fought a better fight against Francis than he did against John. What? Way better. Wasn't even close. You know Can't what I mean? Compare him. Different. I mean, way Francis better. was on one knee. Style matchups. Still doesn't People? matter. At the end of the day, he was one round away from getting the heavyweight strap put around his waist. The, and and on Saturday, it was a no show. It, it was like the fight show. didn't even happen. By the way, I think he needed to focus harder. He shouldn't have even done the interview. I don't, I don't know. Asked I don't know if any amount of focusing. Yeah, have, I, I should have skipped I don't those even know. two. Honestly, I feel like if he if he would have done you know a hundred interviews, yeah, um, if you were like at a five in terms of excitement for this fight on July eighth, apparently, uh, after the interview, where are you at right now? Look, we at a five. Five? Yeah, no, it hasn't, it hasn't moved. But I'm not at a five. Seven. I'm at a nine. I can't. I'm wait. at a nine point five. I mean, I can't wait. After the interview? Yes. So do you I, think... I might have lost interest. <laughs> no, stop. Do you, do you, do you think Stipe is going to follow your rule and text you before 10 a.m. Uh, happy birthday? Uh, you know, with the big fun. On the day of? Birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I, I think, think we. I think, I think our, yeah. our yeah. relationship is... is Hold on, guys. Up. Before we go to breakfast, let me text Ariel. DC called me at 6 before one of his fights. Um, all oh. right, let's get to our next guest. Big win for him on Saturday. Remains undefeated 11-0. Big week for him as well. What a time it is to be Ian Machado Gary. He joins us right now to talk about it all. There's the man. How are you, sir? Hey, sir. How are you? How are you getting on? Listen, you know you're a big deal. Now, all of a sudden, you win on a, on a pay-per-view in Las Vegas. Your father, you could show up late. This is, this, I remember, uh, I, I remember the first time, I remember the get first time Connor was late, too. 
Okay, look at this. <laughs> I've been on time almost every time. I know. You now know you're a big Layla shot. Now you're a big shot. You know that Nayla has me here sat down five minutes before I'm ready to go. We're just setting things up pretty for you. That's all. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah, you're 11 minutes late. That's better than 15 minutes late. No <laughs> problem. It's all good. Listen, this is what happened. There she goes with your baby <laughs> right in the back. I think that was her, your baby, right? Was she holding the baby? <laughs> No, I'm not. Like, that is not nice. I do not want the wrath of a of a of a new mom. No, thank you. Um, well, congratulations, yeah. my friend. What a week for you! Holy smokes! Uh, first, can I can I ask? Like, we saw the scenes of you and Connor in the back. Was that the first time yeah. you saw Connor in person since the picture at the suit store? Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, it was. It was um, obviously coming out here. I knew that he was filming tough. Um, and I said to myself, I don't care how I'm going to, I'm going to cross paths him at one point in time. Um, and yeah, at the weigh-ins, I was with, I was just about to do an interview and the guys from BT Sport were like, Ian Connor's here. I was like, all right, where is he? And they were like, oh, we don't know. I was like, but he's in the building. I was like, okay. And then one of the guys goes, Ian points. And I just went, all right, see ya. <laughs> I'm not waiting for something, some like, crossing at the bar. I'm going to make sure it happens myself. I went up to him and he's like, oh, Ian. It's pretty awesome. To, that even the fact that when I turned the corner, he instantly was like, Eno, they are. Wow. What does that mean? Eno. Eo. Eno. This is, my, this is what people call me. And I, and oh, I was, really? They, okay. Uh, yeah. But it was just cool to see him. To, like, he, he, he shook my hand and he started pounding my chest, telling me I'm a champion, that I'm going to be a champion that he appreciates all the, the love and respect and support I've given him. Um, and I just said to him, you motivate, motivated me to be here. I can't, I can't do enough to get back to you. To have that meeting, to have that little chat before this massive fight, did you feel like you were even more revved up for it? Like, did, did it give you a, a boost? Yeah, 100%. I mean, he's, the, he's the, the guy that inspired my entire nation to want to fight and train MMA. I mean, the the scenes when Conor was on the rise was nuts. And I'm that kid who was the first of a generation to make it into UFC because of his run. And for me to have that and to move forward and to, to see him and go into a fight week knowing that he's saying that he's going to be there, that he's behind me, that he's with me, it's like, that's pretty empowering for a young man who's hearing that from the guy that inspired him. Mm -hmm. My understanding was you wanted to be on this card more so than in two weeks in London. Why is that? Yeah. John Jones. Fault John Baker. Jones. hundred percent. If you look, if you look at the, the card, firstly, I'd much rather fight in Vegas than London. I enjoy Vegas. I enjoy being around the PI. I enjoy the, the ability to be able to go and get therapy and meet these amazing people and have the ease and the lifestyle of what Vegas brings as opposed to London. Um, it's also closer to where I train, which is Florida. Um, and I enjoy, I enjoy the atmosphere around the fight nights in Vegas, especially in pay-per-views. And to know that I'm going to be sharing the card with the GOAT was something that I wanted of my kind of bucket list is to share the card with John Jones. This year, I'm going to share the card with two my two favorite fighters. I'm going to share it with John Jones, which is done, and I'm going to get to share it with Conor towards the end of this year. You're, you're shooing for that card. For sure. Would you 
it has to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would it would be silly not to do it. Exactly. It doesn't make sense to not not have that kind of Irish Yeah. That Irish allegiance show. Uh what was your uh conversation like with John? So I was walking to the apex um when we were doing media day and uh, he was like, Oh, it's a baby. <laughs> and he's like, stood up and he's like, Can I hold him? Like, of course you can. And then he turned to me, he's like, Hey, how are you? I was like, Good, no complaints. And he's like, undefeated, right? I'm like, Fuck. <sighs> like Layla, he knows. And Layla's like, don't say it out loud. I'm like, boy. <laughs> I was like, John Jones knows knows that I'm undefeated. And he's like, no, I've watched your fights. He's like, you're really, really solid. And I said to him, I like take a lot of your game and try to implement it into what I do. Um and he was like, Oh, really? I was like, Yeah, I was like, he was like, that's a huge compliment. I was like, Well, you're the best that you're the best to ever do, in my opinion. I was like, You're the go. I was like, so why wouldn't I want to look at what you do and what you've had success with and add it into my style in any way, shape, or form? And even when you look at the fight that I just had on Saturday, a lot of the things I did were from watching John Jones. Oh, like what? Well, you see, towards the end of the second round, I started to kind of open my arms out, start touch, touch Song's hand, and then put a jab straight down the middle. And that was because when you put when you reach out to someone, they can't just keep their hands here because you're dominating the hand fight, right? Uh-huh. So they have to reach back, which means they've opened up their guard. Now, they're thinking about the hands, which means you can start to stab and chop at the leg. And I started using that stab kick to the knee, which is something we've seen John Jones have a lot of success with. I think Joe Rogan because of the uh, elliptical kick. And then just being nice and long and rangy and just being patient. I spoke um, to John about his patience. It's a skill in, of, in and of itself. When you're in a fight, and adrenaline's rushing through your body, and you've got a, a man in front of you who's got aggression in his eyes and like wants to hit you as hard as they can. It's a skill to be able to be patient and know when to go for the finish. And I believe John is one of the very best to ever do it. And I always see that when I watch his fights. And I think the best example is the Daniel Cormier fight. When he caught him with the head kick and Daniel was on wobbly legs, he just kind of stalked and put his hands out, made it awkward, and then caught him with a leg kick, sent him spinning. And even then, he still didn't jump on him. He followed him, he stalked him, he stalked him, waited till he fell down, and then he pounced. And that's a skill that a lot of young fighters around my age, and even veterans, have yet to master. And I believe I've, I'm working on it, and I've, I'm mastering it to an extent. And it's because I see someone like him have so much success that I, I want to emulate it into my game. What happened towards the end of the first round? So I was a fucking idiot. That's what happened. I said to myself, if you even watch the, the, the corner, I went back and told my corner exactly what happened. And I was like, it's my fault. I fucked up. I'd done a shot that I knew would put me at danger. And I didn't, I, I, I don't know why I did it. I literally, I went, I was, I went jab to the body because, and then I went jab high. And every time I was going high, he was bringing his elbows. Up. He didn't want any, any damage on his face. So he started bringing his elbows up. So I ripped the body with the, the right, and I'm like, fuck, I could see him down if I go for like a left liver shot. And then I went, yeah, don't do that. Because, like, I mean, you'll leave yourself open for like a left hook or a big power shot. And then I fucking did it anyway. Uh. Um, so, <laughs> so it's my fault for getting a bit greedy. Um, and I've no one else to blame other than myself. And I knew it before I threw the shot. I still threw it because. I got greedy and that's where you again have to bring yourself back and, and be composed. And that was one of the first times I've ever made a big mistake in my career and I won't do it again. How buzz were you? 
I so I got cracked. I didn't even know I got like sat down. I thought I got dropped to a knee. Um which is again just shows me how how aware I was in this situation because I got cracked and then I was just looking for the cage. Get me to the cage, get me to the cage, get me to the cage. Um I knew he was he was hitting me with some ground and pound shots on the side. They didn't bother me. None of them were going to knock me out. Then, if he didn't knock me out with the first one, he's definitely not going to knock me out with those little ones. Um, so for me, it was just like, don't worry, don't stress. Like you've been hit, it's okay. Get to the cage, work your way back up. When you get to the cage, he's going to have to wrestle. If he tries to stand away and and break away and strike, which is what most people will do, great. I'll, I'll move. I'm way faster than people. I don't care if I've been a bit buzzed. I'll get out. Okay. I'm quick and. If, if I want to use my hands to kind of be a barrier, I will. So it was a great shot. It was like when you look at the slow-mo, it was, it was perfect. So I made a mistake. He capitalized. And I recovered well. So if anything, it just shows that not only do I talk the talk and walk the walk, but when something goes wrong and adversity needs to be overcome, I overcome it and I pass it with flying colors because in round two and round three, I fucking lit him up. Yeah. So, and even in round one, I dominated that entire fight from start to finish, except from that one shot that led to him having a little bit of success. Other than the mistake that I made, he didn't have success. I thought he made so, a critical mistake afterwards by, you know, trying to get you up against the cage and, and doing what he was doing. Had he separated, yeah. perhaps mm-hmm. he would have had more success, right? They mentioned that on the broadcast. I was, I was thinking, wow, oh, what a 100%. mistake this is. I mean, I mean when, you, when you rock someone... And they're kind of, they, not necessarily they don't know where they are, because when I got hit, there's, there's two or three kind of ways a fighter will fall. They'll either fall stiff and they're out. They'll kind of be a bit wobbly and not know where they are. Or they get cracked and they kind of see that flash. I kind of seen that flash. It's just like, whoa, okay, that was a good shot. And what I remembered was just looking at him and then rolling to my knees. Mm. That was what I remembered. And when you look back at it, you can see when I'm going down, I start to make eye contact. With and that shows, okay, it was a good shot. I got caught, but I'm still, I'm still in it. Okay. When we stood up, it was me pushing him to the cage, not the other way around. Mm. So I was the one who forced him to the cage because I knew, one, if I am on wobbly legs, I've got a little bit of support behind me. Two, I'm comfortable here. I feel comfortable wrestling against the cage because out in the open... We've seen many, many people get capital where they capitalize on jumping on a choke or jumping on something. When you get to the cage, it kind of shuts down that that kind of avenue of jumping on stuff. You have to be a bit more methodical with your approach because they can defend themselves better. So in all of that, where I was I was caught, I was put down, and I reacted and I recovered. Everything I did was still right. And absolutely, had he have broken away, would he have more success? I believe so, yes. But that's not to say that the second he breaks away, that I wouldn't have started opening up shots on him. So we don't know. But if it was me, I would have potentially looked to go and like to to pull me on my back, mm. like to pull me flat, and for him to let go of the grips and stand up and start doing what I did on the finish, which is just try to hammer fist away. I believe when he joined his hand was the reason that he was 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 where he failed. I saw you posted a photo of him afterwards, and some people didn't like yeah. that. I don't give a fuck. At the end of the day, I, I've, t- I've spoken about this multiple, multiple times. The only thing that brings, not an animosity, but a, a sense of 
aggression towards my opponent is knowing that they have signed a contract which believes that that person thinks they can beat me. I take that personally. I'm like, okay, so you think you can beat me. I'm going to show you you can. And that's all I ever have to do. I don't have to worry about anyone else. I don't have to worry about all this top 10 or anyone who's calling me out or anything else. I signed a contract to fight one guy and he signed it to fight me. I signed it knowing I can win that fight, knowing that I can beat that person. And I believe that anyone who signs a contract against me believes the same thing. So I take it personally. I'm like, okay, let me show you you can. Let me prove to you that you're not good enough to do what you think you can do. So when I post that photo, that's my, that's my art. That's my work. That's, that's what I've just gone out and done. This is martial arts. It's an art form. It's a way of utilizing and manipulating my physical body to absolutely lump around another human who's trained and trying to do the same thing to me. And it's basically like Keenan's song was my canvas. And that was the work of art that I had done, was the damage on his face. And when you look at a lot of my opponents, they always look like that. They always look like that because I just pick away at them, all my shots. I'm not one of those people who, who comes out and swings haymakers. Everything is cool and calculated. And they, they, they're stiff, they're strong, like they, they hurt. If you look at all three of my, all four of my opponents in the UFC, they've all come out with like welts on their face or on their legs or like everything that they've been cut up, they've been bruised, they've been bloody. It's just what I do. I hit hard, I hit fast, and I hit very active. And I find it beautiful what I did in that cage. Uh, speaking of that, and speaking of comparisons, the uppercut that you threw towards the end Reminded me a lot of Connor, the way the way you yeah. said that. You know what I mean, like how you were so precise yeah, yeah. with it, and the way you set it up. Yes, was was yeah. very Connor like. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, did you did you see him afterwards? Did you speak to him at all? He was in the building, of course. And any interaction? No, with he him? was in the, he was in the building. I didn't see him or speak to him afterwards. I know he tweeted saying your little days, yeah. which is cool again. But um, no, I, I didn't cross paths, and I'm I'm very grateful and very blessed to have been able to cross paths him for, for once in one week. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. Important ones would be it would be even even more special. But I'll take what I got. I'm very happy that we we even got that little interaction. Uh, what was up with this guy? Speaking of people thinking they could beat you, it, it seemed like you were waiting in line somewhere, and this dude's saying like, oh, "Don't try this, me." What is this guy all about? This fucking Uber, right? <laughs> I'm stood there with my whole team, right? Yeah. I'm stood there with about eight nine people, and Grandma Khabib came yeah. up to me. I was like, "Hey, Ian, can I have a photo?" I was like, "Of course you can, yeah." So we started talking, we started chatting. She was like, you know who I really need to get? And I'm like, who? She's like, Connor, but God, those tickets are going to be so expensive. I was like, well, you can still wait outside. And while I'm chatting with her, I just hear this guy shouting and screaming from coming through like where all the cars were. And he's like, bro, that's the easiest fucking 50K I've ever made in my life. He's like, I'm fucking awesome. And he's just screaming and shouting. And he's, I don't know he's off his face or what he was doing. But then he just bumped into me. And I just turned around to him and went, hey, hey, relax. And he turns around and goes, oh, what? And I'm like, ah. <laughs> and I just laugh. And I'm like, <laughs> I just start laughing. And I look at him, I'm like, sorry? <laughs> and he's like, oh, what? He's like, I'm a fighter. I do this shit. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. Really? You do this shit? He's like, yeah, you don't want any of this smoke. And then his fat little mate is still there in his fucking pink, pink blazer going, yeah, you don't want any of this. I'm like, huh? 
<laughs> Meanwhile, Layla's just stood there in front of me with the baby going, Ian, if you do anything, yeah. you lose your visa. Yeah. You're, gonna be able, you're not going to be able to fight here. And I'm just like eyeballing this guy at this point. And Layla's looking at me going, is he moving? I'm like, no. And if he moves a step closer, I'm going to fucking kick him in the balls. And I just had empty in my pockets. Because I was like, the way I looked at him, it looked like he was on like coke or something because he wasn't thinking. So I just slowly emptied my pockets and was just like trying to pass them back because I was going to just drop it and go if you come closer to me. I'm here with all my friends and family. Like my wife's there, my my baby's there. I've got my nutritionist. I've got my strength and conditioning coach. I've got teammates. I've got my my management there. I'm like, if this guy's going to fucking look at me like that and try to be a dick in front of all these... I could hear people going, does this guy fucking know who he's, who he's talking to? I'm like, it was so funny. I'm Sounds like, like he didn't, right? He comes, he, he, there's no way. He, okay. There's no way. Because if he did, he would have shot himself. Yeah, the minute yeah. I looked. But he was off his face. And it was just like, uh, Ariel, I've never been in a fight outside the octagon because I'm too smart. But like, it took everything in me with the way he was eyeballing me not to go at him. It was like, he wanted to kill me with the way he looked at me. And I was like, I'm going to put you unconscious. If you take one step forward, one step forward, I'll say one more word, I'm going to end you. But I had to keep it cool because I'm a professional athlete yeah. and this isn't how we, it would be a bad rep for the sport and everything. So it's just like, just stand there, look him in the eyes. He wants to kind of measure, dick measure would be fine. At the end of the day, there's no way he's going to win. So leave him be. I'm sure he went off and had a, a great night. What are the chances you fight April 8th in Miami? I'd like to think very high. Um, I'd love to fight in April 8th. Obviously, I don't know if, if the UFC will be able to turn around that much. I spoke to Sean Shelby before, um, before my fourth, telling him I wanted April 8th as well, that I'm going to go in here, I'm going to finish this fight, and I'm not going to get injured. And he said, well, he said, we'll see what we can do. Obviously, let's take my fourth and see how you get on. Because you never know, we'll fight. It's, it's a fight at the end of the day. You could break your hand in one right. shot. So when I get on the mic afterwards, it's like, hey, Sean Dana Hunter, let's, let's make this happen. I mean, I live half an hour from where we're fighting. Let's get it on. I mean, to turn it around in five weeks and have two performances, two finishes back to back after being away from the sport to take time out to be a dad and to be there for my wife, it's, it's a nice way to kind of get the ball rolling again and show, show the MMA world that. I'm back and that I'm here to stay. Do you have a preference as to who you would fight? I wanted to fight Brian Barbrana because I called him out. Yeah. But he obviously took don't know this fight against Gunnar Nelson. There's people, there's people I'm looking at. I've seen um Michael Morice, he's an undefeated 14 and 0. I've seen him comment eye emojis on my on my post. I'd love I I'm I'm game for that. Um there's other people then when I look at it like um Alex Morano, he's got a four fight win streak. It'd be nice to kind of go in and take on someone of his caliber. Um, I know I've seen people online tag me and Nico Price. It's like, at the end of the day, I don't really give a fuck. There's a lot of options. There's a lot of people that offer different skill sets, different stylistic matchups. And that's on Sean Shelby and the UFC to go, right, we want to give you this guy and see what he's going to test you. At the end of the day, a lot of people do this online and they don't sign the contracts. So... If Sean Shelby sends me a contract with anybody's name on it, I'll sign it, I'll send it off, and I'll, I'll fight in April 8th. That's my goal. I want to do it. I, I don't see why I couldn't make that happen. What was it like to fight as a father for the first time, and not only that, have your son there? 
Oh, Ariel, it was hella emotional. Hella emotional. Um, the morning, uh, so the afternoon of my flight at around like one o'clock, I had a good cry outside in the by the pool. Wow. Just thinking, yeah, I, I was thinking like I, I was I was just looking at my wife while she was jiggling my baby to sleep, and I'm looking at him, going, "Fuck! I wish my, I wish one of my best mates was here. He's the godfather of of Leo, my boy." And I was like, I wish he was here. And I kind of got emotional about him because I look up to him as like a like an older brother figure. Um, and I lost my older brother. So I got emotional about that, thinking about, oh, I wish he was here. And like my family and kind of the people I looked up to were always with me. Um, had a little cry about that. And then my wife sent me a photo while I was back in the, in the dressing room about an hour, an hour before I was fighting. And it was her holding my little boy up outside the T-Mobile arena in front of the UFC sign. And I seen it and just tears of joy came to my face. I started sobbing in the back of the, in the, back of the change room. I was showing my corner. I was like, look at this photo. And they're like, oh, wow, that's beautiful. And I'm like, oh, all right. It, it just, nothing is more important than my little boy and my wife and my family and everyone being happy and safe and healthy. And for them to be for them to be there to support me to do what I love to do more than anything else in life, which is fight is just amazing. It's, it's the best feeling knowing that my wife and son are up in the stands enjoying watching, you know, daddy and husband in the cage, living what, living what he likes to do the most. It's my favorite thing in the world to go into the octagon and I don't fight anyone else other than myself. It's my passion. It's my love. It's what gets me up in the morning. And for them to get any ounce of excitement or joy from me fighting is just, it's, it's pretty special. That is lovely. And, and you could tell how much it means to you. And I appreciate that very much. Um, by the way, I saw afterwards in that snazzy tuxedo, you talking to yeah. your teammate, Michael Chandler. <laughs> is this going to get awkward? What's yeah. going to happen? I mean, he knows where your allegiances I lie, right? Did you tell him, hey, Mike, I like you and all, but I'm not rooting for you in September or whenever they fight? I, I, I don't think I need to say that. At the yeah. end of the day, like, I want, like, firstly, I'm a fan of the sport, right? I'm a fan of, of MMA, and I think it's a great stylistic matchup. I think it's a great matchup for the fans. I think that nobody loses this fight. Because one, both guys are going to change their, their families again. Not that Connor necessarily needs it, but more money isn't always is, isn't a bad thing. But like for both guys to go in there, like this is going to be one of the biggest fights. It, it'll, it'll be the biggest fight of this calendar year, without a shadow of a doubt. They'll both make a heap load of money. Um, the winner will obviously go up the ranks and get one, one step closer to a title shot. And the fans are the real winner because... Chandler has arguably had the five best fights in the UFC. When you look at your from your debut to your current fight, every single fight he's been in has been an absolute barn burner, and the fans have enjoyed every single second of it. Then you've got the greatest showman that we've ever seen in the in the, the sport going head to head. Connor, Connor's my inspiration. He's he's a country a fellow countryman. He's inspired and motivated so many kids my age and people of all ages in Ireland to be better and to follow their dreams and do what it is that they love. So my allegiance isn't argued. It's Team Connor. 
But I still want to see China do well. I still want to see an exciting fight. I still, I, I was saying to him when I seen him, I was like, do me one favor, China. Do me one favor. Don't go wild. Because mm. he gets into that octagon and it's like he has no understanding of what fight IQ is. <laughs> and he just goes, mm, smash. Let's just swing everything I have into every shot. And if you do that with Connor, he's going to knock you out. He's going to clip you. He's going to catch you because he's, he's fast. Um, whereas I think if we see him mix it up, wrestle, get involved in some like filthy, like filthy scrambles, he could tire Connor out. And then it becomes an even more interesting fight because both of them will be a bit, a little bit gassed. They're both going to be swinging bombs. So I'm team Connor and I'm, I'm not budging on that. There's no, there's no way in hell I'll ever budge on that. I appreciate that. Uh, lovely stuff, Ian. Very happy for you. Congratulations on the win. Congratulations on everything. I hope you get to be on that card on April 8th. That would be a great story. And uh, Who would you like me to, who would you like me to find out? Honestly, it doesn't matter. At this point, I don't think it matters just yet. You're just you're just racking up the wins at this point. Exactly. And I think that's fine. Um, I didn't know if you had a specific name, but it doesn't matter at this point. Just get those wins. Get that highlight reel. Uh, a little longer, and uh, this is going to be a big year for you. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. Well done, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Appreciate you, Harold. Have a great show. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. There he is, Ian Machado, Gary, with the big win on Saturday, 11 and 0 now. And yeah, uh, when Conor McGregor fights, he'll probably be on that card. That makes all the sense in the world. Very much looking forward to talking to our next guest. He's one of the best minds in the sport, best analysts in the sport, but still very active. He was at UFC 285. Did a little roundtable action there. That was fun. Returns to action in May against Johnny Walker. He's our old pal, Anthony Smith. Hey, Anthony, how are you? Yes. What's up, dude? How are you? And also one half of the Believe You Me podcast alongside Michael Bisping. Want to give a shout out to the boys as well. How's everything, Anthony? Thank you very much for doing this. Everything's good, man. Everything's good. Sorry, I'm a couple minutes late. No problem. Uh, that's that's Ian's fault. He was late. Oh well, good because I was running a little bit late too. Okay, perfect. By the way, the room's coming together. It uh, slowly. You, you added slowly. a few we're, things. Yeah, we're figuring it out. We're getting there. I just need more time so we can finish it. Yeah, what's up with the door situation there? I feel like it's half painted. What's happening? Yeah, yeah, it's a long story. Okay, fine, fair enough. The uh, different door. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. All right, so you were there, right? UFC two eighty five. You were there. Uh, by the way, that was, ra- I saw you doing that roundtable with DC. Love the idea. Um, people were like, "Oh, these are all the obviously the the premise was all of you have fought John." How did you? Right. Uh, how did you like it? Did you like it? What do you think of it? Yeah, I don't. You know, it didn't matter to me. I, you know, whatever whatever Glenn asked for, I do. Um, for the most part, I, I've talked about. I didn't say anything or talk about anything that I haven't spoken about before. I didn't drop any new feelings about John or anything. We just kind of, you know, put it all into a box. Um, so I, th- I thought it was okay. You know, it was the first time I'd been around Dominic Reyes in, in a very long time in person. And, um, I was, I was surprised we were able to get around, get along. Okay. He was actually fairly enjoyable to be around. Um, thought he had some good insights as well. Yeah. I thought it was a great idea. I liked the premise. I was just wondering how you guys felt, you know, obviously- why do you keep saying it like that? No, you like the idea and the premise, but the, was the execution not no, Which I actually thought it should have been. In fact, I I texted. I pre- this is good journalism on your part. Uh, I texted DC, and uh, I thought he did a great job as a host. You know, they haven't really given him that yeah. host spot before. Usually, it would be like I thought so too. Another dude, uh, an ESPN guy, a dr- 
and I the thought it was, like, role. we didn't need anyone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I liked it. I just thought from yeah. an ego perspective, as fighters, you're like, you're all talking about someone who beat you. So, like, I just wondered yeah. how you felt. You're a company guy. You're going to do as you're told. Glenn Jacobs, you're talking about the head of uh, ESPN UFC content, comes to you. You're probably mm-hmm. going to say yes, even if you don't like it. But I was just wondering how you felt about it because I saw it, and I was talking to New York Rick about this, too. I was like, this is a great idea. I liked it. It was different. we not seen that type of stuff. Plus, DC as host was different, too. So... I was just giving you guys props. That's all. Jeez. No, I just, you just kept saying you liked the idea. You didn't say that you actually liked the show. Oh, no. Well, when I say the idea, I mean, okay, you thought I meant like on paper, but not execution. No, I, I, right. I meant the whole thing, yeah. the finished product. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, I thought it was good. I really, I'm glad you brought up the DC part because I, I, that was what I said to him as soon as we were done. Like, I thought he did a great job keeping the conversation flowing and, and, yeah. and directing traffic as he's getting it from Jake. So I, I said at the top of the, uh, the show that, I didn't say this publicly. I said it privately among uh, you know the the team here. I didn't think John Jones was winning that fight, and I didn't think it would be close. To be honest, like I thought we were about to see a guy who had been out for three years and was fighting a different weight class against a different kind of athlete. But I am blown away by what he did. What did you make of his performance? Um, I I was blown away about. I was blown away that he did it the way that he did it. Um, I, you know, I think we said this on all the pre shows and, and in any kind of breakdown that I gave that if John ended up getting it to the ground, it was going to be fairly one-way traffic. Um, I did expect for it to be competitive on the feet for a while. Um, I thought that that they were going to... I thought that the striking exchanges were going to be close, but we, you know, John kind of... I mean, credit to John and, and what he does. He, he, he made sure that that wasn't the case. How do you think he looked out there? Just as a heavy... Like, that, that to me was another thing. Once I saw the pictures, I was like, right. uh, he wasn't really taking it serious. You know what I mean? And then he goes in there and he's like a freaking beast. I don't... I mean, in any grappling exchange ever, your John is always going to look like that. Right. That's just... A, he's a he's a phenomenal wrestler. He's a, And I've heard stories about how great... I've never got into any, like, real serious grappling exchanges with John, obviously. Like, he didn't really engage in my, in my bullshit when we were, you know, playing that jujitsu game. You know, he would get a dominant position and punch from there, but just pure grappling. I don't, I didn't feel like I got a good read on him there. Uh, but I've heard stories about how absolutely phenomenal he is, especially from guys that I have a lot of respect for in their grappling abilities, like Rashad and guys like that, they, they, they rave about it. So, um, I expected that he was going to probably do that to anybody. He gets a dominant position on. Um, but I, I didn't, I, I wish we would have seen more. I wish I would have been able to see a little bit more of his footwork and his movement and, and how he, how's reaction time is at heavyweight and, and if there was any ring rust and, and where he is skill wise, like it was, is there any diminishing qualities that are going on as he gets old? Like, but honestly, he, he kind of just shut us all up because we didn't have anything to say because we didn't get to see any of that. And he was crazy dominant on the ground. Was that John Jones looking incredible, dominant, all that, or was that Cyril Gunn not showing up? No, I, I, I think that that's John. Okay. I think that's John. You know, Cyril's been in there with a bunch of, a bunch of people. He's, he was obviously the interim champion of the world. It, Cyril doesn't, it doesn't have enough time left alive to close that gap in grappling and wrestling with John Jones. I mean, so there is that, you know, like that is a piece of it. But um, I think John, if John can get a dominant position on anybody and he's motivated and he's as nasty as he seemed to be in that fight, uh, I think that's how he is to most people. But do you think an element to that fight and, 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 and that result was the moment swallowing up Cyril Gunn? It's a possibility. It's a possibility. I, I, I just don't know what Cyril could have done better in the, 
in the exchanges that they had, the small amount of them. You know, he obviously way overextended on that left hand, which is something he does do, which uh, kind of credits John a little bit. He 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 does his homework because Cyril Gunn does tend to overextend on his on his backhands a lot and steps forward and and John didn't give him any distance or range and he didn't retreat like maybe he typically would have. He kind of just slipped to the outside and let it pass his head and then attacked the body. So I don't know that Cyril Gunn had a opportunity to break he just did something that he does a lot and john took advantage of it one thing that i've always appreciated about john is that he talks openly about how much he studies and how important it is to Mm -hmm. him i've never understood fighters who proudly say i don't watch any film i think that's crazy especially it's like one thing to say i don't know you're going into a basketball game like i didn't watch film like i'm just gonna go within the team the framework of the team this is mano imano. Like, why wouldn't you want to see as much as possible on your opponent? Where do you fall in line in that in that discussion? Do you watch a lot beforehand? No, no. Wow, really. why? Yeah, why don't you watch? I'll watch what I'm forced to for sure. Why don't and, you want and, to know I mean, tendencies I'm, I'm, and things like that? Well, because it's not my job. My job is to to take advantage of that stuff. So my coaches watch all the film and then they relay that information as far as the techniques that we're working, the things that we're building inside of camp as we formulate the game plan. And then if I need to see something or they really want me to see this tendency, then we'll go and they'll, they'll kind of clip all that stuff together and say, here's what it looks like. And then we'll go over that stuff repeatedly. So it's not like I've never seen it, but um, I have a bad habit of, of obsessing though. Um. So what what happens with me and this kind of happened in the Ozdemir fight. I watched a little bit too too much of, uh, with Vulcan Ozdemir, and then I, I was kind of stuck out there waiting for shit to happen, like that I that I had seen him do before. But I think John probably has a similar experience. That nobody ever fights me the way, same way they fight everybody else because nobody. I feel like nobody is like me. So not that I'm some wowing crazy different style, but I think when you're I think I move a little bit different. I think that some of the things I do, the timing is a little bit different. So it's ne- it never looks the same. It never has. I've never, I've never watched a bunch of film and then gotten that same person or the, that those same tendencies. And, and well, tendencies are there, but it's, it never look really looks the same. Uh, in so your... I think I can overdo it, and I end up kind of out there watching my fight happen in front of me. Did you have John as the greatest of all time going into this fight? Yeah, even if he would have lost, I still would have kept him at the greatest of all time. So obviously now you have him as greatest of all time. What about pound for pound? Do you have him as number one? Yeah, yeah, for sure. He now vaults up to the the top. The only reason, yeah, I think the only reason, he was inactive for three and a half years and he was still at like number seven. Um, I I think that his inactivity is what pushed him down that list. But personally, yeah, I still have him at pound for pound and greatest of all time. Uh, Dare I ask, who do you think wins, him or Stipe? I don't know. That that's a that, that's more interesting as far as is their their skills and abilities that they bring to the table. Steve can can match or and or neutralize some of the things that John does kind of to everyone. Um physically he's bigger. I did have some issues previously with Stepe in the in the John talk because Stepe was so small there for a while as he was going into those Daniel Cormier fights. You know, he was 230 pounds when he fought Daniel the last time. I had dinner with him on Thursday and he is absolutely massive. He's he claims he's 253. He's well over 253 for sure. Really? Um, yeah, and he's solid. So he he's been very quietly working, you know, behind the scenes when nobody's watching. He, it's not that he's just been sitting around. He's been had he's had this John Jones thing, you know, target you know in his mind for for a while. So um, I really like the conversation that we had, um, just as far as the things he's been doing. But 
I, I think that he wrestles well enough to to neutralize John. He strength wise and, and physicality he absolutely matches John. Um, boxing for sure. I think he matches John. It, it, like he he does a lot of things well that that most of the other guys in the division can't do. Like I have a huge amount of respect for Curtis Blades, and that fight's interesting between Curtis and John. But there's such a glaring gap in the striking. Mm. So the wrestling. He, he he definitely makes it interesting there and makes me want to see that. But if John can just go one other direction and be super dominant there, that's what he's going to do. So same thing with Cyril Gaon. He's a specialist on his feet, but the glaring hole in the ground was just, I uh, had a truck just driven right through it on Saturday night. Stipe has none of those. Tougher opponent for John, Stipe Miocic or Francis Ngannou? Stipe by far. Because of the wrestling? Yeah, but because of everything. Really, John, John, John with fifty forty five. Francis without a mark on his face. Wow, wow, that easy, huh? Yeah, he's he. It, it is if he looks anywhere close to as good as he looked on Saturday on his feet as well. Um, I, I think that he's too dynamic and too diverse on his feet. I, I've always said that people think I'm absolutely crazy, but I, I think he sticks him and picks at him from the outside and grinds him on the fence. I think he wins every wrestling exchange. I, I don't know. Aside from Francis catching him, which is I guess kind of just what Francis right. does. Um, I, I just don't see how Francis wins that fight. I don't. I don't know that John is there to get caught. Do you think that John should come in leaner for that fight? I, I don't know. I, again, that's what sucks about not seeing him. Yeah. You know, kind of go deep into you know a second, a third, a fourth round. Um, I don't. I, maybe I, I. I think that leaning out and and maybe taking off ten or fifteen of those pounds would only benefit him. I don't. I'm not sure that it would hurt him right. as long as he doesn't lose any strength there. What about the Grasso Shevchenko fight? Did that blow you Wild. away? That blew me away. Crazy. Yeah, right? and you know Especially what? Alex Grasso, the way Alex Grasso made me look stupid. Why she you said Shevchenko? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't, I didn't see Alexa Grasso being as as successful as she was on her feet. You know, she, I, she really made Valentina uncomfortable the almost the entire time. She hit her real hard a couple times in the first round. I thought Alexa Grasso won the first round, um, and then I think she lost every round after that. But it wasn't. It wasn't by a landslide. She was still very much in it. She was still she was still landing on Shevchenko enough, and she was even the shots that she wasn't landing was definitely affecting the way that Valentina was was moving and directing her way through that and kind of navigating her way through it. Um, I thought she was able to get to her feet. I, I I thought she was I thought she was looking fantastic. I thought it was gonna I thought I thought Valentina was gonna run away with it, hmm. like fairly unimpeded and after the first round i knew right away like oh wow these guys are really close actually uh we were having a debate earlier about whether or not they should run it back right away and the case to not run it back because sometimes like juliana Payne and amanda nunez it feels like that fight the first one never happened anymore because they run it back right away she loses and like the moment doesn't get a chance to live is there a case mm -hmm. in your mind to be made Maybe you do Grasso Blanchfield next and you do Tyler Santos Shevchenko, same card. Shevchenko wins one fight. Now you give her the title shot just to let the Grasso reign last a little longer, or given her dominance, given her history, her legacy, you got to run it back. It's disrespectful if you don't. I think it's disrespectful if you don't, but okay. I absolutely understand what you're saying, though. Right. Um, because if she loses the rematch, then it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't seem fair to Alexa Grasso to even have much of a run there. But at the same time, as dominant as Valentina's been, as 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 
much work as she's put in is just everything she's done. Like she kind of just gets whatever she wants. It feels like, right? Yeah. It does feel though that the gap is, is closing between her and the, like, I think we it all did thought... feel different than the Juliana Pena, yes, yes. Amanda Nunes fight after that fight. All respect to Juliana Pena. I hate, I hate even talking about it. Cause I always feel like when I see her, she's going to punch me in the face, but <laughs> I just have to be honest here. When that fight, that first fight ended, I thought, all right, well, Juliana Pena was able to sneak behind the wire here. And, and Amanda Nunes, Amanda Nunes lost that fight. I didn't necessarily always look at it as Juliana Pena won this fight. Mm. Um, and then the rematch happens, and that's kind of what it looked like. Yeah. Um, I don't feel, feel like that. This one, I I think that I think that Alexa Grasso was just in a lot of ways was just the better fighter. Valentina did a great job of of taking her down and getting some dominant positions and being able to control her and land some shots of her own. But I didn't feel like the gap was that wide. Like they're very very closely matched. Shavkat. And I don't think I've said that about anybody that's not named Amanda Nunes before. No, no, I know. But and I think the rest of the weight class, 125, like the you know, Tyler Santos, Blanchfield, Mano Furo, Grasso. Sure. I think a lot of us thought, okay, the Grasso fight is the one, like the last one that she gets where it's a good style mm-hmm. matchup. And now she's about to fight a bunch of killers who are great on the ground. Yeah. Who would have thought Grasso gets a submission? Um, I wanted to ask Shavkat Rahmanov, Bo Nickel, Ian Machado Gary. By the time their careers are all said and done, who has the better UFC career? I think Rachmanov. Really? You're yeah, high on him. Yeah, I, I am. Even though I think he fought really weird on Saturday. And, and a lot, How so? Credit to Jeff Neal. Uh, he was just super hittable. Never been that hittable before. And it seemed like he had absolutely no respect for Jeff Neal and his power. And he fought like it. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm really, really high on that guy. And I have been for a while even though it was in a much closer fight than I anticipated. You think he beats Colby Covington? Rachmanov? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Really? Probably. Yeah. His wrestling didn't look as great as it had in the past either. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But I mean, again, that's, he got I hit a think lot. that's a Jeff Neal thing. Yeah. I think that's a Jeff Neal thing too. So I don't want to take anything away from Jeff Neal, but um, so I'm trying to be very careful about, you know, kind of how I navigate sure. talking about Rachmanov. But yeah, probably. He's absolutely a better striker, and and he's long and and moves really well. Um, and I think giving given that Colby is such a dominant wrestler, I think that he probably sharpens that up a little bit going into a fight with Colby Covington. I what you think he beats a Hamza type? Right now, yeah. No, no, probably not. Probably not Hamza. I think that's a, just a stylistic tough matchup. It's one that I look forward to in the future, though. Right. It's amazing because he has double those... the experience of Hamzat. Yeah. I, I, I think we see I think we see a, a Rachmanov-Chamayev title fight someday. Wow. That would be nuts. We well, might see a Bo Nickel-Chamayev title fight one day. He certainly talks about that. What do you think his ceiling yeah. is? It's it's high for sure. Uh, I'm really, really impressed with him. I Sometimes I think what we do is as fans and consumers of the sport, I think that we put so much pressure on these guys to be so much better than they should be. Um, where Bo Nickel should be with the amount of time that he has in this sport, national champ—I mean, multiple-time national champion or not—he's um, he's outperforming anywhere that he should be for sure, right. and he's even outperforming some of the expectations that I think we put on him. Um, but again, if we're being critical here, I think I've seen some I've seen some things that need to be shored up, which obviously he's has all the right in the world to have to make some of those mistakes, but. Um, I think it was a good opportunity for him to go in game time speed and 
get a dominant win over a pretty tough guy and still have some things he can work on and take from that and go back and back to the gym. Can I ask what do you think needs to be shared up? Um, the timing on his entries could, it could have been a little bit better and mixed in with his shots a little bit better. Uh, I think some of the positioning stuff on the cage, he made it a little tougher on himself to get that taken than he should have. Again, I've seen the video. I've seen the knee. I don't think it was on purpose. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was just about to I ask do, you about that. Do you think it was a low I, blow? But I, yeah, it looked like one. Yeah. I mean, I haven't, you know, zoomed it in and sure. slowed it down and, cr and crawled through the frames. But, <laughs> you know, just from the outside, the reaction that yeah. Jamie gave did help the takedown. Um, and, and, the posi the positioning on the ground too it took him a it took him a long time um to finish a choke that he had the correct position on almost the entire time but it, like he finished that choke with a like with the wrong technique on a guy that has a jiu-jitsu black belt right. so like there's some negatives there but there's also a lot of positives to, to that same statement so it, he just you, you could tell he's just working it out you know like trying to figure it out at, like at game time speed which i give him a lot of credit for but there's some fairly easy adjustments in those in the positioning and the submission finish that we should have made that like it should only have taken a few seconds once he got his hands together. So I'm happy you brought that up, and and I rarely get into the technical stuff. Obviously, love it, but that's not my my domain. But I was just curious about that finish, and I wanted to ask you about it because they were even talking about it on the broadcast. It seemed like what he needed to do was kind of like level his his chest to the mat, and it was there for the taking, mm -hmm. and yet he wasn't doing that. Why do you think he wasn't? Was that just a lack of knowledge or like, I mean, it's impressive because it showed his strength, but it felt like it could have right. ended a lot sooner, right? Had he just done that? Yeah, it could have. He should have finished that way faster than he did. Anytime you get a submission locked in, specifically a choke. Yeah. The the amount of time, as long as it's incorrectly um, or applied correctly, it should only take a few seconds before they either tap or they fall asleep. Right. It, I mean, that's how chokes are. It should only be like a solid two sure. or three count, and you should either have a submission one way or the other. Um, I think that as a dominant wrestler, uh, your your reaction and your comfortable place to be is completely attached oh, to your opponent. Okay. So he even stepped back into like like a half guard or 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 kind of a weird position because once your once your bodies are just to make it a little bit easier, like you want to be teed up like this and chest down. But he kept pulling his body back down to Jamie Pickett's because that's comfortable to him, and that's how he's he, he's able to connect your like by me connecting my body to yours, I can feel everything, so I, I can control where you're moving, and and I can use my body to stop the lower half by moving while I'm attacking the upper half. But it, uh, on that specific finish, it's tougher. You have to you actually have to tee your body up and get your body away from them, um, which makes the finish come faster. But like, listen. Jamie Pickett wasn't going anywhere until Bo Nickel figured it out game time speed, right, 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 right. Um, which is which says a lot about his physicality and just his control. So, um, but I think he goes back to the gym on Monday and and or Tuesday or whatever he goes back and uh, they fix that really quickly. One last, but thing there's on. a lot of stuff like that he doesn't know. Sure, you know yeah, of I mean? course. I mean, he's just four and zero and just started mm -hmm. like a year ago. It's incredible. One last thing on two eighty five: Can Cody Garbrandt turn this around, or? Is he like is he who he is right now? Like, can, can he actually go on a run here, or based on what you saw on Saturday and as of late, there's now a ceiling. I think if it, what we want is the Cody Garbrandt Cody Garbrandt fights of old, yeah, and no more of those are, are happening. Yeah. Not if he's going to continue to win. If he's going to continue to win and, and be successful, those are the kind of performances 
as you're gonna see. He has yeah. to stay out of the fire. And yeah. and and he I was really happy to see him acknowledge that. It's also very unfair to Cody for us to to just destroy him for who he is, you know, like in him getting you know, getting him getting knocked out four four times in a row brutally, and then say you need to retire. He can't take the damage. His chin is gone, and then he comes out, fights a really smart game plan, and then everyone trashes on for fighting boring. Like you can't have it both ways. He either has to fight the way he has to fight to win, or he's going to get knocked out because he hasn't shown the ability to absorb the damage. I love the way he fought. I, I thought that that was the so perfect do, so way to I. fight. It's it maybe not the most uh, fan friendly way. The to end fight. of it, you know, the end yeah. of it was a little he got a little sloppy there. But I mean, that's the end of the fight, and he knew he was up. So, um, I think he'll take a lot from that. He kind of took his foot off the gas, and it cost him there in the, at the end. Um, I, I thought the way he fought was was magical. He looked he he definitely separated himself from the pack as far as his skill set goes. Who's the best light heavyweight in the world? <laughs> Anthony Smith. I love it. I love it. All right, fair enough. Excluding yourself? Um I would probably I would probably say Alexander Rakic, being what? honest. Wow. Okay, so you gave me two curveballs here because to me the debate is you know, with all due respect, it's Yuri and and uh and Jamal Hill just based off the fact that, you know, he had the belt vacated now. And I said it's Yuri after the Jamal Hill fight. And I think he didn't like that, and I think his fans didn't like that. But my opinion is, until he loses, of course, if he's out for three years, it's different. But like the guy just fought right. not that long ago. I think it's a little unfair just to say that they... Because let's be honest, Glover versus Jamal Hill wasn't a title fight that was scheduled. It's a fight that they made as a result of the Yuri entry and then as a result of the Jan Magomed um, draw. Jamal right. Hill was supposed right. to fight you in a couple of weeks, you mm -hmm. know? Like, so all of a sudden, right. just because he beats Glover, he's the the number one in the world. I don't think that's fair. Um, so I'm wondering. Well, I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to even Jamal. I, he's he needs some time to continue to do what he's doing. Uh, he just he hasn't had the opportunity to show his his well rounded ability. I'm not saying that he doesn't have it. Obviously, people are going to say that because I trained with Jamal and and I've worked with him and and whatever. But like he in his competitions, he hasn't he hasn't shown. His willingness to to go to other areas, you know what I mean. He's it, he, he's great at what he's great at, and everybody knows that. So, you know, I, I guess I in my own mind, I excluded myself and Jamal because people know how I feel about Jamal. So. Okay, that's fair. So, so, so you think, but if it's a two horse race, Yuri and Jamal, you say Jamal is number one. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, between Yuri and Jamal, I think Yuri is the better fighter, or oh. I think Jamal's the better fighter. Yep, yep, got it. Um, yeah. and and Rakic number one. Interesting. Yeah, he's tough to deal with. Yeah, yeah he's tough to deal with. Wow, you think he comes back and uh, and is right there in the mix? Yeah, I'll be shocked if this big ass makes it back down to two hundred five. The last time I seen him, he was like two fifty, jacked really? with six pack. Yeah. Wow, in person or, or yeah. a photo of him? In person, in person. Two hundred five is fascinating right now, right? Because it feels like it's yeah. just like one big like mishmash of guys. You're returning yeah. against uh, Johnny Walker May thirteenth. By the way, is there a location attached to that yet? No, it's I've had three of them so far, so I keep uh, thinking I know it, and then they change it. So no, no apex idea. though, or is that possible? No, yes. no, it's no apex. Wow, it's, it, it's it changed again for me yesterday. So we'll see. Okay, but but definitely no apex as of right now. Definitely no apex. As of right now, it's no apex. Are you happy fans. about that? Super happy about that. I love that. Yeah, enough of the apex nonsense. I mean, I know yeah, you yeah. guys love all the UFC brought. You guys all love it because it's so like convenient. It is. It's like a home game. <laughs> I know, but it's so bad on TV. It's so freaking bad. Um, well, that's exciting. And and how do you like the matchup? Were you happy with it? Obviously, 
I would imagine you wanted the Jamal Hill fight, right? Yeah, I mean, I want a title fight. Yeah, you know, anytime I can get the opportunity, I think it's it's less about Jamal; it's more about the title. But of course, um, yeah, yeah, it's whatever. I don't, I don't mind the matchup. Were you impressed with him, or as of late, have you been impressed with what Johnny has been doing? No, you know, he, I mean, he, he's. I've everything that I've been impressed with him. I still am impressed by. He's, he's a fantastic athlete. He's explosive. He's really, really big. Um, I think he's learning some new skills and I think that it's helping him a little bit. I think sometimes it hurts him, but um, overall he's, he's kind of the same guy he's been for a while. Really? You, you don't see any difference. Cause that's been the top. Oh, he's figured it out. He's on this winning streak. Uh, he's, he's figured out how to stick to a game plan. Right. For sure. Yeah. His, his approach and his, uh, his application has gotten better for sure. But I, I, it's, I think his skill set is still the same. Okay. And uh, were you ever in talks for the Jamal Hill title fight? No, because Jamal was got some like things he was taking care of anyway. So I knew Jamal. I knew Jamal wasn't going to be fighting for a while. Okay, so you think they'll go with Jamal and Yuri? Yeah, as long as Yuri is ready. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think he deserves that. What about as you? As soon as he's ready to, I think as soon as he's ready to fight, I think he should he should slide right into a title fight. And and what about you? Like, if you beat Johnny Walker, are you getting the winner? I think if Yuri's not ready, yeah, yeah, I think. Oh so. no, just the winner I, I think of that if fight. Yuri, if let's say you beat Johnny Walker and in and end of summer, Yuri told us he's hoping to return around August. Who knows if that happens? But let's say they fight. Like, would you get mm-hmm. the winner of Yuri and Jamal? I I would hope so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would hope so. I think that I would be the only one in the top five coming off a win. Sure, that would be good. Have they told you mm-hmm. that? That would be. No, no, I I try not to look too far ahead. That's gotten me in trouble at times before. So yeah. I just just focused on Johnny Walker wholly. Yeah, and it, it, would it be weird for you to fight Jamal at this point since you have a relationship, or not really? It's not like you're the best of friends. No, no. I mean, we're I mean, we're tight. Okay. You know, like I, you know, I Facetimed him with my team here in Omaha uh, a couple of days ago while he was getting his haircut. We're just chit chatting. So, I mean, we still we still talk, but we both know we knew what it was going into it. Sure. You know, like we, uh, I think in life in general, Ariel, if you manage your expectations, um, then there's no surprises. You don't have to worry about weirdness or or. or stupid things popping up like we expect to fight and we expected to fight before he was the champion so whether whether he's the champion or not the champion neither one of us are going to end our careers without fighting each other and that's just just how it is we're too close in the ranking so um yeah it is what it is and i and i think that he learns so fast and he's such a sponge he'll be a different person by the time we do fight so it's not like you know i think i think it'll be a totally different jamal hill by the time we do fight i would love to see it um by the way could i ask uh i know it's been a few months or a couple months or a couple weeks few weeks mm-hmm. uh, what happened with the weigh-ins in uh in brazil I, I i'd love to tell you it's it's i mean it's a fairly simple story but the problem is is every time everyone always gets mad when you don't give a give a reason for what you did or, or something that happened right they're like well you won't even give us a reason we don't even deserve a reason and they get all upset because you won't say anything the second you give the reason it immediately becomes you're an excuse maker ah so you can't you can't win so i'd love to tell you but uh, and it would make a lot of sense. You'd be like, "Oh, okay, holy shit, that makes a lot of sense." But, it but I'm asking you. Is, so uh, it's, I feel like an excuse is if like you bring it up voluntarily. But I'm asking you what happened, and so you could say, "Yes, your response would be an excuse." But that's just the answer to the question. Yeah, I mean, I was just, I was really sick. Oh, like, really, really, really. That's sick. a very good reason. Um, Not an excuse. It's a reason. I was, I was in the low. The week before, I was in the low 220s. It was like 221. I was like waking up at 221, which is lower than I typically am. Um, 
that Friday, I flew home from Denver. I was leaving on Tuesday. It was really sick Friday. Um, Saturday, I went to the doctor, really bad sinus infection, and I had the flu. So uh -huh. they give me all the meds. Um, I get the steroid pack, uh, the antibiotics for the sinus infection. I'm supposed to leave Wednesday. Tuesday, uh, because of the meds and just being sick, I ballooned to like 235, 234. Uh. So, you know, we did all we could to get the weight off. Um, I landed in Brazil at like 228. So from Wednesday to Friday morning, I cut from 228 to 206. How, how frustrating was that whole week for you? That must have been hell. Feeling sick, yeah, trying to cut weight? Yeah, it was miserable. It was and miserable. The, and, and you're there as the backup. They didn't pay you? I mean, uh, it, it, I, I wasn't unhappy. When okay, I all right, fine. Okay, so they did right by yeah. you. I'm happy. Of course. Okay. Of course. All right, because I was afraid. That was. I mean, that's your that's your your role that weekend, and so I was afraid mm -hmm. that it would be yeah, all I, for nothing. I felt terrible about it too. Like I, I was I was crushed because. It, but sometimes that you know that shit happens, and I'm really critical of people that miss weight. That's your job. You got to make weight. Yeah. Um. If I was if I was a tougher guy or 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 mentally, you know, I didn't have such an ego. I probably would have called and just said, Hey, I'm really sick. I can't make it. They're going to have to just go without a backup. But um, again, we've had this conversation. I would have had to say I couldn't do it. And I just can't say that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm happy it all worked out. And, and then you get the big fight against Johnny Walker. So it's all good. Um, you're mm -hmm. doing great things. I'm very happy for you. Um, I love the idea of the round table. I'm just joking. I'm just going back to that. <laughs> just... <laughs> no, no, not the idea, Ariel. The execution. No, I just, yes, I, lay, I love the execution. Uh, you and Mike are doing big things. Uh, I enjoy I enjoy the chemistry. Who would have thought you and Mike together? Huh? When are you coming on our show? You guys don't. Can I be on? By the way, your your Zoom actually says the name of the guy behind the scenes, which is funny. I don't know. Or is that is that uh, no? That's and for you. I thought it was Aunt Devons who helps yeah, that's Mike. Me. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, yeah. You know? Can I tell you something? Can I shoot with you for hmm. a second? I think yeah. I, I think Bisping doesn't like me anymore. He doesn't invite me on. Doesn't talk to me. Doesn't return my texts. It's really? Weird. Yeah. We used to be like so tight. No, we always get so ex we always get so excited when you talk about our show. I try I try to show you guys so much love. I always say it's yeah, a great you plug, show. You plug us a lot. Yes. Yeah. And uh, no, I get he's never I said get nothing back. No, I get nothing back. No, never. I'm uh, very sensitive. Well, we're gonna have you on. We're gonna talk about it. I f I feel like I'm one. Of, you know, like I'm. We got Stepe today. Oh, you did. Oh, I got him too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course you do. That's right. Of course. Yeah, well, First, that's an easy get. Yeah, right before us too. That's an easy get. Have you it's done it yet? An easy get. Yeah. No, no, it's here in a couple hours. Oh, okay. Steve, you know, the guys in the back were telling me that uh, Steve is a tough interview, but I feel like with people like you, with Weidman, he opens up a little more. Yeah. Yeah, because he trusts us. <laughs> I think he's had some people. What are you talking about? He doesn't I think trust had, me? I don't know. I don't know how the interview went. I haven't watched it, but um, I think that he's been, you know, I call it getting mediated. I think he's gotten mediated a bunch of times and he doesn't trust the media very much. Um, I think they ask, I don't know. I think that he, he just always feels like there's an ulterior motive to some of their questions and he knows that Weidman and I aren't going to walk him into a trap. No, no. I, n neither would I, by the way. Was it good though? I mean, it was a fairly standard Stipe interview. He doesn't give you much. Really? But I appreciate his presence. I'm happy. I, I know what I'm yeah, getting out of it. Yeah. I I know. But that, even me, he's hard to get. Yeah, that's the that's the problem. Once I get him on, he's great. It's just getting him on is the problem. That's right. He's a guy's guy because but, he he lives he lives no fighting outside of I actually know. fighting. I know it's unbelievable. <laughs> like at all, at all. I asked him about uh, John's last few fights, and he's like, "Yeah, I didn't see them." I'm like, "All right." No, he's not lying either. No, I know. I believe him. Yeah, but, he doesn't watch fighting. He does. Yeah. When are we going to see you do a uh, 
a color commentary thing, like, you know, like, like in the booth, not desk. When are we going to see that? I feel like you'd be really good at that. I think when there's a, a position open, I think that's what it comes down to. There's, they all do, they all just do such a good job. Yeah. I don't think that I don't, there's not really anywhere for me to slide in. You know, and I think me going in, I'd have to take someone's position and then there's no one They're They're all so good. Right. I think when we start traveling internationally more often, yeah, I think that some of those guys will want to break. You know, I don't think they're like, you ain't getting DC to start traveling internationally full time. No. We all know that. No. Um, and Rogan doesn't really travel internationally that much. No. Um, so I think once it's more consistent, we start doing it a couple times a month. I think some of those opportunities will open up. Okay. Uh, what are you more excited for? Last thing, um, Marab Dewalishvili versus Piotr Jan or the uh, the slap league finals this weekend? You're just trying to get me canceled. What canceled? You're a fan. Be proud. You're, what, how, you're a fan of slap people, league. I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah, so people why? hate it. They hate it, Ariel. <laughs> why they would I get you canceled? I, I've never been roasted for more, for more, than, or like for more things than slap fighting. My DMs are filling up. Out, like my, my Twitter mentions are exploding right now, I guarantee it. Just you, for me saying you that. Said, I don't, you I don't said, know why people are so shocked about it. You said something to me in private, but I wouldn't say... Um, I, I would. You said something to me that blew me away. You know what I'm talking about regarding this? Which part? Give me a hint. Well, it's about slap fighting in general. You told me something, and I was blown away. And that's why I brought this up, because I, I wasn't trying to get you canceled. I was trying to get the fan out in you. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Fuck. Should have talked about this before. Which part? Well, no, I'm just going to go for it. You're not going to be mad. You told me that you're... before, And actually, it speaks to your comment that I know some people got all riled up. Who cares? You like what you like. You told me when all this started, that you are such a big fan of this sport that like you buy the pay-per-views, right? Like you, you, you are. Yes. <laughs> yes. Dude. Like, oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Before the slap league was a thing, before yes. Dana White created this slap fighting thing, I was already buying internet pay-per-views. Yes. And, like if you dig deep enough in the interwebs, you're going to find flyers for like underground slap fighting leagues with special guest appearance, Anthony Smith on there in Branson, Missouri with no fans. Like this is before Dana White ever even yes. said the word slap fight league. Like I already liked this stuff. It was already like a thing that me and my friends did way before slap fighting was it? like, there was guys at that pilot event and people that they were trying to sign that I already knew. <laughs> like I already knew those guys. So like the research wasn't very hard for me to do the pilot. I, I mean, I couldn't have been. I would have done the pilot for free. I'd do this whole season for free. But by the just way, enjoy do, it. Do you, do you do you call the events? No, no. I did the pilot event, and why then don't you? I you're like I, a legitimate fan. Because well, Bisbing's better at it than I am. He, oh come on! Like I'm, a, I'm more of an I'm an analytical mind, and I'm kind of that's my lane, right? Um, Bisbing is a very good analyst. He he breaks things down really well, but he also what he does better than I do by far is getting people excited. Um, and I think that's more of a skill set needed for slap fighting because there's not a lot of analysis and breakdowns thing, you know, going on. Um, but he gets you excited about shit you wouldn't typically be excited about. He's a fantastic promoter. Right. Are are you? Uh, are and you I don't like, do that good of a job there. So you, you like you watched it every week. You're legitimately excited for the oh yeah final oh yeah. I can't wait. And have you? I'm ever... just so shocked that people are mad that I'm mad that are like mad. Yeah, that who I gives like a crap? Like, I couldn't care less. I mean, I've been, like what you've been like. supporting myself by punching other men in the face for money since I was 17 years old, my entire adult life. And you, you're shocked that I enjoy watching one man slap the shit out of another one. Like that thinks I think that says more about other people than it does about me. Have you ever tried it? No, I would never do that shit. Ever. Why? It's just, it's just not me. 
It's not you, <laughs> it's, but you love it. No, they're, they're different, man. These guys are, are wired differently. There's, there's no way I could do that. Who, who's the John Jones of slap fighting? He's not even in the slap fight league. But like, what's his name? Uh, it's they're not real names. Like, who's the goat? Like, they don't. Like, who's the man? Who's the guy? Who's the greatest? It's of all a time? it's a heavyweight that's signed with that league in Missouri. I don't want to. I don't know. Oh, I can't do you this. don't. It's oh, a, okay. It's a, it's a heavyweight know. that's signed in that league in Missouri. There's an so there's another league in Missouri that has big names. It's not just one. Like, oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Oh yeah. And you're a fan. Like you follow this. There's is there like a whole whatever world? Hunter and Dana need to do to go get a couple of those guys. They need to go. Wow. They're that and good. And they tried. They're that they good. They tried, yeah. Hunter really? and Dana have tried, and, and they're in contracts. They can't, they they want to, they can't. Yeah, I bet they want to. I mean, what a difference. Yeah. Is there like, is there like, a, is there like podcasts and stuff? Is there like an MMA hour for slap fighting? Is there like a whole world that we don't <laughs> would, know about? I wouldn't say it takes an hour, but. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, a, it's a whole, it's its own little, it's its own finger of business there, Ariel. And you love it. I love it. You can't it's get It's just a, different. So it's what, a it's the wow factor. You know how hard it is. I've been in this sport for yeah. sixteen or seventeen years. Like you know how hard it is to for me to to like get that feeling of oh holy shit. Like I've just been in so many fights. I've seen so many fights. I've, the last time I had any reaction that made me feel like I was watching every single slap fighting uh, card they have is like when Masvidal knocked out Ben Askren. Right. That was the last time I remember feeling like truly shocked and excited. You must have been super pumped when your promoter, your boss, essentially is. Getting involved in this world, you're you're like a yeah. closet fan of. Yeah, I, I feel. Were you yeah. a closet fan? If they, that... I, if they, yeah, I think I would. Okay. I would say I was a closeted <laughs> fan. Um, if they if they were to ask me to just be like one of the security guys that catch them as they fall, I would do that. Oh my god! What a miss yeah. not using you in all this. You legitimately love it. I love it. Yeah. Are you going to the finale? No, no, I'm in training camp. Oh, well, you were just. Yeah. I mean, if they asked me to work it, I mean, I'd have to go, sure. you know, for my job. What are you more excited for? The finale or like 285? Like, what would you be more excited to work if they offered it to The you? finale. Wow. The finale. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. For sure. That Without is, a question. Wow. Yeah. I appreciate that. I like people who have quirky interests. Yeah, it's just different. It's different. It's I like bare knuckle too. Like, I, it's like weird shit. Wow. You like, what do you think about Eddie Alvarez and Rockhold going there? I think it's amazing. Crazy, it's right? Both those guys. I, yeah, I like it. I like it. What a time in combat sports. It's also like nothing I could ever do, but... Uh, Why not? I don't think my hands would hold up. Really? I just had too many hand surgeries, yeah. The doctors say they can probably only fix each one, maybe one more time, so... How many have you had on each? Three. Three each? Six Three. total? Yeah, yeah. Damn. But you watch those yeah. also? You buy, you buy the pay-per-views? All of them. Man. I'm a BKFC subscriber, dude. What? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Anthony Smith, I love this side of you. Yeah, I love it. I this love is it. great. Well, this has been fun. I watch I watch the UFC and then really just a bunch of other weird shit. I don't really watch too many other organizations. Is there any other weird shit that we should know about? I don't think so. I think that's that's it really. Arm wrestling? No, not really. A little bit. No. Only like the real freaky ones. What do you mean the freaky I watch ones? Watch like per I watch professional jiu-jitsu, obviously, but that's obviously yeah. a bunch of freak shows, too. Right. Do you watch, like, the influencer boxing stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, it's got to Jake... be a freak show, though. Yeah. It's got to be different. Did you yeah. see there was a tag team match this weekend? Did you see that? There's people in Russia that fight, like, 100 on 100. Yeah, like, that's MMA crazy. Rules, like, in a field. You like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, when's, the, when's the new episode of uh, BYM out? Tonight. 
you come out Monday nights. Monday nights, yeah. You don't it's a dare. Lot. I premiere Ariel. We're kind of fancy. Yeah, you you don't dare go head to head with me. That would be crazy. Well, no, we're just giving you an opportunity. You got to have a place here too. That's right. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Go check it out. I will as well. I enjoy the show very much. Great stuff. Thank you for doing this, Anthony. And uh, good luck. If we don't speak before, hopefully we do. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe you're going to start charging me for these appearances. If not, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, All you luck. do is reach out, Ariel. I've never told you no. I know. You're the man. I appreciate that very much. Good luck in training, my All man. Right. Thank you. Take care, brother. All right. There he is, Anthony Smith. What a guy. Great guy. Met him. Actually met him. Enjoyed talking to him very much. And nice. He, you like that? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> and he's a great guy. He's a great guy. He's an absolute great guy. What about that, huh? Big slap fan. They exist. It makes sense. Why? Well, because, like, you know, I work in the music industry, and so I just listen to noise. Like, that's what gets my heart going. Yeah. So it's probably, you know, he's, like, fighting this, fighting that. I just want to see some slapping. Why not? Listen, it doesn't have... It, it, just because it's not my cup of tea or your cup of tea doesn't mean... That's the one thing that I think that's really weird, especially about the internet these days. We we all want everyone to be the same, right? Ah, oh, you're the you, oh, you 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 you're on this side of the fence when it comes to politics. You're on this side of the fence when it comes to the, no, not everyone. Did you see this thing yesterday? I'm on the plane, Frank, and I happen to my my daughter is is sleeping right next to me. I'm in the middle seat. I open the window thingy, the shade thingy, uh-huh. and I see the most amazing sunset. Yeah, I saw the picture you posted. Yeah, it wasn't a picture. Thanks a lot for watching it. It was a clip. It was a thirty-second clip. Oh, my internet was crapping out. As we're descending, it was, it was, it was breathtaking. I got killed. Transcendental, you think? I don't know what it was. It was just amazing. Here I am, just floating on top of clouds, and the sun is setting. The clouds look fake, and I was just blown. I was having a moment, and I got killed for it. Wait, they they didn't receive that well. Oh my god, they're like, oh, nice clouds. Never seen a cloud before. Never flown wow, before. I should have stayed on that thread a oh, little longer. Go, go yeah. check it out. Oh, nice engine, buddy. I'm like, geez, Louise. I feel I mean, sorry for you no, guys. No joke. Like I saw that. And I was like, damn, it feels good to work with somebody who appreciates things like this. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Then you know what happened? I didn't share this part, but I was rattled. Never seen this before. Never experienced this before. Legit. Plane is descending. Let's say this is the runway, right? This, thank you for the model. Yeah. Yeah. This is the runway. This is our plane. Like, we cannot be closer to the runway, okay? <laughs> runway, run, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Up. It's about to hit. And then all of a sudden we go, like, we're taking off. Right, a go around. No, this was crazy. So I'm trying to freak out. Wife's freaking out. Trying not to freak out in front of the kids. But everyone's like, what the hell's going on? I was, th- like, my mind started going in the worst place. Like, is the plane hijacked at this point? They're running the back. No, you know what happened? They come back and they say... There was another plane that was too close. Right. What the hell? I mean, look, man, it's, you know. They're about to land and there's a plane that's too close? Yeah. So they did the right thing, they avoided it. Oh, by the way, it was one of the all-time great jobs by a pilot. I mean, we we were like this close. I, I I was like unbuckling. And then all of a sudden, it's 45 minutes. We did the whole tour, come back. I was so grateful to the pilots. Oh, thank you so much. I'm actually surprised that we don't hear more of that stuff. With Same all idea. Pilot gets bored, you know, fly in, fly out every day. What if I make something a little bit more exciting? My God. Like, like Anthony Smith. I was so, uh, I was rattled. I was rattled. And then I thought, is it because I tweeted the video while on the plane like was i jinxing myself so I no, said, I'm never doing no, that ever no. again never doing that now again. you have to do it every time we want to see you when you're traveling oh, thank you for that frank gosh i was rattled i gotta tell you 
Didn't know well, if I'm I'd glad be that here the family's here today. safely. That's what's in, that's what matters. Who would have hosted the show? Honestly, probably me. Mm. I agree. That's what I would have said too. Um, all right, let me uh, do these ad reads here, and then we'll uh, recap the weekend that was as far as the bets are concerned. Still to come, Bo Nickel. Don't go anywhere. All right, everyone, don't go everywhere. Don't go anywhere. I mean, um, all right. Let's talk to the boys. Gentlemen, how did we do on Saturday? How did the Parlay Pals... And by the way, first time I seen New York Rick with the new camera. Yeah, well, you different? saw him earlier. Yeah, I know. You saw me earlier. Yeah, it's different. You think I could see what's in front of me here? I can barely see oh, what's on my computer oh. screen. This, I see. This yeah, is big great. time. It looks great. He's, like, he's filling out the headroom fantastically. Filling it out fantastically. Also, can I just say, I definitely feel like your camera, both of your cameras, are better than mine. Yeah, they I are. think the subject has a lot to do I mean, with that. You know? What does that mean? Nothing. Okay. Um, when you're talent, you're talent. Yeah. How do you I mean, feel, you just, by the way? Still feeling a little bit under the weather? He's or great. What? He looks I'm, great. I'm on the other side of it, for sure. I hear it in the voice, though. Yeah. Yeah, you can I hear it, it in the voice. Uh, I mean, he was, when we did No Bets Bard last week, he was <laughs> deathly ill. Uh, oh my, yeah. It was just a podcast, but I mean, I'm talking the entire room was dark. It was black. After we talked about three or four fights, I mean, he went dead silent. You could just see him zoning out. I mean, I thought he was going to keel over. During the podcast, the light the light hurt my eyes oh, bad. Yeah. I had to keep it dark. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bad, bad sinus infection. Really? Was it a sinus infection? Yeah. Wow. Second time we hear. I it mean, all. you can hear it. I'm still. Yeah, you're still battling it. My face still hurts, and it's still. Damn. I mean, yeah. look at that camera. I can't wait for them for the New York Rick YouTube channel monologues to come. Oh, after it's gonna be great. Big fight cards. We'll do it. it looks great. Hey, what's up, fight fans? New York Rick's takes. New York Rick's here. <laughs> Smash that subscribe button. Yeah. Make sure you go ahead and like that. Share it with your friends. The 24-hour live stream coming up. Um, all right. By the way, what about uh, degenerate Anthony Smith? I lo- that's literally what Rick said. He was like, well, God, I love how much of a fight degenerate he is. Yeah, like, sure. He's like, BKFC subscriber. Yes. I love it. He's got the app on his iPad. What a miss. I'm- I'm convinced that him and Caposa are the only two who dig up these like odd, random events that nobody's ever Does heard Caposa of. Does Caposa like slap fighting as well? That I don't know. I don't think so. I wonder. I don't know. But Caposa likes everything. I mean, but be... every other version of MMA or fighting. Yes. Every single MMA organization, too. It'll be 8.15 on a Sunday morning, and he's like, big knockout in BEFC. I feel like it's a miss. Not using Anthony on these broadcasts, but yeah, I mean, he, he clearly loves it. cares about yes. it. Like it's legit. Can't I mean, use him to break it down to some. I mean, God, there's got to be a role for him. I mean, he at least has to be the talent scout for the next season. Like, or that, yeah. I mean, he's deep in the in the Missouri slap league. Yeah. Casey, Casey chimes in. No, Caposa hates slap fighting. There you go. Mm-hmm. So he um, seems to be like the rest and apparently of there's uh, two or three more seasons to go. There's a lot of uh, activity, so who knows? Um, all right, guys, uh, how do we do? GC, we let lost. us know. We, we okay, know. we lost. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What happened? What happened? What happened? Uh, Alexa Grasso took Valentina Shevchenko's mm. back and choked her out in the fourth round and Alexa. ended the parlay's pal, which is uh, kicks Rick wow. out of the parlay pal. So again, uh, for UFC Las Vegas, it'll just be us three. Wow. Yeah. Oh God. Is there anything more annoying than this, this whole thing? No. Listen, I think this is a huge win for us. Why? I, I, because 
this is UFC Las Vegas. Yes. Time to drop hashtag UFC Vegas 71. No, they're going to go back the to that. One is gonna be. They're a thousand percent going back to that. Listen, I think it's going to get mumbles in the streets, uh, rumbles in the streets. Why is it not just UFC Apex 71? You, you think we're going to win? We, we can pull back the clips. I mean, we started going to the Apex. I mean, this has yeah. been months and months now uh, of saying UFC Apex, whatever number it is. I think this is a big win for us. I, Worst I, mistake the UFC made was making it UFC Las Vegas. Couldn't agree I, more. I think I deserve more of a lashing here. I think I deserve to eat a little more crow. Okay, go um, ahead. I mean, really? It was a great pick. Yeah. yeah, just... Oh, on the Valentina thing. No. Oh, the, yeah, I mean, minus 800. Got the, finished. The, the value wasn't there. The value wasn't there. It was a misstep. Um, In, a string of bad picks from me. Could have had Shavkov for minus yeah. 100. That's all I can say. Well... You know, I was more confident in Val than Shavkov, if I'm being honest. Hindsight's Shavkov, always 20 being honest. Hindsight is always um, 20 But yeah, no, when you when you mess up a, a, a fight, and especially a big favorite, like you, you should have some egg in your face, and I do. And uh, Alexa Grasso deserves a, a It's sh- been a weird stretch. Hell of credit. There's been a lot of big upsets. Yeah. Oh, for me? Yeah, yeah, for yeah, just, bells, yeah we're, we're up and we're down lately. Yeah, I'm just picking like like Kaka. I'm, I'm having a bad run right now. And by the way, for those that may be confused, the Piotr Jan Marabdualishvili fight is going down this Saturday in Las Vegas, but it's at the Theater at Virgin Hotels, which I believe used to be the Hard Rock, or is it the Palms? I think it's the Hard Rock. I think you're right. Um, now I'm now I'm second guessing. Virgin Hotel, Las Vegas used to be. The you hard ask rock. questions yeah. to people yeah. like that, or the Hard Rock. Um, uh, great, great venue. There's been some great fights there mm-hmm. back in the day. Uh, so I'm happy. By the way, you know what I heard? I heard that the reason why they moved it from the Apex to this venue is so that the slap final could be at the Apex. Seriously? Yes. Wow. I mean, that kind of makes sense. Isn't that amazing? That it actually turned into a better situation because they moved the UFC yeah. fight to a venue with fans so that the slap final could go to the Apex. And by the way... The apex is where things like that should yeah, happen. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, contender series tough. That yep. type of stuff. Yep. You want to get into jujitsu. You want to do that type of stuff. Great. It just shouldn't be for UFC events. Period. Yeah, that's it all. Makes sense. That's all. Um, all right. How uh, how did you do the rest of the night, GC? Yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, singles again, like start the night nice, man. It it felt like I mean going into Going into the fourth round of the Chev- of the Shevchenko fight, I was like, "Oh man, this is this is going to be a big night." You know, I I got Valentina finishing all these parlays. I did make sure to hedge on Grasso. Tweeted that out. Uh, a couple of people told me that that helped them out because they hedged as well. Felt like it was just too obvious with how many parlays I had uh, with Shevchenko finishing them plus six fifty. It was a no brainer um, parlays, as you can see here. I mean. It was looking like we might go 6-0 and on parlays when we were entering the fourth round of Shevchenko-Grasso, and we end up going 2-4 and four because, obviously, Shevchenko gets finished, and the Jones-Gone fight gets finished in the first round. That, that might have been the most shocking part for me. I, I thought that was for sure going to go longer. Two heavyweights that just didn't have, like, huge finishing acumen of late. So, uh, yeah, paid there in total. The struggle of 2023. Continues down 6.79 units on the year, 2.33 last week. All time though, we're still up over 70 units. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the 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 year reset just makes it hurt more. Uh, I guess you know we'll, we'll say like officially starting to really affect the confidence. You know, as I as I make bets, I'm like uh, you know I'm trying to be as sure as possible. But 
uh, yeah, just can't can't have that one week where we break out. Hopefully, it's coming soon. Uh, update on the MMA Hour Verdict League. You're starting to second guess yourself. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, we're two months in now, and I'm still down units. It 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 feels like this is the coldest streak we've been on uh, since we started on the show. Uh, but hopefully, it comes to an end soon. UFC Vegas. That's where we start, right? Uh, no, Las Vegas. Yes, UFC Las Vegas. <laughs> good call. Yes. Good call. Am I going to go to the the well again and trust Piotr Jan at big uh, big minus oh, money? Oh my god, what is we, he at? What is he at right now? Minus two hundred something. Uh, that has cost me many times in the past. Wow. Uh, update on the MMA Hour League. Yes. In uh, verdict, Justin B one sixteen takes the lead. Uh, Cerulean Big falls to third, and then got to get into the big hitters. Have to do it this week after such a big pay per view card. I like the verdict guys, but I saw that they're doing this thing where they're rounding up all the news on their uh, website, and I didn't see any credit to anyone, including us. We got to clean that up, boys. All right, we're gonna give you the free plugs on this show. We got to clean that up. All right. I mean, I'm looking at the last one here. The top three things are things that happened on the show last week, and there's no sourcing whatsoever. That Real talk, good. though, right? I mean, we do we do give them quite a yeah. I mean, like geez. quite a bit of free pub. Yeah, uh, why? I'm not sure, know. but I like them. But I, you know, I like the app. I'm a fan of the app. Yeah, That's right. what I'll say. a little sourcing goes a long way. All right, all right. There's only one place to go here this week, Ariel. I didn't do the normal tweet, you know, try and get some slips. I, I, you know, a lot of people sent slips to me unsolicited. Congratulations to them. There were some fantastic bets made this weekend. Uh, but there was only one place to go. I mean, this is... This is nuts. Nuts is is heavily understating this. I don't know how to describe what this is. Plus 39,947,171. Andrew Collins, AC the Hulk, turns $1 into 399,472. Six picks. I'll tell you how it's possible, Ariel. Six picks. Six quick picks. Drikas Duplessis to win by KO in round two. Shout out to uh, Derek Brunson's corner. I feel like they should get a, a little bit of this payout for the towel throwing. Cody Garbrandt to win by decision. Bone Nickel to win by submission in round one. Shavkat Rachmanov to win by submission in round three. Alexa Grasso to win by submission in round four. John Jones to win by submission. I mean, this feels like divine intervention. I mean, it's just the Alexa Grasso to win by submission in round four. I mean, this is just, it's unbelievable. I've I've truly never seen anything like it. He he literally hit a lottery ticket, uh, and he wasn't done there. Because he also hit a... Plus seven million two hundred sixty-three thousand and forty five pick parlay. Everything I just listed taking off John Jones by submission. So going into that main event, he was he had already turned one dollar into seventy-two thousand six hundred and thirty-one, and then he was like, "Okay, well, if John Jones wins by submission here, I get another four hundred thousand." Uh, I mean, just unbelievable stuff. Never seen anything like that, and because of this, AC the Hulk. This has now become the Andrew Collins Big Hitters of the Week. Wow. Uh, You're renaming it? We're renaming Holy it after shit. him. It's it's a it's a hall of immortality news. here. I You're mean, immortalizing him. How can you not? How can you not immortalize someone that hit a plus 39,947,171 six-pick parlay? I mean, he can pay off his house off of a $1 bet. Unbelievable. 
No, you're right. I think that's apropos. Yeah. Unbelievable. I think that's the craziest bet I've ever seen in, in real life. DraftKings has confirmed it. Reached out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They confirmed that these are real. Wow. Obviously, taxes came out, but I think he ended up netting $2 into about 350 k post-taxes. That is amazing. Unbelievable. Shout out to him. AC the Hulk. Andrew Collins. AC the Hulk. Has he ever made it on uh, Big Hitters before? Uh, he made it one other time when we forgot to do it, and I just had to tweet it out. Oh. So, I mean, this is just really wow. giving him his due here. Now so, it's named after him. Yeah, you know what the funniest thing is? Is that the last time that he was supposed to get on, it was because he bet Aloxa Grasso by submission against Joanne Wood. Wow. I mean, he, the fortune teller when it comes to Alexa Grasso fights. Well done. I mean, you'd think, you know, with the 450000 however much he just won, maybe get an Alexa Grasso shirt, something. Yeah, maybe he's on into that merch stuff. Hmm. Does Alexa Grasso have a That'd merch be a real store? Shame. It'd be a real shame. We'd have to take away the Andrew Collins Big Hitters of the Week and just go back to the Big Hitters of the Week. Uh, no, but I'm sure there's a shirt somewhere that's for sale. Yeah, or you can, uh, what is it, Red Bubble? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Shout out, Red Bubble. Is it not Red Bubble? It is. It is Red oh, Okay. Um, by the way, can we talk? Was it was there another one that you had to mention? Or that no, was no, it? there's only one this week. Can we talk about this Jake Gyllenhaal hysteria before we get oh to? Oh my god! Uh, can I mean, we? the real star of the weekend, Jeez Louise, just shows up there, freaking. I mean, let's let's show the picture. Oh, we the got the pictures. In? Jacked. Look Jacked. at this guy. Looks fantastic. Looks like a real fighter. <clears throat> he's in sick shape. Do we think that he's on the stuff? I don't know. I'm not about to cast aspersions no. like that. I mean, I mean they were like joking it. about it at the uh, the press conference. Dana, I think, said he wasn't subjected to uh, USADA. I mean, some U- USADA some UFC fighters look this good. Yeah, he's 42, though. I mean, but like his whole life was probably committed to getting into crazy shape for this movie. Here's the thing. Roadhouse, it's, it's, a, it's an MMA movie? No. It was, it was not an MMA movie as originally conceived. No, 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 no. Obviously, in the 80s, I don't think uh, there was a thing called MMA. But mm-hmm. this version... No, he's he's a former UFC fighter. Okay. And former because in the clip you see him like go extra he, in the Paul ring. Paul Daly's, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So Jay Haran of all people. Shout out to Jay Haran, yeah. who's been doing acting work for, yes, uh, for a long time. Yes, he's one of the, the most sought after stuntmen in Hollywood. He's the man. Um, so yeah, he, he gets bounced from the UFC. I don't think this is a UFC story. So I then think. what's the premise? He gets bounced and then what? He becomes a bouncer. Apropos, because he becomes oh, wow. a bouncer. And where does Connor like me, fit into all this? If you'd like me to give you the premise. I mean, oh. look at this. I mean, all time. Look at that. Oh, oh huge knee. Huge oh, knee by God. Harris. So what did they do? They did this in the middle of the card? They yeah. did this in between uh, like 7.45 and 8. That is yeah, a... between the early prelims and the regular prelims. Uh, and so the premise of it is an ex-UFC fighter ends up working at a roadhouse in the Florida Keys where things are not as they seem. And let me tell you, I couldn't be more in. Wow. This is this is work field trip. I mean, look at this. Here we go. We get the lower level. Oh my gosh! I mean, for the middleweight championship, I'm just impressed because a movie shoot is usually a painstaking operation that's set up. They freaking wing well, this, right? They they got these but one take. It feels real. Yeah. No, 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 not one take. They did this multiple times. Yeah, I we we so. don't have the audio on this, but like the crowd was going wild. The crowd played into it incredibly did well. Did they tell it's the smart. crowd? Okay, now we're gonna do X, Y, and Z. I'm I'm sure they made them aware of what was going on. Well, yeah, I love it. They set it up for the haymakers. Yeah. There has to be some kind of disclosure because they're in the film, right? So there has to be some kind of sure. disclosure. I like how they just walk to that I point. Mean, look at it. Oh, yeah. Elwood Dalton uh, fighting back. Look at those massive looping shots. Oh, Flying huge, but before Looks the, pretty good, uh, Jake. Yeah. Oh, before I love the it. weigh-ins, Connor came out and told everybody what was happening because they also did a weigh-in. Right. Throughout, throughout some I thought that they would do a press conference or something with Connor and Chandler. Instead, he was... Uh, 
I don't think Connor was. He resorted to a. Interested. He resorted to a freaking. Uh, what he's doing like hype man stuff for yeah. a fake. And way. guess what? It worked. Yeah, I guess it did work. When, awesome. when Joe Rogan said, "I'm handing the mic to Connor McGregor," I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. You know why Joe Rogan said that? He ain't getting paid for this shit. Yeah. Yeah. You can. You could do that. Yeah. Um. Whenever that movie comes out, I'm. I'm but yeah, it looks. Me and Frankie work trip, post work trip to go see Roadhouse. But but what I was like. It's usually like a very careful yeah. thing. Let's do multiple shoots. They're just like, hey, we're going to get the most authentic version of this right now. Let's squeeze it in. No, it's super smart. It looked good. Super smart. Look good. Um, but it was like one of the most talked about things of the weekend. How could it not be? I mean, Gyllenhaal, the man. Any clip tremendous. out there with him. Who else is in this movie other than him and Connor? Any other big names? That I don't know. I can tell you right now. Is there like a love interest? It's This is Patrick Swayze, right? Yeah. Yeah, it looks like Daniela Melquire is the love interest. Is Rhonda in again or? No, I think she got uh She got the boot? The boot, I think she Did got the other one ever get made? No, this was the one. This was the this one. This is the one. Wow. And Connor took her spot? I don't think he, no, because I don't think he's playing the same character. Look, I, she I had think to move the on. original yeah. conception, she was supposed to be the Jake Gyllenhaal character. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Wow. But God, that, thank God they didn't go that route. Yeah, she's not a good actress, huh? No. I mean, Jake's one, I mean, one of the bigger names in Hollywood, right? Is he still relevant? I believe that's correct, by the way. I'm not 100% sure, but I believe that's correct. Is he still Who? big time? Gyllenhaal? Yeah. Gyllenhaal will always man. be big time, man. What's his, what's his greatest movie? Donnie Darko. Mm. He's got a lot of good ones. Prisoners is pretty good too. Yeah, he's, he's what's his I mean, last he's good, great he's movie? Good in the, he's good in the Spider Man movies. Prince of Persia. Yeah, he was in uh, in Spider Man No Way Home. That was pretty. Oh yeah, big, he was great, and, in and that. he was pretty good in that. Is it Gyllenhaal or Gyllenhaal? Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Come on, man. I saw him one time in uh, Central Park. It's my. Oh really? <laughs> that actually might be the only time I've ever seen him in anything. <laughs> what? Any of the movies? All the movies you just mentioned. Never saw. You should go and see Prisoners. It's on Netflix. I yeah, mean, that it's sounds a, like Ariel. He's going to sit down. He was in Jarhead. Oh, God, well, yeah, actually, for sure. Jarhead. You have kids. It's, it'd be a tough watch. Uh, for sure. Oh wait, Nightcrawler. I take that back. He made his acting debut in City Slickers. Definitely seen that. <laughs> wow. uh, Billy he's Crystal. in Brokeback Mountain. That was I, a big what movie. is? Uh, no chance Ariel saw Brokeback. No. <laughs> what is his? Uh, what is his role in City Slickers? He was a child. He must have been 12 years <laughs> yeah. old at that time. So I'm sure he was like an extra. What a legend! I had no. Did you guys know that? I knew no, that. I did not know that. By the way, so smart to do this because I, f- I see all these articles written about it. Like it's just free marketing, right? Yeah, and you're not really giving away much because it's the beginning, right? It's it's not the it's not the end. It's no. not a spoiler. And just like the way he looked. Oh yeah, we did, oh, like the advertising, quote unquote, advertising for the movie, the marketing right. was huge. Now I'm going to go see it. If you're a UFC fan, you're probably going to go wait. see it now. Can't wait. He has 11 things upcoming, according to IMDb. 11. Yeah. Oh, he was in Busy Zodiac, man. too. Busy man. Man. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's... Zodiac was amazing. That might be his best movie. I mean, Gyllenhaal's the man, dude. He, he was in a Jay-Z and Beyonce video, oh, a yeah. music video. Yeah, that's true. What? He's out in the streets, bro. The only thing, Prince of Persia, I mean, they couldn't find someone else. Why? Because it's based in Persia. Oh. That movie bombed, anyway. He was also in a Jamie Foxx m- music video. Oh, broke back around. Here it is. Good girl, yeah, Donnie Darko. Um, did you guys see the Chris Rock special everyone else is talking about? I haven't watched nah. it yet. I Didn't even to. know it came up. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I've been so busy in Miami and whatnot, I didn't have time for all this stuff, you know, if I'm being honest. Wow, busy guy in Miami, huh? Well, yeah, Jose, Miami. Says, Jose says the fight scene was only one take. The weigh-ins was multiple takes, but the, the fight scene really was only one. Yeah, they one, had so to squeeze it that. in there, right? Yeah. What if all the fights went the distance? 
They just delay the prelims. I'm sure Roadhouse paid enough that they would yeah, have found sure. time. No, because you got to go to 10 o'clock. Like there's 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 markers. You can't. They might have done it after the event then. I'm going to guess that they just did proper planning. Yeah. All right. No, I'm just saying, you know, sometimes they, they run up against the clock if everything sure. goes the distance. Well, when cancel- they were interviewing, uh, who was it? Maybe Cody Garbrandt or someone? They were just like, we don't have a ton of time. Or maybe it was Mark Andre Barrow. I'm yeah. sure they would have. They interviewed someone and they were yeah. like, oh, we, we don't have a ton of time. We got to get Jill For sure it was Andre Barrio, that anti Canadian bias. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, one more guest to go. Let's talk to a man who had a massive win. Opening fight of the main card. Someone said on Twitter that I am driving the Bo Nickel hype train at this point. I don't think that's the case, but it's uh, four wins, four appearances on this show. Let's get to number four. Mr. Bo Nickel is joining us right now. Hello, Bo. How are you? What up, Ariel? How are we doing? Not bad. Are you mad at me or something? What's going on? No, I'm just tired, man. <laughs> it's a, a lot of <laughs> no, talking. I'm excited you- to be on here, but yeah, a long week. Um, a lot of media. I just did a, a little more, a little more media and all that. So, yeah, a lot of talking. But I'm excited to have. I'm excited to be on, man. Thank you for, for having me on. Appreciate of course. You. But you see, this is I. This is going to happen soon. Like we're we're like two fights away from you not coming on on Monday. You're going to be impossible to get. We're, this is happening. I just want you to know whether you like it or not. And we're already seeing like the 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 early stages of it. But here's the thing. This is where you can let your hair down. You can, you don't have to be you don't have to be Bo Nickel superstar. Just be yourself. Just hang out, chill out. I just want to let you know. You don't have to impress us uh, here. I'm not worried about impressing you, man. Okay. I think that uh, I'm I'm not cooking any well done steak, so perfect. It's all good. I, I'm not going to impress you. Well, you were cooking with gas all week. How about that? Uh, you came in. I'm not a big car guy. What was that car that you showed up uh, in, in uh, for the the? I think it was the presser on on uh, Thursday. What what was that car? Yeah, I rolled up in a Rolls. So you know, normally I'm like rocking the minivan for most of the fight week. But uh, the roles uh, seemed appropriate. My management team was like, "Yeah, this is your first one. Let's do it right." So, uh, yeah, they hooked it up, and uh, yeah, I didn't mind. <laughs> it was fantastic. But in in, uh, in classic Twitter form, people are like, "Oh, you uh, you're supposed to get out of the back seat, not the front seat." I mean, come on with these guys. Did you get some of that shit? Yeah, people always are gonna like say something like that. I'm like, dude, I'm going out of a Rolls Royce to go to the press conference of UFC 285 pay-per-view. Like, I don't care what you say. So <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> How was, you know, I'm going to ask you about the fight, obviously, but just like the whole experience, pay-per-view, John Jones, Vegas, now that it's all come and gone. And you're probably like, if, if, if you were a, a gas meter on a, on a car, you're probably very close to empty at this point And understandably so. How was the whole week for you? The whole week was great. You know, it was super awesome to kind of see the everything that is involved in the event. You know, it's such a such a big production. There's so much that goes on. And, you know, for me, I'm I'm used to a little media here and there, right? Like we did a press conference for the NCAA tournament and stuff, but this like is a whole different beast. And so to be able to manage that and I don't I don't want to just manage and get through my interviews and like be a grump about it like most guys are cutting weight and they're like gonna be like complaining and stuff like i'm gonna be you know excited and do my thing and be fully engaged and all in and so you know i I enjoyed everything that the whole process and uh was able to kind of manage the i guess excitement the buzz and 
I feel like, uh, you know, pretty much went exactly as expected. Uh, we talked about you not being a stranger fighting in front of a crowd, but here you are, first UFC fight officially, Vegas crowd, all that. Were there nerves? Absolutely, you know, a ton of nerves. So it was kind of interesting. Um, I knew how I was going to react because I've been in situations like that. You know, so typically I, I know what I'm going to feel. So when I, when I start feeling the nerves, I start, what, what my strategy is to cope with that is to just think about what I'm actually physically doing in the fight, right? Like make it simple. Like what's my game plan? What's my strategy? What are my first steps? Focus on that. Just think about that. And that way I'm not like kind of like a deer in the head lights you know I, I just get to think about what i need to do and make it very much uh task oriented and so that's what i'm thinking about back behind the curtains before i'm about to walk out and uh you can kind of see it on the on the video of of the fight i just i just rewatched it for the first time but i start to walk out and i'm very serious very business and then the people are all high-fiving me and i just start grinning and i'm just smiling i'm just like let's go like everybody's cheering for me and then and at that moment i was like dude, like have some fun, embrace this, look around, like enjoy it. And then all the nerves really went away, you know? Wow. So I was just excited to be there. And the least nervous I was, like the closer I got to the cage, the less nervous I was. And the least nerve amount of nerves were like, once I got in the cage, I was like, I was shocked how at peace I felt and how calm I felt and just at home because, you know, in my experience, typically it's kind of, you you, you still have a lot of nerves at that point, but I was like, not nervous at all once I got in there. So complete body of work, another great win, another finish, very dominant. How would you assess the entire performance? Are you happy with it? Yeah, you know, it was definitely super cool to whiff on a head kick and fall down in front of all those people. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. Um, I had to overcome a little adversity. Uh, but yeah, you know, I look at the fight and I think there was a lot of, there was things I could have done better. Um, you know, still got the finish in the first round, didn't get hit. So Two amateur fights, four pro fights, haven't got hit, still pretty, uh, which is always nice, healthy. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think I did anything spectacular. I didn't do anything that was like, wow, like blow him out of the water, but I smashed the guy. So is what it is. So what about this uh, this knee that he seems upset yeah. about? His manager seems the the internet is upset about it. Was it a low blow? Tell me about it. Right. So I think I want to, I want to say a couple things. So I don't think he's a, I think his manager upset about it. I don't think he's upset about it because after the fight, he was like dapping me up, telling me like, you know, thank you for the fight. And that, you know, he told me, go get that belt. Like he was excited, like for me almost. And, uh, I think if I actually had need him in the nuts, he wouldn't have felt like that. And, you know, for me, when I look back on the film, I see what people are, I see like the angle that people see and, it's completely different from what actually happened because I got him right on the inside of the thigh. And so I saw his reaction. I don't think I actually, I, I know for a fact I didn't actually hit him in the nuts. There was two possible scenarios. Either it, it hurt him like where I hit him because I mean, I definitely hit him on the thigh and landed it or two. He was trying to like fake, like I hit him in the nuts and then get off the cage, which would make sense too, because I was at a big advantage at that, at that point. We're also like 20 seconds into the fight. Um, but yeah, for me, like, I know I didn't hit him low. I hit him right in the leg. And, uh, but people are going to say what they want to say. And the video is what it is. But I'm, there's no doubt in my mind that I didn't hit him low. Does that annoy you that it, that it feels like people are trying to take something away from the win? 
yeah, it's just like a weird thing to to do, you know, like I would just never, I don't relate to those people. And I think the people that are do that, that do that have just like, have never competed and have no common ground with me, not only in like what we do on a daily basis, but in general, just because you they've never been in that situation and don't understand what it takes. And so it's just kind of a weird thing to try to do. Like I would never, I mean, I'm not like uh, the type of person to try to discredit anything and at the end of the day like grow up yeah um what about the finish i thought the broadcast was really interesting did you did you watch the uh the fight back i was just able to for the first time like a little bit ago and i was just talking to anthony smith about this he was on earlier and uh i think it was dc it might have been rogan who was saying if you just like you know move this way and leveled your your chest to the the mat uh the the choke would have come a lot sooner and uh, yet Anthony brought up something that I thought was really interesting that like as a wrestler, you actually want to be closer and feel your opponent. So maybe those instincts were kicking in at that point. Looking back now, your assessment of that, do you think you could have ended him sooner? And if so, why didn't you do that? You know, I think the only way for me to have ended him sooner would have been to let go and get some and get a different submission. Oh, wow. Because, um, you know, I, I know what they're trying to say as far as like technically what most people, the way most people like to finish that position, arm triangle is get out to the side, right? And like mm-hmm. finish from side and put your knee on their hip. Like everybody does that, but that's not how I finish arm triangle. And that's in my opinion, not the best way to finish arm triangle. So, you know, of course we got high level guys, DC, Anthony, Joe, that guys that have competed um, and they have their ways that they like to finish their strategy. And I, I don't do that. I stay in mount or I stay in half guard. Um, I don't really finish arm triangle ever from side. And that's just my preference. I have more control there. And when you go and decide, there's just more um, opportunities for my opponent to roll. And I already didn't have him flat on his back. So I just needed to hold position there. And so in my mind, I wasn't really squeezing hard at the beginning. I was just holding him there and trying to work his arm above his head and get his back flat. And I ideally would have liked to go to mount, but he was pinching my foot and keeping it trapped so that I couldn't um, go to mount. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that from a technical aspect, I have my way I like to finish that. And like, if you're a fan and you're telling me this and that, like, I don't really respect that because you, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, I'm not a black belt in jujitsu, but I pretty much might as well be in, especially in that position. And I, I feel like I know what I'm doing. So, yeah. F off. Basically that. But like, I mean, guys like DC, Joe, Anthony, I mean, we could obviously talk about that in a sense. Like we're training sure. and practice. I'd be like, guys, this is how I like to finish. This is my strategy here. And as soon as I showed them that, I'm sure they'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like maybe I like to finish it a different way, but everybody's everybody's different. And I choked them out. So we're good to go. For me, it was actually super impressive because it just kind of showed off your strength, right? Because like I felt like you were just, you were, you were taking the harder route to finish it and you were just showing your pure strength. So I don't think it was yeah. a bad it thing. It was too, too. No, there was two ways to go about it. Like, uh, I felt like I had him. I was like, all right, I've got a lot of time here. If I let go of this, then I could do something else. Or I can just slowly work him to a point where I know I'm going to get it. So it was like, take the route that took a little longer. There was more of a sure thing. Or take the route that is a little more volatile that could be quicker. But and I was like, I'm just going to do the sure thing because I want to finish what were you saying after the uh, after the fight, like on the cage? You were very fired up. Do you remember what you were saying? 
I loved it. Is this a rhetorical question or no? I, I think you were saying like I'm the man or this is my house, but I couldn't. I couldn't quite make out. <laughs> I said I'm that dude. Y'all can't. Y'all. Y'all can't mess with me. Yes, <laughs> I liked it. I liked. It. I mean, it, it doesn't sound as menacing as and, uh, you say it this way, but it was still pretty great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. That's the facts. I mean, of course, I'm like the most fired up possible in that moment. So I'm just gonna say exactly how i feel and generally i can keep it a little more controlled and be a little more relaxed but in that moment it was like no i liked that's it the, that's the truth i liked the emotion it felt it felt Thank good it, it felt good to see you uh you know kind of let your hair down like i said and just like let it all out there's a lot of pressure on your shoulders right i mean it's not easy to have all this expectation every time and people are now expecting a first round finish and god forbid you go into the second round oh my god what are they going to say about you then that's a lot of pressure yo if I go, I swear, as soon as I go in the second round, oh, hype train, this dude sucks. Done. Like, I'm going to get hit. I haven't been hit one time. I'm going to get hit. I'm going to get leg kicked. I'm going to get calf kicked once, and then I'm going to finish the dude, and then everybody's going to say, see, he sucks. <laughs> did you see this? Uh, <laughs> going to happen. Did you see this quote from Michael Chandler? I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, for those that didn't see it, this is what he said. He said, you, Bo Nickel, have, quote, exponential potential, end quote. But he also said you are getting a little bit too talky for the average fan's liking. I think it's a little unbecoming to come into the UFC off Contender Series and talk about fighting Hamza Chemaev. Your response. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Like, I think that there's a lot of wisdom in that statement, you know. Um, I think Michael Chandler is a fan of me. I think Michael Chandler wants me to win. Um, first off, he said, my potential is exponential. So let's, let's listen to what he's actually saying. Right. Like. Uh, he's talking about it in a perspective of the fans, you know, and and if I say, yo, give me Hamzad, I'll violate this guy. Ninety nine percent of MMA fans are going to say Bo Nickel is an idiot. Right. Like they don't know what they're talking about. And so that's the perspective I think Chandler's taking, especially when I hear you read the quote. I don't really he's not hating on me at all. And, uh, you know. Does he have room? He, he, he doesn't even, he's not even a guy that I don't think would do that because he's always been cool to me. Like he's always been nice to me. He's a wrestler. Um, and so first off, a guy that is as big as Michael Chandler is talking about a guy that just made his UFC debut. So that's, that's a big deal. But secondly, I don't really feel like he's trying to like put me down. He's just trying to, he, I think he's just, that's how he sees it. He's not saying like, yo, Bo, slow your roll. Hamza would smash you. He's saying, if you say these things, the fans are going to perceive it a certain way, which okay. is true. All right. Yeah, that's fair. And that's, uh, that's a very good take on that. By the way, uh, did you hear Jamie's walkout music? Did that annoy you at all? Um, murderer, that one? I know what Bo don't know. That's, that's a line in that song. I, I thought that was a deep oh, cut. Really? I thought that was a deep cut. Touch him up and go. Uh oh, da dang dang. Here comes the hot stuff. <laughs> but I, I heard that line and I thought that that was a bit of a shot. No. No, it was a shot. We're fighting. Yeah, so. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't realize I, that I in the moment. Which, no, I didn't. I I, uh, I didn't realize that. I was just chilling back there, bobbing. I'm like, this is a good song. Like, yeah, nice. Let's go. I like when my my opponents have a good walkout. It makes it a whole uh, everything better. Like it's just more exciting for everyone. Overall, did you come back? Like, did you watch the Jones fight in the uh, in the arena, or did you watch it in the back? What did you do? 
So I was able to get back to my Airbnb and uh, oh. throw it up on the TV. So I got to watch it. Got to watch. That was the only fight I got to watch. I didn't get to watch any others. Uh, what did you think of his performance? Crazy, right? Beautiful. That was, um, he was, he was exactly right. You know, it was a mismatch. And that I, I said this, I, I predicted a fourth round finish. I predicted a finish later in the rounds. I, I thought that he would eventually wear Cyril down and, and do what he did to him. To do it when he's fresh, you know, taking a page out of my book, to be honest, like, nice, bro. Throw his ass down and freaking finish him. So um, I think that John could have done, I think John could have done that at any point to anybody in his career for the most part. Like, you look at his last fights against Smith and uh, against um, Dominic Reyes, against Thiago. I think if he wanted to do that to them, he would have done it. He was just a little bored. Like, mm. It's weird to say because he's competing against such great opponents, but that's he's just really freaking good. You think he does that to Stipe? It'll be a more competitive fight, but I would think that I think I don't think he'll try to do that to Stipe. I think he'll strike with him. I think maybe if he wanted to do that to Stipe, that he could, but I don't think he'll fight him the same way. Okay. Because the Stipe is wrestling too, right? Stipe has much better wrestling than uh, than Cyril Stipe has John. much better wrestling. You know, jo- John Jones. I think, I think John Jones is obviously a f- crazy athlete, longest reach in MMA, and you know, great cardio, great uh, balance, athleticism, all that. But he's smart. He's smarter. He's probably the smartest fighter. To you know, him and GSP are, are and Khabib are probably like the three smartest fighters ever and he's gonna win in the best way for him to win whether that's a little more like sometimes i think later in his career he took a little more of a difficult path like i said with reyes and uh and the other guys but he's gonna win he's gonna make sure he wins the fight that's 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 the bottom line best thing about the whole week for you best moment thing that will stick out the best moment of the whole week. I think uh, there was a couple that come to mind. The first moment that comes to mind is um, being back in my, in my dressing room in, my, in the locker room, warming up. I'm about to, I got like a couple minutes before I'm about to walk out and I'm sharing a lock and I'm sharing a locker room with Jones and he comes in and I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> Immediately. Like we got a man. He's like, let's wrestle, bro. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. We started like doing our thing. And uh, immediately I was like, this is nuts. Like, you know, he rolled in with 30 people. Like his crew's like awesome. Everybody was good vibes. Starts putting uh, Bible verses, scriptures all around, like uh, taping them up. And uh, was able to like him, me, Anthony Kassar and uh, his pastor. We like said a prayer before the fight. Like he invited me to be a part of that with him. And uh, it was just really, really cool to do that. And it got me like in the right place mentally to fight for sure. Like I was already there, but that put me like, over the top so you know of course that was cool um walking out hearing the fans reception them cheering for me you know I, i've said this a couple of times since it, like in my post fight but at penn state like i already have a built-in fan base that they love me because i'm wearing blue and white and of course they got to know me more and they love me for 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 how i competed but they were going to cheer for penn state no matter what you go into the ufc like, like there's no penn state there's no it's it's you and uh to get the reception I did, I was very grateful and 
uh, I felt very, very humble that, that people would want to, that they, they appreciate what I do. And uh, I would say the last thing that really sticks out was just getting in and out burger and uh, smashing some in and out with uh, all my bros, my wife and all my loved ones um, post fight at the Airbnb. That was, that was really cool too. Animal style. Did you go animal style? Oh yeah, we got we got it all. We we had like there was a bunch of us. We got like thirty burgers. I think I ate five. So. Oh my gosh, five burgers! <laughs> Animal. Guess what? Those burgers were well done. I can assure you of that. It's a different thing. Dude. I'm just it's saying. Burger, I'm, just, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. By the way, speaking of Penn State, what's this Thon thing that I saw you walk out in front of all these people? What is that? Yeah, so Thon is like one of the largest. Um, philanthropy events in the world it's a they raise money for pediatric cancer and it's a i believe they do 48 or 46 hours straight it's a dance marathon so wow um there's dancers that are designated and they stay on their feet and dance for 40 something hours straight and raise money they usually raise like i mean i think this year they raised 14 million dollars for pediatric cancer wow that's incredible i saw the crowd that you walked out to um it's that's at penn state right yeah, it's a big thing at Penn State. So they do that at a few uh, Big Ten universities, but Penn State's by far the biggest. And uh, yeah, they just had me go out and hype up the dancers, right? Because they've been dancing at that point for 30 plus hours and Jeez. they need a little motivation. So yeah, it was it was really, I was grateful to be a part of it. Two last things and we'll let you go. When do you want to return? International Fight Week, maybe August at the latest. Nice. So that's what I'm on right now. Love it. Any name? Whoever is trying to get smashed. Love it. Last thing. Um, I know NCAA tournament's coming up. Wrestling, I'm not, I, I, it's not that, you know, like there's just so much, right? But I want to get into it. And DC's always telling me stuff. And I and every time yes. I watch it, I'm into it. I just, it's hard to find. Gable's on, I watch it. Who should, can you give me a name or two that I need to watch? Yep. Um, Roman Bravo Young. Know him, yeah. Carter Sirachi. Okay. Aaron Brooks. Greg Kirkley, Max Dean, um, Alex Facundo, Shane Van Ness, Bo Bartlett. Let me see here. Am I missing anybody? I think that's the entire Penn State lineup. Oh, that, that was the whole team? <laughs> I was gonna I know Roman is a Penn State guy. That's the entire squad. Any one of those guys, is Roman gonna do MMA? Oh. Um is Roman gonna do MMA? Um I hope. You I hope. hope. And the last one, I forgot one guy, and he's a freaking monster, Levi Haynes, fresh, true freshman Big Ten champion. Y'all keep your eye on Levi Haynes, 18 years old, competing against 23, 24-year-old guys, just won the Big Ten tournament, number one ranked kid in the country right now. And uh, Pennsylvania kid, savage. So Levi Haynes is another one. Y'all keep your eyes peeled. Do you help these guys prepare? Are you allowed to do that, to help them prepare for the tournament? Yeah. That's that's okay. Okay. Are, you're, not oh, a, yeah. you're not on the staff, though, right? No, but no, you're allowed so to I, help. I'm not them. on the staff, but I'm, I'm able to train with them. I'm able to help them and stuff. And I just try to more than anything, like, be a friend and talk with them and, uh, like, uh, give them insight into like my mentality, how I approach a match, right? Because they know how to wrestle, right? These kids been wrestling since they were in diapers, and so I'm just more like, help them with how to handle the pressure and relax and do their best. But yeah, like being able to do that and being able to just be around them, it it still motivates me and, and lifts me up. 
Great stuff, man. Appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much, Bo. Congrats on the first official UFC win. And hopefully you get some uh, time to rest now and uh, not talk about yourself. I'm sure you're looking forward to that. Thank you so much and congrats again. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Aaron. I appreciate you. All right, there he is. Bo Nickel. What a guy. What a performance. Uh, so there you have it. There's his uh, take on the uh, the knee situation. And, you know, he was winning that fight. You know, he was winning that fight. You want it to be fair. And uh, it's hard to, to truly tell. But, you know, that's... That's sport. Sometimes you miss things. It's like, you you know, you watch uh, you watch basketball and the ref misses a traveling call. You watch uh, soccer and the guy's offside and they miss, you know, that's obviously every moment matters in fighting and uh, it could be detrimental to your health. You can't continue all that and more. But uh, that was a fight that was set up for Bo Nickel to win. And uh, what about that spin on the Michael Chandler quote? You got to like that. As we said, this man, you know, he's used to this stuff, yes? Just what he does, man. Just what he does. That's just what he does. It's rare for people to actually take things at face value, right? Because he's right. If you listen to what Michael Chandler is saying, he's not discrediting him. He's just suggesting X, Y, Z, one thing or another. But many people would take that as offense. I think it's it's a feather in his cap. To be honest, yeah, people are talking about him. He's four zero. Yeah, but I also think I don't agree with Michael Chandler. If I'm being honest, in what respect? Like the one of the main reasons people talk about him is because they care about what he has to say about those matchups, and I'm okay with him being confident enough to say Thousand I want to fight Hamza Shemaev. I don't, I don't agree. This with is that. why I like him. By the way, if you yeah. say this stuff and you back it up and you keep winning in the first round, then God bless. Yeah. Hamzat yeah. Shemaev <laughs> was once the guy saying these things. Yeah. That's how yeah. he became Hamzat Shemaev. So I'm okay with Conor that. Conor McGregor was once the guy saying these things, and that's how everyone fell in love with him. What's There's nothing but wrong. But I'm saying even the guy that you're talking about sure. is like this shining example is literally the guy who in his first fight said, I'm going to smash everybody, line up the champions both on the same night. I'm going to smash them. And now, yeah. He's he's there. And if Bo Nickel gets there, he'll be just as popular. So I don't necessarily agree with Chandler, but I do respect Bo Nickel for being able to parse out the words that he was saying and not take it a, as offense. Because I don't think Michael Chandler meant to offend him anyway. But if I don't agree. If you're driving the Bo Nickel hype train, I'm I'm sitting past oh and shotgun. Yeah. Love Bo Nickel. What a guy. <laughs> Although I, I, I didn't mean you know, he was he was tired. I didn't mention the hair, but I, I do wish the hair was <laughs> You did I say let your hair down. Like come back. I did, yeah. yeah. You know what? It's clear that it was on my mind, right? No, I was like, wow. I think he's he's uh, single, signaling to him right now to yeah. bring up the hair. By the way, did you guys see this Aljamain Sterling Henry Cejudo clip? Yeah. Yes. Fake. Probably, yeah. Uh, work is fake is relative. Wor- wow, yeah. pro wrestling. Yeah, I'm, I'm jargon. That. Did you see the Henry Cejudo training John Jones clip? Oh, that's great stuff. That was great. That stuff. is amazing uh, stuff. Especially when you put like the side by side of him having Cyril gone on the fence. Oh, our old ESPN uh, colleague Michael Wansover doing great stuff with can, uh, Cejudo. Yes. Can I say I love these types of clips? By the way, I love. I'm. I, I'm not trying to disparage these clips. He's about to I oh, love. These let's clips. go. I love <laughs> these types of clips. Out of it. Come on. But but but. <laughs> It kind of implies that like John Jones wouldn't have done this unless he was sitting in that room with Henry Cejudo and like that specific thing uh, was of course Never know. It's Never like know. John Jones is a, is the best fighter who's ever lived. I'm I'm confident that he could have figured out yeah. that position. No. 
No chance. By the way, someone at the press conference, I think, asked John about Cejudo, and he's like, yeah, he's all right, but can I give credit to my actual coaches? Yeah. Uh, it was a very... No, you know what's one of my see, favorite examples of this? It's GSP and Freddie Roach. Remember when yeah. we always used to ask GSP about yeah. Freddie Roach, and he was like, yeah, cool, Like I went to him twice, but what about <laughs> these guys that I actually train with? I don't want to go too far the other direction. Right, fine, fine. Henry, Henry Cejudo is a really good coach, I think, like... I think the proof is in the pudding. A lot of the fighters he's working with are, are showing real um, success and skills. But also, like, he's John freaking Jones. He's John Jones. Yeah. Like. Someone was like, is Cejudo him? It's like, well, he was a double champ and an yeah. Olympic gold medalist. He probably knows what he's talking oh, about. If, if you listen to Henry Cejudo when it comes to fighting, you're probably going to be pretty good off. Yes, like, well off. probably like, be better off than, he knows, than if not. He knows how to fight. That's for damn sure. Um Fake is relative. I don't. I don't know about this Al Jermaine and and Henry thing. Selling the fight, selling the fight. I guess just don't try yeah. too Selling hard. Well, it just comes from a place. Does anybody actually believe that these two don't like each other? Hey, and can we stop with the the names? No, that's know. that's the gimmick. Uh, <laughs> no. Henry Sadudu and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, stop with it. That's Al the gimmick. Uh, whatever he says. Stop. <laughs> stop. Are you going to do a watch party for uh, Tough? Yeah. Oh, for sure. What do you think of the uh, from my couch? Yeah. <laughs> By the way. I don't think anyone would care. Um, what do you think of the Can I uh, be on that? the cast? Yeah, I love it. Jason Knight, Roosevelt Roberts, Kurt Hollibaugh, Austin Hubbard, um, Lee Hammond, Cody Gibson. Yeah, Roosevelt Roberts. Brad Katona, Timur Valiev. I think Brad Katona is on Team Timur Chandler, even though he's an SBG guy. Anyway. Honestly, whoever you put on there, I'm going to be excited. It, I like the way. fact that it's ex, a lot of ex-UFC guys. I was just... I guess hoping for some bigger names, right? But wouldn't yeah. they be in the UFC? Yeah, they were bigger names? I'm cool with it. I Not love necessarily. It. I love it. The UFC. Imagine it was Platinum Perry type of guys. No, come on, man. <laughs> I hope we do like a uh, like a reaction the, roundtable, like they like some outlets do for like The Bachelor. Like you react to each episode. This of the is what I'm TV suggesting show. you That's do. That's what I want. I'm suggesting. Well, I know this. AK Lee does something. I don't want to completely oh, broach into him. I'd like to work with him. Something. Yeah. Good, I'd, good I'd really like to do a reaction thing with. Wow, him. I like because I mean I'm gonna be locked in. I'm like you're you know, locked summer, in. Summer reality show, every episode, yeah, everything, absolutely, 100. High jinks included, not yeah. just the fights. Because there's some people who are like, I just watch the fights. Oh no, I'll watch everything. There are Actually, people who I'll, just I'll, watch the fights. I'll watch the high jinks more than I will the fights. Oh my god, who are the people? I feel like I know these people off the top of. Uh, also, one quick thing, like the Cejudo Aljamain Sterling fight, isn't that supposed to be happening yes. on the May 6th Jersey card? Yes. So what is everyone talking about the Cinco de Mayo? Yeah, weekend? I don't understand. Unless they're going to pull the plug on it, which would be really bad for him. And I don't think feels they like would. they're already booked, right? Or would they do like a Friday night fight, thing and double UFC weekend? Yeah, feels like a lot. Yeah, I wonder if they regret it now. But you can't do that to Jersey. Jersey stood by. I mean, honestly, Jersey's been spat in the face. All these events going to MSG. Yeah, they, they used to go to Jersey all the time when when yeah. New York wasn't. Legalizing MMA. I'm making my first, uh, making my first trip to the Rock tomorrow night. What are you going to see? For what? The Devils. Devils against. Oh, nice. Leafs. Wow. Big matchup in the NHL. Yeah. Why? Uh, one of my boys is a diehard Leafs fan. Really? Yeah. From Toronto. Wait, is this the guy that I used to work with at ESPN? Yeah. Ryan. That's him. Yeah. Wow. Yes, that's my nice guy. Memory. That's my. That's guy. him. He used to text yeah. me about uh, hockey all the time. Oh yeah, diehard Leafs fan. He he's got the hookup at the at the Rock. So. Uh, I'll be in attendance, cheering for the Devils, of course. Of course. Got to support, jersey support or no jersey? Home. No jersey, hat. Haven't gotten the jersey for jersey yet. Right. We'll be rocking the hat. 
Well, yeah, uh, I don't know what they're doing with that. I saw I saw the comments uh, from Dana White, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, would, every time I saw that, I was like, it would be kind of crazy to have Cejudo fight on Cinco de Mayo. In yes. I mean, Jersey not exactly a uh, prominent. Uh, there's yeah, I guess you could say there's quite a few. Yeah, so just put Spanish and and uh, and also like Alexa Grasso ain't fighting on May sixth. That's not fair to her. She just fought. That's in two months. Yeah, 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 yeah. True. Very true. And yeah, year, I, I think yeah, year most feels like it's not going to happen. By the way, last I was hearing, maybe International Fight Week, yeah, year, maybe. Can you imagine that? Yeah, your Volk. Yeah, your Volk. Yeah, against Volk. Down. Yeah. The, uh, Islam, Three title fights on that one. Possible, but Islam's not fight. And, and by the way, useless. Why? Jones. It, honestly, Jones versus Stipe. Yeah. could do the yeah. Whole. You don't need to put anything else. And that, and, and the year thing might have been even before Jones won. So now that I'm thinking, like you, you don't need to put another title fight on that card. Stack it like they did this one, but I don't think yeah. you need another title. Second title fight, or put a title fight that maybe needs a little elevating. Although putting Volk in there would be. nice. I mean, according to you, Brandon Moreno, Alejandro Pantoja needs a little oomph. Put it on there. Honestly, that's the type of fight I would put there. That's exactly the type of fight. Yeah. Are you are you, are you trying to say that that fight could sell a pay per view on its own? No, I never said that. Seems like you're saying that. Mm, first of all, you're, cha- you're, you're moving the goalposts, yeah, changing the narrative on. here. We were talking I about local I, uh, Mexican yeah. Yeah. interests. I say I like pancakes. You're saying I hate waffles. Come on, man. Uh, Grasso, they just they did a mural for her. Fast. Yeah, I love I think, that? The, I think she won, and the dude immediately walked outside and started paying. They love those. a good mural over there. They did one for Yair, too. I don't know if, if it was in the same spot, but also in Mexico. We're in America. Where's the John Jones mural? That's the thing about American Mexico? fans, by the way. They don't yeah. embrace. Why don't they embrace the fighters like they do in other places? That's what I was wondering because I was sitting there when I was cheering for Gone. I was like, "Man, am I kind of a fraud for not supporting the American here?" But like, I don't know. Like, is it? Are we oversaturated with how many Americans there are? I think it's partially that. I think there's also the. There's such a drastic difference between the states and things. I think there's yeah, much more like- unity between other parts of of other countries. I feel like the states are where we have our pride. Yeah, the states seem to get the pride for sure. I I don't I don't know. Mia maybe, but I don't I don't feel I've never felt who's the most popular American fighter of all time. Uh, Muhammad Ali? Jones, no? No, 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 I'm talking UFC. Uh, okay. Uh, Wait, what? He said Muhammad Ali. And by the way, there was a time oh. where Muhammad Ali was despised in this country. I thought you were saying no to me. I th- I feel like it's yeah, John Jones no, who's Rick. more popular than John. You think John Jones is the most popular American fighter of all time, really? Like more who, popular than who's Ch- Ch- even Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell. Oh, you know Chuck what? Up you might have got one. Yeah. It's between John and, and Chuck. Randy was pretty high up there? Nah, not more than Chuck. Man, Randy was beloved. UFC 68, Columbus. Rand- Chuck is a mainstream No, I know. Like- That's why I think Chuck bigger. What a, what a debate this is. Bigger star in their prime, Chuck or John? I think Chuck. It always comes down to what you mean by bigger. I mean, just more mainstream. Yeah, probably Chuck. Chuck Entourage. Everyone still brings up the ESPN, the magazine Entourage. thing. I just mean like... Even though it's not a thing anymore. There was, <laughs> there was a time where people like would be asking about Chuck Liddell, would be asking about UFC. Didn't someone That's make the thing. fake uh, Chuck Liddell mascot oh, thing that looks so lifelike? Casey raises a really good one. Rhonda. Rhonda's up there. In terms of biggest American Okay, stars. so was Ronda bigger than Chuck? Mm, maybe. I mean, there's an argument. Yeah. She might have been the biggest. She might have been the biggest. She made it under rage. She was literally going to be in this Roadhouse movie that she was also an entourage. Is, now, is now happening. Um, yeah, she beat up Turtle, right? I think I remember that. Or his, his car. Ronda bigger than John. I think Ronda's the answer. Yeah. 
see, Chuck gets the love because he like was a catalyst in the explosion. Sure. Rhonda came after the explosion, but definitely took it to greater heights and also exposed the sport to a new audience. Rhonda also benefits from the Connor thing happening at a similar time. So the sport was exploding, and now Rhonda and Connor are the faces of it. So, yeah, it's probably Rhonda. But I will just say, and and it's not fair to Rhonda, her pushing the sport away for the last few years, I think – in the end, will will hurt her legacy in that she won't be one of those people. Like Connor, I think will always kind of just be around MMA in some way, shape, or form. I think she has pushed MMA MMA away. So as time goes on, her impact will fizzle. Like it will be. You know how people think like, oh, Rampage Jackson was a bum, you know, because they see him now. It will be harder to remember her impact. Do you get what I'm I saying? I do, but I don't especially think for that's the newer fans. Her. No, I don't so. think that's up to her to carry the torch for. I think people will always remember Rhonda and they will be the ones that, that carry her legacy. I don't think it really has much of a an impact from her. Like no. the fans will still remember Ronda Rousey and they will still talk about Ronda Rousey regardless of how she and for for some good and some bad. The things that they say about Ronda Rousey I think will change based on what you're saying. I wish but I, I wish she think... wouldn't push the sport away so much. Sure. You know. I agree with that. I agree with that. That's all. But yeah, I think she will be. I think her her legacy is pretty secure. One last thing, pleasantly surprised, and hopefully we see more of this as we approach November. I saw Mark Coleman out there, Don Fry out there. Hopefully the UFC leaning more and more into this. Let's celebrate the legends who made this sport, who made this organization, what it is. As we approach the 30th anniversary, love that stuff. I want to see more of that stuff. International Fight Week. Every time they go, uh, you know, like let's say they're uh, they're in Florida next month. I don't know. Bring out some some dudes from Florida to do the same thing. They're in Jersey. Bring out some Jersey guys. Vegas. Frankie Edgar just sitting right there. Yeah. The, the mayor. Let's just freaking start celebrating these guys more. And and it, you know what? It means something to them. You could tell. It means something to them. Not only that, but it just feels big. And also you get like the Connors and the and the Nates and people showing out for the the spectacle of it all. Oh yeah, Nate and Nick showing up. It Jeez feels big. Louise. It just feels big. I mean, John Jones, man. John can Jones. Bring him out. Connor is up there. What about the shot where they say, "Here's Connor with Jake Gyllenhaal," and like Connor's got his shirt wide open and his <laughs> his wife, his is, wife like is rubbing. <laughs> it's like she's rubbing like uh, uh, what Vaseline or Nyquil or whatever incredible. on his chest. It was the whole <laughs> thing was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vicks vapor rub. <laughs> what a scene! Like. I mean, it was ridiculous. And like she didn't stop either once they no, got put on great. camera. And he's just like, yeah. It was like, like one one step removed from like just feeding him grapes in the yeah, moment. Yeah. Like and then fanning him and look at each other and they both burst out laughing like it's just like do you think they were just, just hanging kidding. out it was ridiculous do you think they were talking to each other like yeah for sure yeah what do they're th- co-stars bro yeah they're about to win some oscars what are you talking you about so? when is it coming out i don't know it doesn't say so probably next year well guess what all this movie talk wouldn't you know it we got an actual movie star coming in studio on Wednesday. How about who that? We got? Yeah, who Michael Rappaport. Oh, oh, our guy. Oh, we could ask him about the scenes. Oh, that'd be good. We play him the scenes. Has he been in any fight movies? I don't think that's his forte. No. He was in a Just couple. Just higher learning, right? Yeah, he was in that scene. Um, anyway, we can play him the stuff, ask him if uh, Jake is on the juice and all that stuff. Right? Feels like a nice. stand for this slander. <laughs> Feels like a nice thread. Um, all right, guys. Well, that's a good uh, tease for Wednesday's show. Any final thoughts from you, Frank? 
just thought maybe you shouldn't have mentioned the Wednesday show because now you kind of jinxed it. I totally jinxed it. You know, the se- as I was saying it. I was like, why is he doing this? What did you jinx? I, him, him not showing up Yeah, or I always feel like. Nah, he's reliable. Yeah, we he's, got it. We got it in the bag. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we had him pretty much. He, oh, wait a minute. What did reliable. he predict? He predicted a John Jones finish. Yes. The other third thing round. is. Oh, yeah, third round. Damn. You know, the other thing is um, he claims we made a bet. I don't actually think we made a bet. I'm, yeah. I'm going to stick, like, I think he wants a coffee or something, right? He said Jones round. He said something, yeah. Did he but say I don't Jones think it round was like, three or Jones inside three? I think he said inside three. He might have. He might have I mean, been spot on. It's, it's via text. I don't think you. Uh, I don't think you like countered him as a bet necessarily. No. I think you just agreed. Like, yeah, if you get it right, come in and we'll. Listen, and we'll we do got this a coffee thing. machine here. We can get him a coffee. Is it good? I think up. he said he wanted a venti. Like he wanted something. Wow. Oh, he wants yeah, Starbucks. He wanted a specific okay. order. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Frank, can you grab that for him on Monday? Or yeah, on I'll Wednesday? get right on that. Thank you. Uh, he said Jones in three. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So inside three. You think he's like a iced he, coffee kind of guy or like a mocha frappuccino kind of guy? I don't know why you're at it, Frank. Let me go ahead and jot something down on the order. Let's just make this whole thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> because he gets I'm wondering, Jones in three, does that mean in three? Like in three it'll minutes? T- it'll take him three, or less. three rounds? Yeah, maybe that's what he meant. Jones yeah. in three minutes, and then he was spot oh, on. Oh, shit. Wow. Just, oh, my God. Wow. When you um, caught him off guard and, and – aired a, a private conversation with him on the show <laughs> he, he actually said something so i didn't ca- i we called can go him back. we you, can go back to i that. said he was on air we can go back to that and wait wait, wait. It'll what be was clear. it at it was at 204 nailed it uh by the way here's a text from one of my favorite managers in the business the great danny rubenstein what a night oh, for him by out. the way shout uh, out with the shavkat and there was one other one um he had two on the card who, who else? Drickus, DDP. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Roadhouse Big scene, night. they actually did like four times, walked Jake out twice, rushed Tehran to the cage, then did the fight scene like three or four times. They did it between, yeah, between early, early prelims, prelims and prelims, prelims and then did it again did between prelim and main prelim, card. How about yeah. that? Yeah. I was like reading your mind there. Wow. I mean, you were on the text as well, just looking uh, at this clip. This we were supposed cool. to, me and Rick were supposed to get some room and scene hoodies today. Some Ruby, Ruby SE? Ruby Sports. Yeah, yeah I love them. They're, they look fantastic. They didn't get here in time. Just for you guys, not for me. No, of course not. Yeah, we had a bit of a fight recently. Yeah, we're not going to get into it. But we're still cool with them, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, we cleared it up as well. I mean, I'm kind of cool with them. We'll see. Yeah, I like you the hoodie. See. Looks great. So he's re- we're really in good graces. And then he's talking about hats and sweats. Wow, and- <laughs> a full merch line. They're going to get merch before us. They already Add have to merch the list. before us. Adam to every the- single person will get merch before us. Every single person is going to get merch before us. I mean, who? When are we ever going to get merch? Uh, I don't know. Even I, nobody I, knows, and there's no way to find nobody out. Nobody knows, no way to find out. E, by the way, I don't know if you guys heard this. Even <laughs> oh man, <laughs> this this better be a good yeah. joke. This had better be a good joke. <laughs> I blew it. I blew it. I blew Boy, it. I forgot it. for a second that we were doing an actual show. Oh no! <laughs> what were you about to say? <laughs> I was going to say I heard. Oh, right, right. <laughs> this had better be good. No, I, I'm picking up what he's laying down. What do you, what do I like that? What, what are you picking up? <laughs> what about, about the, the... I can't oh, yeah, do it Frank. either. Yeah, oh, Frank. He's, he's from Houston. Frank? Yes. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I'll say even Yao Ming's coming out with his own MMA promotion. He's going to beat us to the punch, but I guess... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're good here. 
Oh, come on, here. <laughs> Andy's still keeping him on. He doesn't want to be on camera right now. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I mean, that that was my moment of the week. By the way, that was like you in the watch party. Go. <laughs> Go full screen on uh, Jed. <laughs> He's still on. <laughs> yeah, poor Jed. I mean, yeah, that was tough. That was, that tough. was rough. That was that tough. Was rough. She's like, Jed was so, he was, God bless him. He was so um, adamant. He was so confident that it was over the chin. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've been there before. No, so have Denial I. is the first stage. And I mean, like, by the way, credit to you. You actually said, it's good. Like he was trying to get off it, and I saw the clip that you posted, and you were like, "No, no, 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 no! This is real." I mean, I don't know how you could have looked at him and not been like it Listen, was. Real. I thought it was like, a great. You're giving him credit for pointing out that a it was machine the, is a submission. No, it was the opposite of the typical Joe Rogan. Like he might be done, you know, yeah. and and you were like, "No, no, no! Think, he actually or she actually might be done." I mean, her face was turning yeah, as red the way as she you see that picture. Or, I think everybody oh, yeah. knew yeah. that one was. Did was you see that tight. picture? Though I will say there was a moment that it looked like she might... Oh, like with the white uh, skin and the red yeah. skin? Yeah. It looked like she got sunburned. Yeah, that was crazy. It looked like me at the beach on Saturday. Nice. It yeah, looks like you got a little sun. I got a little fresh, sun. Fresh haircut this morning? Thanks yes, it is. Well, last night. Come on, this morning. Too much pressure to do it this morning. But uh, yeah, thanks for noticing. I appreciate that. I do. It looks like you got a little sun. Thanks. I could use a little sun. Yeah, it's nice over there. Rick's sneaky tan. Really? I mean, me and him side by side? Is that the goal? I'm going to do some Jersey sunbathing this summer. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Have we default to this? Yes, this is it. All right, guys. Uh, thank you very much. We'll see you on Wednesday. Frank, you can hit my music. What a day. What a day, Frank. Post-pay-per-view Monday. Nothing quite like it in the biz. Still more to talk about. John Jones. Do you think he'll be on everyone's number one pound-for-pound list come uh, this week? Sure sounds like it. Yeah. By the way, great uh, great result for Forrest yesterday. Down 1-0, Brennan Johnson. Down 2-1, Brennan Johnson. I mean, all this guy does is step up to the plate. Probably weird to use a baseball analogy when yeah, you don't want about to mix soccer. Them, right? yeah. Or weird. just keep it fair. It's like, wow. All he does is deliver? Yeah, he's, he's like a UPS the, driver? Zamboni driver. Why Zamboni? Oh, because you're, you're saying, like, don't mix the... Yeah, uh, don't mix the sports, yeah. Sorry, I was looking at the screen. There's a big thing because they do the watch parties here and they get rid of all my stuff. We get rid of it. Get rid of it. And then they have to get it all back. And uh, there's a few things that are off, I noticed. Like, usually the toys are a little bit back here. And as you can see the belt, like, usually you see the 10-7. But now you just see, I think, the 10 over there. No, actually, you see the 7 over here. 7's the, the important part. Yeah. But, like, you don't see the 10. Well, if you keep touching it, you're just going to move it more out of frame. So there's just a few things, but it looks good on the watch party. I just like, Did you see how many primes we drink? Yeah, I heard a lot of primes were no, uh, consumed. My kids aren't happy about that. They thought the primes were for them. It's a the whole thing. They should come up here. Any, you know what? I'd love to see that happen. Uh, thank you very much all our guests today. Thank you to Stipe. Uh, thank you to Bo Nickel. Thank you to Anthony Smith. Thank you to Ian Machado. Gary, thanks to them. Thanks to all of you. Back on Wednesday. Same time and place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly 
in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Weili is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash mma.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.